Hi folks, uh, your content warnings for this week. First off, uh, the second, the third content warning will apply. Um, this is a long one. Uh, there's a lot of black humor. Uh, we do talk about my vasectomy, uh, or at the time this was recorded upcoming. Um, that's all I really have, which is kind of surprising considering this is a Dino episode. And it's, again, a long Dino episode. Uh, our second warning is that we have pets and one of whom is making himself comfortable on my desk right now. Thank you, Serki. Um, so dogs, cats, and occasionally roosters, depending on when the recording is done, uh, will interrupt things, sometimes with very loud noises. Our final warning is that we swear a lot. Um, sometimes with the cats, sometimes just in general. It's a Dino episode. Dino's in New Jersey, so we're going to talk New York, New Jersey. And you know what that means. That means we're going to drop some F-bombs. So here is your warning on that one. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 264. This is the super long uh, Kevin and Dino talk moving episode, so I'm not going to do any intros or talk about my productivity and Ursula's taking the night off, so that all works there too. And look, I forgot to set myself and do not disturb while I was recording because, oops, that's, that's that. I am super excited about this. And really, I'm not going to waste any time. Uh, why don't we just go straight to the music and we'll talk to Dino right after this. Hi folks, I'm here with Dino. I don't think we need to do any serious introductions. If you've been a long-time listener, you know who Dino Sarma is. If you don't, I recommend going back and listening because there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're on my new, uh, we're using Zencaster and I, it just occurred to me how much I miss angry robot lady telling me recording has started and stopped. You know what I'm saying? No, this one's pretty seamless. So um... yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, um, so you're moving. That's the big thing this year is you're so moving. I'm moving. Um, that wasn't supposed to be how this was going to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened is that Kevin um, emailed me and said, uh, hey, it's time for catch up. And I was like, I had just finished helping um, the boyfriend's sister with her move from her apartment in um one part of New York City to another part of New York City. And I was mentally recording all the mistakes that I saw all of us making. It wasn't just her or or um, uh, my boyfriend or me or, or his dad or his mom or, you know, whoever else was there. It was all of us making mistakes repeatedly. So I was like, all right, let me keep like a mental tally of all the dumb shit that we did that we really shouldn't have. Oh, P.S. There will be swearing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's, come on, we do the blanket warning yeah. at the beginning of the show just for this. If Dino's I mean, coming, on. there's going to be swearing. So yeah. <laughs> I kept a mental tally of all the dumb shit. And then I kept a mental tally of all the really smart stuff that I saw too, because um, 
Nico's sister, Nico's the boyfriend, uh, is a very intelligent young woman. She she knows her her stuff. Um, and when it comes time to organizing things, she's actually pretty good at um, keeping things organized, at, at getting things from point A to point B. Um, she has had to plan like shows and plays and, you know, music and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Making and doing all that stuff on your own when you're an adult and you're the one in charge means that you really need to have your stuff to get one of these days i'll i'll con her into getting on here with you kev <laughs> yes please because i'm like i'm listening to this i'm like oh i want to talk to her yeah she's got a very right. she's had a very interesting life um and so i knew that she wasn't going to be this fumbling bumbling idiot i knew that she was going to have some really good ideas um that i will shamelessly steal for my own because some of that stuff that i saw was very very smart um to give my uh bona fides um with regards to moving um i have moved several 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 times um be it with my parents when we left india and you know went from one place in miami to another place in miami to the house in hollywood um like we moved several times when i was a kid um and then okay okay time out hollywood california or hollywood florida Florida. Florida. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and then like once we settled in that house, which they bought, um, then we were pretty much there, um, for the rest of whatever. Then I got married and then he moved in with me, which is traditionally how things are done in India, but that's a, another story for another day. Um, right. I, I got gay married behind my parents back. Um, cause I knew that them that I'm moving in my boyfriend with us into our family home, they would have issues. But if I said husband, that would be a different story. And his Catholic right. parents would have felt the same. They would have been like, you're moving to fucking Florida to be with your boyfriend. That's gross. But if it's husband, oh yeah, that's fine. You're getting married and settling in. That's perfectly fine. Right. So once he moved from um, uh, the Chicago suburbs where he lived, I had to get all his shit from there down to Florida. And we were there for about a year and small change. And I hated Florida. So I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. So then we moved from Florida (laughs) to New York. Our first apartment was in Bushwick, Brooklyn in 2007, back when it was still sketchy. Um, then after he got mugged, uh, I was like, okay, this this is not it. So then we moved to Roosevelt Island um, for two years. And then their rent was about to go up to ludicrous levels. This was around 2008. Yeah. When everyone about- lost their jobs. Yeah, and and also about the time like Brooklyn became known as Hipster Central, and the gentrification was really hitting hard. Correct, and but yeah, but we moved out of Brooklyn in two thousand eight um, because he got mugged, and I didn't feel safe in that neighborhood anymore. And you know, fuck Brooklyn, whatever. Um, you're gonna get angry letters. That's fine. Um, I'm kidding. Brooklyn is a lovely place. I'm sure. Um, I I've, I lived in Queens. I I have sort of a deep seated. I would never live in Brooklyn thing oh, no, going on. So Queens, I love. Yeah. Queens, yeah. Queens, I get along just fine. So then we moved to Roosevelt <laughs> Island, which is between Manhattan and Queens. But that rent was about to go from like twenty six hundred to like twenty oh, yeah. nine hundred overnight. And this was when everybody lost their jobs, as did my ex husband at the time. So then we moved to Washington Heights, um, which was a lot cheaper. The rent was eleven hundred versus 
2900 basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were able to afford it on, you know, scraping by whatever. Then came the breakup. And when I realized that I hadn't finished my college degree um, and had to move back to Florida to go back to the college that I went to when I was a kid and yeah. had to take three classes, organic chemistry to um, what was the other one? Microbiology and like some bullshit um, science elective, like medical terminology or whatever. Right. Um, right. So then I had to leave out of the Upper West Side apartment, uh, sorry, the, the Washington Heights apartment, and then go back down to Florida um, for six months to finish off those three classes. Because my thing is, is like the college that I went to is extremely expensive. It's a private college. So like those three classes cost a fucking fortune. They were like 12 grand for those three classes. Oh, um, and I'm like, if I'm going to spend this amount of money on student loans, I want to make sure that whatever I get is going to be a really oh, yeah. high I don't want to have fucked up grades with this and I don't want to fuck up my GPA. So 10 years after graduating, graduating college, I had to finish off those last three courses. Um, again, long story, another day. Um, then midway through my stint in Florida, staying in my parents' house at this time, because they had already abandoned it to go live in Arizona with my sister. So like my family tends to move a lot, just yeah, getting yeah. Then I reconciled with the ex and I was like, okay, when I'm done with Florida, I'll come move back in with you in New York. And so he was in his last year of seminary when I finished my schooling. Oh my God. So I moved up from South Florida back to New York. He um, went to seminary up in Manhattan and moved into his little dorm, um, which was like a post-it stamp. It was tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then once he was done with that particular stint and he was done with seminary, then we had to find another apartment to live in because you can't stay in the dorms anymore. Once you've graduated, they want you right. out. So then we found the apartment in Jersey city, which was also a studio, but at the time that's all we could afford because like he didn't have steady work yet, um, yep. having graduated uh, and he was going through the ordination process. Another story, another day. Yeah. Um, and then I was still working like two jobs, three jobs, something like that. None of which paid very well. So like, it was like, we just need to deal with this. We got to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So deal with whatever shitty apartment with whatever crappy rent we can deal with and just suffer. So then a year, I want to say six months to a year after that, we got the divorce. So he left um, and I got the apartment. Um, to be honest, he hated the apartment in the first place, so he was fine. <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> so he fucked off. Um, and then uh, this was, I stayed in that apartment for a good long time. Then I got the full-time job at this rice company, um, and the pay was significantly better than what I was making um, yeah. before then. But I was like, it's just me in this apartment. I'm fine. I don't need anything bigger. This is fine for me. And then the sink got fucked up. So like, oh God, that's always the worst. Mm -hmm. So like the area, the, the cabinet under the sink had some kind of leak from the, the, the faucetry or whatever. Yep. Um, the entire bottom of it molded out and rotted out. Oh, and I didn't notice it because like, I wasn't really keeping anything in there. I like to keep my cleaning supplies where I can see them because I use them frequently because I like things tidy. Um, right. Kevin, see my bed. It's like made right now. Yeah, no, no. Actually, I'm trying to figure out what the plush is over your right shoulder. Oh, that's Appa. 
Oh, okay, good. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Oppa, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oppa. Yeah. Um, so, like, I like things tidy, so, like, I wasn't keeping crap under the sink anyway, so I didn't even notice it until it got molded out. And then they had to then take out that entire cabinet um, and oh. uh, replace it, but what used to be an L-shaped cabinet now became, like, a flat cabinet, so I lost, like, a third of my storage space and my counter. Um, also, it took... Uh, in the neighborhood of like four or five months for that cabinet to get replaced. Oh yeah, this was COVID. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I was, uh, I'm taking you through from 2007 till like basically a couple of years ago when I finally was like, all right, I can't live here anymore because also midway through Thanksgiving my fridge died and they didn't replace that until March. Yeah, no, I, I actually. One of my coworkers' uh, fridge has died. Fridge died uh, at Thanksgiving this past year. Still waiting on the replacement, and they right. own the house. It's just getting it shipped in. Correct. Right? It's just and getting the stock, and and yeah. None of this was expensive or fancy. It was like basic shitty cabinets from Home Depot and a basic shitty fridge from Home Depot. So it wasn't like they were doing anything yeah. fancy for me. But it was like they took so long to get it addressed that I was like, I cannot live here anymore. So when it came time for the lease to renew, I left um, and found the apartment that I'm in now. Um, and so during the middle of COVID, I didn't really want to hire movers to come move my shit because it's like, first off, I didn't have that much stuff. Like it was right. going from a studio where I'm pretty um, careful about going through my crap every six months and throwing out anything that's extraneous. Um because I grew up with hoarder parents. And so that kind of like, I could find a use for it someday is super triggering to me. And I want, I, right, right. I want nothing to do with that shit. So like, if I don't have a use for it now, um, I'll give it maybe like a week or two. I still can't find a use for it. It's time for it to go. It, it's time to release that into the world and let somebody else have it or it goes in the garbage. Because the issue is, is that um, I could find a use for it someday becomes that you're drowning in crap that you have no idea where anything is. Um, and it becomes visually cluttering in a small space. And I've lived in small spaces for a very long time. Yeah, th there's a reason we don't do a panoramic view of my office. Mm -hmm. Because one, it would drive you crazy. But <laughs> uh, on the other hand, I, I do have a little bit of the tech hoarding tendencies. Like, so I had a moment uh, a couple months ago where I went through all of my old cables and mm -hmm. threw out things that literally were never going to be used again. And, but it, it, it took a lot of effort because there had been times where I'd be like, oh, I need a cable for X, check the cable bins, mm -hmm. multiple. And there would be like this ancient but functional cable in there for X. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually had to go through the, okay, do I actually have or need anything that will ever support like Firewire 400 right. from the 2011 Max? Right. It's like, no, the, no one, there's, I own nothing that does that anymore and no manufacturer makes it. And then I did a thing. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can tilt the camera. Can you, can you uh -huh. see my bins on top of the shelf over there? Vaguely. Vaguely. Oh, let's, ta-da. That that probably will help. Yes, uh, turning on yeah, the light. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every last one of those bins, those it's a clear bin with a label on it. Uh huh. And so like, there's a bin up there for spare cables. 
Right. Like the ones that are active, I still have bins of, of extras and parts and things, but there's a bin for like, you know, um, the, each of my projectors that I travel with sometimes I can just, and I can just reach up and grab the travel cables and put them in my suitcase. Um, I need to do that to the rest of my office. Um, because I'm still like, you know, I, I admit I'm looking at right now, there's literally a baking, a, a spring form baking pan sized for the instant pot, but currently it's full of parts for raspberry pies. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you're not like the bookshelves are actually pretty good right now. And you can obviously you can see my Legos. So that's my light up Legos, which is yes. an important thing. Um, and the evil doll that Sean and McGuire sent me. Um, As you do. Yes. Everybody's like, why do you have that doll? I'm like, well, one, it was a gift. And two, I've sealed it with the same seals they use on Annabelle in the movies and the actual Warren Museum. So it's safe. So it's fine. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, once, but like the, the long story longer is anyway. I yeah. Don't like a lot of crap, and so when it came time to move, I was like, I can most likely fit everything into bins and like maybe a couple of yeah. like wrapping cardboard boxes that um, I would need. The biggest, um, uh, what do you call it, shit that I would be moving would be my kitchen. Um, yep. Clothes, you can pretty much throw in, you know, whatever, and it'll get there when it gets there. Frankly, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, and like, I had like two pairs of shoes or something. So it's not like I had a lot of that stuff going around. And I don't keep more than like four books, five books, physical books on hand anyway. So it's like, cause my thing is, is like all my books are on my Kindle. So like, unless it's a specific reference book that I need, um, the physical copy of because they don't have it for Kindle. Um, and, the reference books that I need are very few and far between. Like most of the time I can just find it online. I'm good. So like the yeah. physical books I have are very, very few far between. Um, and so like the rest of it is, is just like flotsam and whatever other random crap that you have. So I was able to basically um, lean heavily on like one or two of my friends and, and Nico um, <clears throat> and do the move myself over the course of like a week. Um. And like I said, mid-pandemic, I really didn't want to have randos in my house. Um, yeah. Even if I was going to be abandoning ship, but like it was, it was a little bit scary. I was still working from home, um, so it was like, let me just try to do as much as of, of much of this as I can, you know, uh, keep it in the family type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, when I say I've moved a lot, I, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've moved a lot, a lot, a lot. And, and by and large, the moves have been painful and expensive and stressful. And it is what there's, there's nothing to be done for it. It's just sometimes it's the nature of the beast. Nobody likes to have their life uprooted and then right. have to restart it all over again. Um, and I'm one of those people who's like, I need my space to be organized. I need my space to be tidy. So like, if I've moved all my crap out from the old place to the new place, my deadline to get it unpacked and reset up is about like three to four days. So like I will go from all this crap standing on boxes in my house to fully moved in within like three, four days. And I will like just throw on a pair of headphones and just hit it so that it gets up and running again. Because my issue is, like I said, 
that visual clutter, that disorganization, it just depresses me and I can't look at it. So it's like, and when you are the type of person who has very few things, yeah, you need all your shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only have like one of each thing that I need. Like I don't have multiples, which I can be like, oh, I'll just grab another one. There is no other one. That's the thing that I have. That's it. Um, I have one umbrella. Like I have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have one of these things. Like I have one tote bag, which I use to like go shopping because they did the plastic bag ban. Um, yeah. And, and so like, if I don't get that out, I have two label makers, but that's neither here nor there. That's um, that's no no no. That's a different thing. The label makers, the label makers are a specialty item. That's, they don't. That's count. a different thing, right? Um, but like, if I need to function in my life, I need to have my shit out, and it needs right. to be packed, and it needs to be up and running and sitting where it needs to sit. So like, this move it took me about a week or so to get unpacked and settled in because like I went from a space where it's a studio to a one bedroom apartment, um, which has like a living room and a kitchen and all these separate rooms. Um, I literally didn't have the furniture to fill the space because like I never needed furniture in the, in the studio. I had a fold up bed that I would put on the floor. Like this was, Oh yeah. Like a Murphy bed. Uh, no, like a literal like thing that would fold up into a square and I could shove it in the closet when I'm done with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's very different. Yeah. I did not own furniture because there was nowhere first off, there was nowhere to put it. But like well, yeah. Yeah. meanwhile, um there was no need for it because like it was just me. So like, why do I need fucking furniture? I had a chair. Like like I said, I have one of every I have one, I have <laughs> one chair. Um <laughs> I had my fold up bed and like, that was the extent of my furniture. So like there was nothing there to fill the space. And the thing about it is that what you don't realize when you're moving from a smaller space to a bigger space is that technically it's not as difficult as the other direction. Right. Technically, realistically, you realize that the um, storage solutions that you depended on when you were on the smaller space don't make sense for the larger space. Oh, yeah. um, and this is a mindset that I think I didn't really understand until I came into this space because I'd always been, because I'd been going from like that big house that I grew up in as a kid into the small little apartment in Brooklyn into, you know, the, the apartment in, in, in Roosevelt Island to the apartment in the right. upper west side. These were all fairly small apartments and then went from that into uh, a dorm room at the fucking seminary in the Upper West. Like, we're not talking, like, big palatial spatial places. So, like, my storage solutions were, like, shove the thing into a thing and put it under something else because, like, you right. don't know where to put it. Um, or don't have it. Like, just right. don't have it. And what that does is that it puts you in this, this like, mentality of, like, a little bit of scarcity, to be honest. It's not minimalism. It's scarcity, to be honest, because it's, like when you don't have a comfortable space to set up your uh, workspace, like your, 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 um, yeah. your, if you work from home, like if you don't have a comfortable desk to sit at and you don't have like a nice chair that's at a reasonable height and, and the keyboard so that you're not like, you know, putting your hands up in the air or, or too much lower is a, like all these things are, are like make a huge difference. And if you oh, yeah. don't regularly have access to those kinds of things, you get into the scarcity mentality. So when I moved into the apartment, I was like, fuck furniture. I don't need fucking furniture. It'll be a lot easier. I'll be fine. 
And my friend Alexis, she's the one who helped me move. Alexis, you know yes. Alexis. Um, we do, yes. She was like, do you know, you're not doing this. Like, this, this is idiotic. You can't have the chair when you have people over. You need to have a couch. You need to have more than one couch because you have right. space for it. This is dumb. Like, you, you need a workbench because you like to cook. So, like, because I have... um very small counter space in my kitchen. So she right. was like, let's go get you a kitchen island that we'll set up in your kitchen so that you have fucking space to cook because you love cooking. If you don't have a space to cook on, you're going to be miserable. You need to get a work desk so that when you have to work from home, you have some place to put your shit. And so and if you're, you know, and during the pandemic, that was really important because you were working from home. Super, super important because I was working yeah. from, I hated it, but like I was doing it. Right. Uh, coffee tables and like side tables and shit like that. So that when people come over, they have somewhere to put their drink. That is not the floor, Dino. That's, that's, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to put a wine glass on the floor. That's not great. You need to have a space for them to put it on. You don't want to eat on the floor, Dino. You this is ridiculous. I'm not saying right. you have to put a dining room table, but for fuck's sake, get it together. So she was like, she yelled at me. So then we went to, uh, you know, the Ikea and like a bunch of other furniture stores. I found, you know, furniture that I liked and got set up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like that initial time when I came into this apartment, I was like going from shoving everything into cabinets and my closet um, yeah, yeah. to needing to find places to put my shit so that it's more accessible so I can see it so I can reach it. Um, so that like I had to order like those metal shelves from Amazon and like I had to, you know, get that, that kitchen Island and, you know, some couches, oh, yeah. like a fucking coffee table and like all these other st stupid little things that you don't think about until you don't have it and you realize that you need it. Um, and so now I'm going from a situation of me living in my one bedroom apartment and Nico living in his one bedroom of a multi-bedroom um, right. apartment that he shares with multiple roommates. Um, so his stuff is spread out all over that house on top of in his bedroom um, and then merging those two households together. When oh, I moved, merging households is, yeah. It's hard. And so when I went from um, South Sorry, when I moved my ex-husband from Chicago to, to Florida, he didn't really have furniture because he was also living in a, um, a house with, like, a couple of roommates. So, like... Yeah, yeah. He he knew that um, he had his clothes, he had his books, um, and back in those days, they didn't charge... And this tells you how long ago this was. They didn't charge extra for um, suitcases on airplanes. Oh, my God. So we were able to pack all of his books into one suitcase. No, two suitcases. He had a lot of books. Um, all his clothes into one suitcase and then like assorted other crapola into the fourth suitcase. And we were still getting the allowance of two suitcases per person um, and flew from Chicago to um, Florida where my dad picked us up. Um, and the entirety of his life fit into those four suitcases. Then when we moved to New York, same situation. Like we right. got rid of most of our shit because um, all the furniture was my parents. I wasn't going to take that with me. Um, so it was like basically like the clothes on my back and a couple of books and some DVDs and like shove it in some suitcases and get the fuck out of Dodge. So like we're not doing that this time. We're merging households. And um, this is what happened with Nico's sister is that 
she left one situation where she left one roommate behind, took the second roommate with her. They found a third roommate for the third bedroom in this place. And the three of them are moving together. And so like, right. It's a merging of households. And that's what, um, uh, that's what I was saying is I, I was watching all this and like taking mental notes about it because I know in the back of my head that eventually Nico and I were going to move in together and this was going to have to happen. So we had to figure out, like I had to figure out how do you merge households when it's not just put sh- shit into four suitcases and take it on a plane and fly. Yeah, and it's, I, I have to say, like, one of the things that we had to do, mm-hmm. and it's been you and 14 Ursula. years now? Yeah, Ursula and I, 14 years. 14 years now. Um, well, it'll be 14 years in September. Oh my god, 14 years in September. Um, is, uh, okay, tomorrow's our wedding, uh, shit, today's our wedding anniversary. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, we'll do something later. Yeah. Um, because she's forgotten too. I'm reasonably oh, certain. I, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know when our anniversary is. We people are like, how long have you been in? I don't fucking know. It's been a while though. This is it, it's our wedding anniversary. Is the thing. Right. Right. That that so, has a specific date. Yeah. It it has a thing. Um. So. Uh, um. But yeah, when she moved in at first, like the the biggest challenge was not like her furniture mm-hmm. because it was like, yeah, we can you know. She doesn't need the futon bed anymore. We rehomed that. Um, the giant TV was actually really nice for video games in the living room before we redid the living room. Um, it was finding space for her books because she and I both have a print book thing. It was, I think, about four years in before we sat down and started to deduplicate books. Because um, I'll, I'll tell the listeners this: when, when yeah. I told Kevin I have four physical books, five physical books, something like that, all the color drained from his face, and he just looked like, <laughs> "Have I just been witnessing what is going on here?" Right? Yeah, as a monster. Um, uh, I mean, I have like I have almost the complete D and D four E in physical hard copy. Correct. You know, and I'm working on doing the same with five E. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have all of five E digitally right now on Beyond because. I have to, but like, you know, I have paper books that I have read and reread and loved over the years because also I'm yeah, from a time before, time. like really a time before digital books, right? Like my copy, like I have like first or second edition US printings of the first three Discworld novels. Yeah, exactly. With the, with the original cover art that they don't do anymore. Um and, you know, so we, we, but we had to sit down and go, okay, whose copy of Tad Williams' Tail Chaser's Song, one of our, both of our favorite, one of our, our favorite books, like one of the, those, like why we mesh so well together, um, is in better shape because we both had this copy of this book that we have read and reread since, like in my case, 1985, when it first came out. Right. So um, like it's even got like a sentimental, emotional attachment to that. Right. Yeah. It was, mine was a gift and whose is in better shape and, uh, and all that stuff. Um, also, every time I have a new digital reading platform, I end up buying it again. So I do have it on both iBooks and Kindle okay. from when iBooks was the thing before Kindle was everything. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that, that, it's it's like that. Do I need a physical copy of Tail Tracer Song? Probably not. Do we need two? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but the one that was falling apart more, which I think was hers, is the one that went to the used bookstore. <laughs> right, right. That right? one got 
Yeah, and, and she is also a little more aggressive about it. Like, I still have the copy of uh, uh, Gordon R. Dixon's uh, The Dragon and the George that I got, I read the first time in high school, mm-hmm. right? I still have that book that, like, was on mom's shelf, and then it came with me to all of my various places. Um, and part of it's because some of these I'm looking at, they aren't even in print anymore. Correct. Correct. And not even in print digitally anymore. Correct. Right. So, you know, and, but like my illustrated, like there's some things you just, you just cannot do digitally. Like over here, I have the art of vampire hunter D. This is a beautiful art book. It does not work on Kindle. It no, does not work on, on iPad. Yeah. It's like where it's like illustrated or like there's yeah. pictures or like, it just doesn't quite even iBooks. Like they don't do really great with like really good illustrations. Like even yeah. on the iPad, which is a fairly large screen, it's oh, yeah. not the same as the physical copy. And like, yeah. Speaking of the D and D manuals, I feel like those are the ones that are like really worth having physical because like they mm-hmm. do so much beautiful artwork. They do like, so like the, the typesetting, yeah. uh, everything. It's like such an experience to pick up one of those fuckers and just like flip through it. Um, yeah. Which I used to do when I was a kid. Um, uh, my brother's D and D manuals that he he had um, the uh, the original D and D manual um, where elves were a character. Right. 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 Um, right. Yeah. Like I read that stupid thing so many times. The I think it was called the Rule Cyclopedia or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, and then the like the monster manual and like the um, I had a couple of costuming manuals and they were just fun to pick up and just like flip through because the illustrations were gorgeous. The and, and like the typography was beautiful, like they did a yes. really, really good job. And I and I believe those are one of those ones where it's like, yeah, I absolutely understand the need to have them physically. Also, I'm in love with a writer. So like he has. <laughs> yeah. I am well familiar with like writers and how they feel about their books and that they have to have them. Uh, also, I remember you had mentioned in some, uh, I think Ursula had mentioned it or you mentioned it where um, every now and again, uh, the writer in your life will shove something at you and say, hi, is this good? And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does this shame my ancestors? Right. And, and um, yeah. And I know my job in that situation is to read it as yes. soon as humanly possible so that I can give that feedback as soon as humanly possible. So like, otherwise wrote, they go crazy. They go hmm? neurotic. It's, oh, it's a gonna thing. It. So like yeah. he sent out um, what the novel that he's uh, just finished um, for uh, like initial like reaction type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I read it in two days. And he was like, oh, thank God. Great. Now we can talk about it. And so like, I, like I was texting him updates as I was reading it. Cause I know that he was going to be like waiting with, um, you know, uh, on Tinder hooks to see if it's like good. Um, so like he met, he married Jesus Christ. He, he got with the right boyfriend who has like a fast reading speed, um, where, you know, I can pound through a book fairly quickly. So like ideal match (laughs) who reads fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a small piece of advice for living together with this sort uh-huh. of thing. Um, I have had to start being like, I'm gonna sit with the chickens and read, or I'm gonna go upstairs, or I'll sit in my office and read in that time period when. Uh, oh, I won't read for. No, 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 no! Because if I sniffle, if I sigh, if I fart, yes. she's just like, "What was that for?" 
why was that? You know, did, 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 is it something funny? I'm like, I was looking at my phone, not at your book. Correct. You know, but if I, I, any, any noise I make, whether it's involuntary or a reaction to the book is. Scrutinized. Yeah. yeah. Although with the one she just turned in, um, the next horror novel. Well, it's dark fantasy, the, the next dark fantasy novel. Um, that was the one I was reading at the kitchen table and she was upstairs playing video games and I yelled, I literally yelled, what the actual fuck? Um, and she's like, what was that for? And I told her at the point in the book and she's like, oh good, that's the reaction I was going for. That's what I wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> And the other people who have now read it, so I don't have to keep the horror to myself anymore. Correct. I love that part of the books. Um, are also like, what the actual fuck? So I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's well, nice to be able to, to say, oh God, there was a, a woman on the Joko cruise who had read Nettle and Bone, the one that just came out, mm -hmm. um, because she's a bookseller. So she had she finished it on the cruise and was like, we have to talk about this. And I'm like, finally, someone to talk about this with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, believe me, you understand now. Oh, yeah. fully. Uh, and so when nobody else had read it in two days and two weeks and three weeks, he got increasingly. So I was like, all right, I'll read it again. So I read it a second time yeah. and then gave him more feedback. And he was like, oh, cool. OK, cool. This is workable i can do this um so he's still waiting on the rest of the family to read it and they haven't caught up um but so long story even longer um it's i know what i'm talking about when it comes to moving yeah <laughs> all that yes yes all that to, yeah yeah um yeah and i mean you know before i settled into this house we did i did a fair amount of moving um but you know i've been here 22 years now so, and, and in the, the 14 years, this is the longest Ursula has lived in a single place prior to moving in with me. Um, you know, she was in that like once a year, once every two years cycle because rentals and whatever, um, Minnesota, fucking Portland, um, Arizona, like she's Arizona. Uh, actually it wasn't even Portland. It was near Portland. It was, um, Beaverton. Not what's that? Beaverton. No. Uh, not Eugene, not Bend, but, uh, God, where does her mom live now? I don't know, um, but you're, you're apparently supposed to pronounce it organ, like the, the, the body system and not, um, with an yeah. E. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like, we, we do not have hazelnuts in our house. We have filberts. We have filberts. I found a bag that was literally organ filberts at, uh -huh. at the grocery store when, you know, when all the, the, the eat you know eat your own crack your own raw nuts come out in the winter mm -hmm. and it made her so happy yeah. um <laughs> but uh but you know uh, it has allowed us to do things like okay we can you know we've we've done smaller internal moves right, right. i mean we did move shepherd we did move shepherd we helped liz move you helped um, liz move yes yeah um both into the house and then into out. Liz's apartment, yes. back to the house, um, <laughs> back out, you know, back, you know, into the, into the Winnebago. And then from the Winnebago, um, into the house in Goldston, when the Winnebago shat itself. Um, right. 
please let me find a mechanic to get this thing running again for me because oh my god I'm setting up a second I'm setting up a, a mobile vacation home yeah, yeah. slash guest house in the Winnebago and you um, could technically work from anywhere so like you could fucking yeah. like take a road trip and you know log your hours and then start driving yeah as well as soon as I get the fucking uh, mobile exactly. uh, yeah. mobile cellular Wi-Fi thing working that I got from T-Mobile but that's all that's another yeah. story another story yeah. Um, yeah. anyway so no there's there's been a lot of moving and you know in the one case moving Shepard into the yurt yeah from here we literally built the yurt in a day with the help of the people who manufactured wow. the yurt okay you know and then you know we spent like two weeks putting in laminate mm-hmm. three weeks putting in laminate because that is that is hard work oh my god that is so much hard work especially in june in north carolina oh, with no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but the it, beautiful floor everything's moved in shepherd's happy and doesn't live here anymore right. um, <laughs> I mean, i'm sure you miss having him around but like yeah no it's it's great having shepherd around it's just you know it's suddenly Ursula and I are empty nesters, like for reals. Right. Um, like Jacob will be back next weekend for the summer, but then he's, and he has a room here, but you know, uh, he basically lives in Asheville now. Right. Right. You know, and his mom helped him move into that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> not your circus, uh, not your monkeys. Well, no, it's still, it's, it's just that, uh, when he went to college, right. He was he started he was in South Carolina, which is significantly closer. Like he he was with his mom for the summer, and so it was significantly closer for him to go from South Carolina to Asheville, which is like two hours from where they live, from the four hours one way here. Jesus. So when he comes and visits for the weekend, I just take a day off, drive up and get him. Yep. You know, soon he will have it. He's getting a driver's license this summer, so maybe he can drive his own ass. Yahtzee. Um, <laughs> But, but I mean, that's the whole thing. Like we, there are logistics and there's even seasonal moves because like the end of the school year, he has to move out of his dorm. Correct. You know? And so there's, there's like all his shit, put it somewhere and then take all his shit and take it back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that sort of transient moving thing is like, because it's, you don't have a permanent, permanent place other than say his room here and maybe his room in his mom's house. Right. Storage, storage. Yeah. Um, Correct. So yeah, there's, there's so many logistics. So what I did um, uh, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and Kevin knows I do this every time that we have a talk is like, I'll put together like, well now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, First time too, when we were talking about um, the cooking organization, like I was like, you know, here's the sheet. Um, and, uh, obviously Kevin will upload this as a PDF, um, so that it's available oh, yeah. to all of you. Um, there are certain things that I have links to, um, so that you can go find like roughly what I'm talking about. Um, not necessarily, it's not an affi- affiliate link. I don't make any money if you click on it. I don't give a shit if you do or don't. It's just like, here's, um, what I used and here's what I found to be useful. Right. Um, our, so I just want to like, let's just go down the list and we'll, we'll just talk about some of these yeah. major, oh, major yeah, 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 yeah. considerations. Number one consideration for any move is your budget. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Regardless of how much you think you will need, you're probably going to need about double, to be honest. Yep. Um, and this has been my experience every single time. Um, this 
goes for money. This goes for time. This goes for people to help you do the thing. Uh, this goes for supplies. It goes for oh, yeah. um, uh, basically anything that you need that, that you think you're going to need for your move, just double it. Um, and then you'll be closer in the ballpark. Um, and so when I say you need to know what your budget is for your move, it's not just let me um, mentally prepare for how much I'm going to have to spend on the moving van. The moving van is just one fraction of the whole. Oh, totally. Yeah. It is moving. Um, it's, it's also the supplies. It's um, any shit that you have to have rented. Um, if, if you need to hire people to help you move your crap because you're single and you can't necessarily lift that big ass couch by yourself. So you need to pay someone to go do right. that for you. And all of you, and or in the case of a friend of mine who's moving from Seattle to either Eastern Michigan or Southern Canada, mm -hmm. um, Central Canada is, you know, all of all of the friends who owe you moving karma are now in their late thirties, early forties. They're Correct. not physically. I mean, they're capable of moving that couch, but it's they're going to spend three or four days in recovery. Right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Um, and around here, I can just like drive. There are a couple spaces I know I can just drive out and hire a couple day laborers, and they'll come over and bring them with me. Uh, they'll pack up, and then I'll pay them cash for the day, and we're done. Right, and they're done. What I would um, suggest, um, and and I've watched this happen several times, is that yeah. if you can afford movers to come help you move your crap. Oh yeah. Pay them for the love of fuck. Just pay yes. them the money to do the goddamn thing and get it the fuck over with. Um, what oh, I yeah. only recommend against is paying them to pack your stuff. Um, what they, there's something that we have in most service industry type jobs, catering, um, hospitality, whatever, where we call it a fuck you price. Right. And I'm sure you're familiar with this, Kevin, where oh, yeah. it's a, I'll do it, but I really don't want to. So right. I'm going right. to charge you so much that it's going to be a deterrent against you asking me to do this thing, because the amount of pain in the ass that it's going to be for me to do this thing is so great that I'm going to hate every moment of it, but I'll do it. Right. Mm Movers who will pack your stuff will always quote you the fuck you price because they don't want to come pack your shit. Right. Part of it is liability because that means then that if they're handling all your crap and packing it for you, their liability insurance goes up a lot higher because that means then that they're liable to break something They're you know, so like yeah. they have to be 10 times more careful than you are. So like everything has to go in bubble wrap. Everything has to be in individual boxes. It's, it's, it's obnoxious for them to have to do, but they know that somebody will have a whole ass meltdown over it and scream at them and, you know, sue them for way more than it's worth. Um, you know, bitch, that was not grandma's heirloom plate. It's Corelware from Target. Calm the fuck down. But, right. but because it is, it is a thing, they're generally going to quote you the fuck you price. Um, right. So if you can, if you have the physical ability and or the help of, of friends, family, the rest of it to pack your stuff and then have the movers come move your stuff. 
do it that way. Um, not necessarily because it's cheaper and it is, but also because what ends up happening is that the movers are very good at taking something from point A, putting it yep. into the truck and then getting it out of the truck and putting it into point B. That's yep. what they are. That's what they're very, very good at doing. Anything that slows them down in the pursuit of that particular job is going to a piss them off and b cost you more money for no reason. So yeah. like if, and I've watched this happen. I was helping my friend um, Jamie move from um, her apartment um, in Forest Hills to another apartment in Forest Hills, like two feet down the oh, road. Um, yeah. And while she was moving into her apartment, there was another um, couple from the floor above her who was moving out. These bastards had the movers there on that day and they hadn't finished packing yet. Yeah. So like while these guys are moving these big heavy like dressers and like couches and whatever, this lady is standing here and like packing things away into boxes and passing it to people to take down to the movers. And so like what should have been a fairly straightforward process that would take anywhere between three and six hours ended up taking like 12, 13, 14 hours because yeah. things weren't done when the actual movers came in and the movers will wait. They'll wait as and, long as you need to because they're getting paid by the hour yeah. regardless. Um, and, uh, one when thing... they come in and estimate you, that's basis, this many hours, this many boxes, this many trips. Yeah. Anything that goes above and beyond that, and it's right there in your contract, it'll tell you, if we have to spend longer than that, we're going to take it out of your asshole. Every, yes. every cent of it we're going to squeeze out of you. So for the love of fuck, by the time that that mover comes into your front door, you should have nothing to do but to get out of their way and let them do their job. Yeah. And if you're now, if you're moving house, mm -hmm. right, not just apartment to apartment, yeah. but if you're moving house, like if I were, if we're going to move out and we've talked that at some point, you know, stairs will probably be a bad idea for us. Correct. Um, as we get older, we've talked about like maybe New Mexico or, you know, someplace like that. Um, there are companies specifically pod. Yes. Where you can. Paper. Yeah. Uh, moving apartment to apartment. It doesn't work so well, but like moving, like if I'm going to move cross country, yes, yeah. I'm going to get a pod and we're just going to start packing and moving everything into the pod so that when the time comes, here come the pod people. That sounded terrible. They're they're gonna you know they're gonna pick this this basically shipping container up. Correct. They're gonna take it um, to the other location and they're gonna drop it off and we can unpack and then at you can our unpack. leisure or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, and the side effect come pick up the empty so that like you don't yeah. have to return the empty truck. Yeah. Well, or the empty container in this case. Right. 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 Um, yeah, but the the side effect is you pay for having that, and the rates aren't bad. Like that's we're we're talking to uh, you know our friend in in Washington, and that was suggested. Have you looked at this? Because they have to get everything out of their house, like into the garage, mm -hmm. so they can prepare the house for viewing. But to be honest, Kevin, in right. their particular case, I would even say hire the movers to put the shit into the pod because it's like if you can afford it and you have the money to do it, right. Just the amount of time that you save and the amount of backbreaking labor oh, yeah. that you save by being able to pay for someone to just do it, 
I understand that your friends and family will want to chip in and help out um, if you are fortunate and have nice friends and family. Let yes. them help out yeah. with the packing. Let them help out with like other things. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. If you yeah. have the resources to pay somebody to come do it, pay them and um, and just let them get the job done because they're very good at what they do. They get in, they take your shit, they get out, done. Um, yep. Assuming that you've checked your budget and movers are just not happening because it's out of budget. That's when oh. you start um, realizing, okay, I'm going to have to do a lot of this stuff on my own, which is reality for most people. Let me be honest. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No, I think, I don't think I, we used in all of my moves, we used movers once. Mm -hmm. And that was to, that was when we moved from that New 30? York uh, no, that's uh, over my shoulder or the, no, the tail in front of the uh, camera. Tail in front of the camera. That's Hobbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's Hobbs. He's he's been he's been asleep on my desk, and and now Orange Cat, uh, Cammy is came through, and he's like, uh oh, the Queen is here. I need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sergey is probably out on the catio we built for him. Oh, nice. And I need to. I I should probably set up kitty cam for the yeah. for the catio um, to go with chicken cam. So yeah, yeah hello, hi, sweetie. How are you? And for the yeah, viewers please. at home, um, the cat decided uh, she's going to perch on Kevin's shoulder like a parrot in a pirate movie. No, it's the back of my chair. Okay. <laughs> um, and then she's sharpening. She's like exercising her claws on right. the jacket I have behind me, which is you know um, for an artist that hasn't toured in a while. So I don't know how I'm going to get a replacement uh, <laughs> if she destroys it. But it's better than her destroying yet another chair. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. So um, if you're, if you're going to be moving yourself, um, you're probably going to need some kind of conveyance, um, be yep. it like those little U-Haul vans, be it the box trucks, be it the 40 foot trucks. Um, whatever you do, in my opinion, um, I would say rent it for longer than you think you'll need it. Oh so, yeah. Say for example, you think, uh, so location A is about a mile and a half down the road from location B. So realistically, I should be able to get in and get out within six hours. I would say by the math of like double whatever you think you need, um, 12 hours. To be honest, I would say just rent the fucking thing for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Even 48 hours if, if it needs to get to that. Because the thing is, is that... The last thing you want to hear at five o'clock in the afternoon is the truck needs to go back in 20 minutes. So whatever is in here is going out on the front curb and whichever assholes left standing here is going to have to take it inside while I drive this back to wherever I need to drive it to, to return the van. Yep. And well, the other side effect is like, in our case, it's like, yes, we've loaded up the van, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that may be, you know, that may be three hours work. We've driven it over. We've unloaded it. At this point, also, you're tired. You're exhausted. You're, you're, ex yeah, no, you've done all of this. And now it's like, okay, I now have to return the truck. Mm -hmm. I always rent for 24 hours, even if it's going to be like a, a six or seven hour thing, because one, yeah, it always takes longer. And two, you're just fucking done. You're right? done. And the other thing is, is like, um, so I did some calculations, um, based on my experience in the past. Um, and right. I, I literally wrote it down here. Kevin can see it. Uh, a two bedroom home that you're moving, um, five miles or less is going to take at least eight hours. 
um, yep. if you don't have professionals for the unloading and loading. Um, and this is very rough, rough math, but like, like I said, years and years of experience doing this. I have watched several people move. Um, and I'm not talking about like, um, you know, a, a two bedroom home that's like filled to the rafters with, you know, hoarder shit. I'm talking about like a typical, uh, <laughs> home where you've got like a few bookcases, you've got a few couches, mm-hmm. you've got, tables, you've got a bed in each bedroom, um, and, and like some, you know, kitchen shit to move. If, if, if we're talking like, um, you have more than just a few bookcases and like this basic shit budget even longer than that. But like realistically, yep. um, when I've watched this happen or when I've been part of it before, two bedrooms, uh, five miles or fewer is eight hours. And that's with lots and lots of people helping out. Um, that's, that's with, cause usually what I figure on per bedroom, you need at least two people, uh, worth of manpower. Uh, yep. to do. So if you have two bedrooms, you need a minimum of four people, um, plus another one person for the living room. So like on top of, whoever else you are already so like if you're uh, a family of four you're gonna have to drag along another five people and con them into doing this for you because frankly i'm giving you this math based on my personal experience with moving and like i found that each person should really have the support of two other people um each person you're you're moving this thing should have at least other people there to help them out ideally three or four other people to help them out because this is um Nobody here is a professional mover. They're not going to be working at the speed or efficiency of a professional mover. So, like, many hands make light work. So, like, you can't expect one person to do all the heavy lifting. You can't expect one person, you know, to, like, really take on all these big heavy-duty tasks. So it's better to have more people than you think you do um, and have a couple of people extra underfoot because sometimes if one person gets tired and needs to take a load off, somebody else can take over for that person. Book the van for fucking 24 hours. Just, just yep. book it for a day. Minimum, yeah. Minimum. Um, because to be honest, uh, like Kevin said, especially if this is the summer or something like that, and it's hot and you're sweating and it's gross, you're going to get really hungry really fast. And you're going to have to take a break and go buy some pizza and like get people to eat something so that they're not getting hangry. Um and uh, hydrate, 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 fucking hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate have bottles of water. Um, yep. Even if you're working um, not a two-bedroom house, but you're working on like a one-bedroom or a studio or something like that, you're still going to need like six hours minimum to get from point A to point B, loaded, unloaded. And yep. then we're not even talking about getting it into the new place. I'm just talking, take it out of point A, shove it in the van, take it to point B, unload it. That's going to take like five, six, seven hours. Oh, yeah. And if you're rushing last minute, um, then you don't have time to make a second trip if you need to make that second trip, which I will tell you more often than not, you need to make that second trip. Um, And having everybody drive in a convoy from point A to point B for that second trip because the moving van had to return. And so now you're trying to scatter these big bulky boxes amongst the backseats of people's cars. Someone has to take a cab because there's not enough space in the cars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was, sounds like i have experience with it doesn't it <laughs> yeah no it's it's just it's 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 very different here right mm-hmm. because you know we can do um like a lot of your stuff is is urban moving yeah right in in, in heavy urban areas where you have all of that support we don't really have that many taxis here 
-hmm. We certainly don't have the public transportation infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, what we do have is we have heat, um, yeah. and we have significantly, uh, you know, if I have to park a van on the street for six hours, I'm not going to have people complaining because they can't park there. They're just going to be like, oh, they're moving, right? right. Um, but, and if we have to make two trips, you know, it's one fun. of the things, yeah, it, it's usually fine. Um, but one of the other things that we do do is like, yes, um, I've moved where we've actually done it with pickup trucks and, you know, and you never have one trip for that. Um, the flip side of that is that, you know, as if, if it's all within the same area, even if it's, you know, an hour apart, um, I think only once have I done it in a single trip. Mm hmm. Right. I mean, even when we in the mad rush to move Ursula from her apartment the day she got robbed into here mm -hmm. um, about two weeks before we had the van rented, um, you know, there was still stuff that would not fit in the trucks. Correct. And had we not been doing it at night, we probably would have done a second trip as right. it was. We were just like we moved all the essentials, everything that that could be thrown into something because it was, you know, definitely you that was more of a, that, that was a, Oh, well, we were going to do this anyway in two weeks. So pull the trigger now. Right. Very different situation. Um, but then when her parents moved and she gets there and they're leaving in three days and nothing is packed, like, yeah, whole other thing. Whole other right? thing. Yeah. Um, but the and other they could only make one trip because that was Arizona to Atlanta. Right, that, that that's it. This is yeah. your one and done. Just do it. Yeah, um, exactly. I, the The other thing is, is that to bear in mind with with moving vans is that you really do need to reserve it in advance. Oh yeah, because uh, I will speak from experience. Um, the van that you need is not going to be available on your schedule. It's going to be available on their schedule so if you're waiting until the day before you know uh go time to book that van chances are you're not going to get it um right and chances are they're going to tell you too bad so sad uh we don't have nothing so you can either have this 40 footer and pay for the 40 footer or uh you can go fuck yourself i don't know what to tell you yeah um yeah. It's it's not like they can go out back and find an extra moving truck for you. They they have what they have, and that's what you get. The other yep. thing is is that um, you want to book it well enough in advance because if they end up giving you a bigger moving van than what you ordered, you are still only liable for the original price that you had booked it at. So like yep. if they if you booked like a little dinky dink van and um they give you the box truck which is more expensive you're still going to pay the van rate because that's what you were promised when you booked the thing in the first place yeah so yeah that's so like it's not only saving you money it's also saving you like aggravation of like they don't have your shit when you show up the thing with like um big brands like u-haul and the rest of them is that they have a very extensive network of of trucks and and vans and and other things like that so like they can almost always guarantee that you'll get something if you've booked it in advance. Like if, if yeah. they told oh, you yeah. they'll have this for you, you're getting something in your hands on the day of your moving. It may not necessarily be what you thought you were going to get, but you're going to drive away with something. 
Um, because sometimes what happens is that they're depending on the previous asshole to return the van on time and, uh, they didn't budget enough time. So like now Saturday and this guy's still stuck in Brooklyn somewhere in traffic. And so you can't get the original box truck that you booked. And now that you have a 40 footer and you don't know what to do with yourself. Um, Um, the other thing about U-Haul is like, I know at least in Raleigh of at least four U-Haul places, uh right? So if one doesn't or isn't going to have the thing you need, they can either call another shop or you go to the other shop. Um, And since I think a lot of them are like franchises, then you may be able to call, if if you're booking far enough in advance, you can call around and get better prices depending on, you know, where, where it is, especially here. Correct. And, and they'll usually yeah. work with you um, if you couldn't find that box truck that you had originally booked at the original one. They'll usually work with you and say like, hey, uh, if you don't mind going like another hour and a half down the road, uh, they do have exactly what you booked because yep. the issue that I... I that this particular situation that I'm talking about is like um, my friend was moving and um, she was not confident enough to be driving that 40 footer um, that, you know, the big, big U-Haul. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I have enough stuff to fill it. That's not the issue. The issue is, is like, I don't feel comfortable driving it. The box truck is fine. The van is fine, but like anything bigger than that. And I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable driving it. So yeah. The man behind the desk was like, I understand, but that's all I have right now because the guy who's supposed to return with yours, you know, is is still stuck somewhere. He hasn't come back. Let me call around and see what I can find for you. He made some phone calls and he's like, all right, these guys that are like, it was like an hour and a half. It was a bit of a schlep. Um, They do have the box truck and they said that they'll hold it for you. We'll still charge you the same rate that we charged you. Don't worry about it. Just go pick it up. But again, that was because she had booked it like three weeks in advance and because she knew... I have to be out the door of my apartment by this date. Yes. Because the landlord has basically said like, I cannot extend the lease because the next guy is coming like literally on your heels. So like you need to be out the door. Um, there have been situations where um, if you have a good relationship with the landlord and you do need to extend it like for a month to month type of situation, they'll work with you. They'll hit yeah. you hard with the with the rent and say like you're any of the whatever deals that we had before you're getting charged the full rate that the new guy is going to be paying um, after you move out. But I'll work with you. You can you can extend this for yeah. other. We'll deal with it. Um, that's not always the case. So like in this case, she just needed to get out of there. Um, so she booked it because she, she was paranoid and rightfully so. She booked it three weeks in advance and she was like, listen, I had this booked like ages ago. You guys need to help me out. They were like, no, completely understood. We'll work with you. We'll figure this out. But she had to drive an hour and a half down the road. Now you think what yeah. happened? You try this shit on a Friday night and you have to move Saturday night. Um, and they're like, I don't know what to tell you. We, everything's booked. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I mean... And sometimes if you're lucky, you, you know, uh, one thing I will say in terms of the logistics of booking the transportation and like you're saying, you have to be out by a certain day. Um, uh, when my ex and I moved into this house from our old house, Mm -hmm. um, we closed on the old house on Friday and we weren't taking possession of this house until Monday. Fuck me. So yeah. So there was like a three day gap or two day gap where what were we going to do our stuff? Now the builder, since this was brand new construction was like, it's fine. Just put everything in the garage. 
you're taking ownership on Monday, you know, okay, that's fine. But we didn't, you know, it, it's very rare, especially when doing a, a full on house swap. It's a house like move, right. Yeah, uh, that you can work out any overlapping. If you have the money and can schedule it so that your last month in mm-hmm. your current apartment overlaps with your first month in the new place, do it. Oh, do it. Because, you know, that way you can have like a middle of the month big thing. And then you also have some overlap time in case you need to take a second weekend or you need cleaning time. Like, oh, my God. You know, and actually that's what Nico and I are doing is that um, we're both going to pay for the apartment until the end of July. um, And we take possession of the new apartment knock on wood, ideally on the 1st of July. So like we want to have that nice, comfortable buffer in between in case everything goes to hell and it takes a lot longer than we thought it was going to take. Um, And then we can just like slowly trickle our shit in there um, on our schedule rather than, so like his mom was like, I'm not going to be available that first weekend of July. I'm out of town. um, So I can't help you guys out. And he was like, don't worry about it. We're still going to be in the old apartment till the end of the month anyway. So if we need to plan a date that's later on in the month, that makes more sense anyway, because like initially we're just going to be moving small, small shit um, to get it into the new place. Um, So the big bulky crap isn't going to happen until later anyway. So like we've got time. We'll, we'll, we'll do this sensibly. I, do understand, however, that I'm speaking from a place of enormous privilege to be. Oh yeah, that. yeah, huge. Acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, considering what rates, uh, rent, rates, what rents are here in New Jersey, um, they're not cheap. They're not as expensive as New York, but they're not cheap. Um, yeah. And both he and I have the privilege to be able to afford first sorry first month one and a half months worth of rent as deposit one month's worth of rent as realtor fee which is the new place um which and and the new apartment is significantly more expensive than what either of us is paying right now obviously right because it's a much bigger space plus my rent for this current space plus his rent for his current space um yeah that is a lot of money to put out at one time um and frankly we are extremely privileged to have that much in ready cash to be able to put that down right now oh yeah and and be able to make that magic happen without stretching ourselves too far um so i acknowledge that i come from a place of extreme privilege when i'm telling people do the month overlap if you can afford it not a lot of people can afford it if i'm honest yeah no and my friend who's moving uh, one of my friends who is currently in the process of moving is like, yes, we have to be out and we really can't afford to be paying for two mortgages. Correct. But we have to, you know, we have to get everything. We have to be out of one in order to sell it so that we have the resources to, to buy the next, the next one, to get the next one. Yeah. So it's, you know, it it is very difficult. And especially if you're like on a shoestring budget, in an apartment and it is that you know i remember living month to month i remember yeah. you know like the lease starts on this day here and ends on the same day at the old place so you have to prep everything because you have to move right the fuck now well and i also remember a time when i was depending on the deposit from the previous apartment to see me through to the second month's rent because yeah 
didn't get that on time, I was going to be well and fucked. Now, it's not that I don't want my deposit back. I want my fucking deposit back. But like, right, right, it's right, not right, right. going to break me if I don't get that deposit back for 30 days. Because technically, landlord has 30 days to get you back your deposit. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so like, again, extreme, extreme privilege to be able to do that. And I know that the next month's rent is going to be fine. Because when I get my next paycheck, it's like, all right, here, here's the money. Take it. Go away. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, yeah. So... Yes, it's privileged to say, but I'm saying it because if it's an option for you, consider it. You know, absolutely. Like yeah. Movers are expensive, but if you can afford it, fucking do it. Um, yes. Other thing Kevin had mentioned about most of my moves being urban moves, and they have been. Um, I've lived in large cities most of my life, and um, yeah, because I don't care for the suburbs. It was not. <laughs> um, there is a thing called a temporary no parking sign that um, your local municipality will give you uh, for a fee. Of course, it's not free. Um, of course. And they're usually like for a set of like three or four or whatever that you need to, you know, block out those parking spaces in front of your building um, is usually like 30 to $40 each. So it'll usually be about, you know, for your uh original apartment that you're moving from, it's going to be about a hundred dollars um, to have temporary no parking signs put. So is that when your moving van comes in, you have a space to park it right in front of your building. Um, and that is enforced by um, the parking uh, authority of whatever your local municipality is. So like I looked it up for my local place um, and it's about like $90 um, for that temporary no parking sign. Um, and they let you have it for up to six hours, uh, for that same 90 bucks. If you want it longer, you can pay another $90 for a second, six hours if you really need it. But like right. you know how I said, like a two bedroom house should take about eight hours to go from point A to point B five miles. Unloading is not going to take you the eight hours. It's the whole process. That's going to take you the eight hours. Yeah. And well, and I will say loading takes longer than unloading. It always Correct. does. But usually yeah. six hours is plenty of time um, to get your shit out of there and get it onto the van. This way, you're not having your uh, neighbors pissed off for double parking um, and shutting off traffic to the entire road. You're not having um, the police trying to ticket you for double parking and taking up the entire road. Yep. To be honest, if you keep it to within an hour or two, I've noticed that most of the time the police will look the other way because they understand that like moving in a big city is difficult and expensive and painful. And so like as long as you're not being an asshole about it and you're being relatively polite and you're giving, you know, people space to get in and out of their parking if they need to. Yeah. Uh, the police will generally look the other way if it's only a, an hour or two. If it goes much longer than that, they start circling like sharks and they're like, "Guys, um you can't hold up traffic for this long this this, this yeah yeah major street and you can't just like decide that you know you should have ordered the temporary parking uh placards that uh that are available um uh, same thing with the new place is like you can also rent those temporary no parking um signs and and they are enforced by the parking authority so that when you're unloading again you have that space dedicated to your moving van um it is in my opinion, in the grand scheme of things, not that expensive. Yeah. I mean, and I can see places where that $90 may be the difference between you can buy pizza for your friends that day or not. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and having done the move into and then two years later out of Queens, I also see the utility of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
also being aware of the, you know, the 3 a.m. someone is double parked in front of the Austin Ale House, uh, triple parked, and the bus can't get through. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, that is that is a whole other thing you have to be cognizant of in major metros that have right. real public transportation is you cannot block that bus. That that pisses Correct. off a whole other range of people. Oh, yeah. And, and they will call a tow truck to tow your ass. They do not yeah. care. Um, so rather than generally pissing off your neighbors, generally blocking traffic like an asshole, it's just better to, um, again, it takes a little bit of pre-planning. You do have to order the uh, signs in advance. Um, but once you do register for it, they'll, they'll send you the, the thing in the mail or sorry, they'll, they'll send you like the, the PDF or whatever that you can print out. Um, you, get your fucking parking space and get your shit out. Um, other thing is that you, depending on what your budget is, um, you want to make a decision about what your boxes are going to be. Oh yeah. When I moved out of my apartment in my studio to the, um, uh, new apartment here, um, Alexis was like, Dino, I've been using plastic totes to move from point A to point B for the past like 10, 15 years. Um, if you want to borrow some of mine to get your shit out of point A to point B, um, you're more than welcome to them. And, and they were a lifesaver because it meant that big bulky dumb shit didn't have to go in cardboard boxes. Um, yeah. Which I then have to figure out what the fuck to do with when I'm done. Um, these were just bins. Um, the rest of my stuff I put into other plastic bins that I still have to this day that I use for storage. Um, they're very, yeah, very yeah. Um, I will, when I make this move, I'm probably going to do the same thing. I'll call Alexis and say, Hey, let me borrow your totes again. She'll bring them over. I still have my gray totes from when I moved. Um, they are more expensive than cardboard boxes. Obviously. Um, they do take up more space than cardboard boxes, obviously. However, in my opinion, they are a little bit more, um, useful in the long term because those totes can be reused for storage you don't necessarily oh, yeah yeah throw them out when you're done and then if you ever have to move again so like when i say if you ever have to move again that's hoping uh that you don't have to that you know if you move you right. want to move um but reality is is that when you're in a large city um you don't tend to have that luxury of staying in the same apartment for like 10 15 20 years uh, yeah. unless you get incredibly lucky and can get a house i had some friends of mine Correct. who had a house in jersey city they've moved to seattle um <clears throat> i don't know if they still have the house in jersey probably <clears throat> not it might even have been a rental but like if you can get into a rental house you're you do seem you're to move pretty- i want to say l- less frequently than if you're in an apartment but realistically, yeah. it's like most of the people whom I know who live in New York uh, City or in Jersey City um, do not tend to stay in the same apartment for more than like three to five years at a stretch. Yeah. Um, and those who can tend to stay in those apartments for a very long time have rent control. So like their rent never oh, yeah. up. So they're not going anywhere for love or money. They're they're stuck in. Oh, no. you Yeah, no. But for the rest of us who don't have that luxury, rents go up. Sometimes you can't afford that neighborhood anymore. Um, amenities are not as nice as they were when you moved in, and the landlord is not keeping the building up like he should be. So it's time to yep. you know 
move on with your life. Um, these things have like, or in my situation where like, I would still be living in that studio if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't have a sink for six months and I didn't have a fridge for like three, four months. Like that's obnoxious. And then they wanted to charge yeah. me more rent. And I was like, you can go fuck yourself with that shit. Because like, you're not maintaining my apartment to a livable standard. Forget the standard that I'm used to. You're not, this is not livable. You cannot live without right. a tank. Period. No, and even even rent controlled, if they do any sort of upgrade, then they can raise the rent. They can raise the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the the case of the apartment I had in Queens, it was rent controlled, right? Mm -hmm. But they replaced the refrigerator. Now, was it a good refrigerator? No, No. it couldn't keep milk. You could have milk in there for about two days before it would start to. That was like it was not a great thing. But because it was a new refrigerator. They could raise the rent, right? Even if it wasn't a great refrigerator, so that's and it wasn't a know, huge amount of increase, but it, they could increase. Yeah, um, of course. You know, everybody in New York wants every every landlord in New York wants to get rid of rent control right now. So that's a whole other discussion. Oh, it's it's been uh, gone for decades. Um, so, like, if you still have a rent control apartment, you're holding on. But ninety nine percent of people who are moving into a new apartment don't have rent control. The, the rent yeah, goes up yeah. with inflation or with the landlord's whims or whatever else happens. Um, uh, okay. Black humor time, mm. black humor time. I'm warning everybody about this black humor time. Um, do you remember when Jackie Onassis died? I wasn't alive. This was like in the nineties. Oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jack, Jackie Kennedy, Jackie Onassis. Yeah, okay. okay. She, you know, she has, she has an apartment on like overlooking central park. Um, crowds gathered outside of it, you know, in, in, because I mean, it's, Jackie Onassis, like, Jackie Kennedy. So is it yeah. open now? <laughs> that, well, that was that was my joke at the time. It's it's not that everybody loves Jackie yeah, Onassis. It's that everybody heard that a rent-controlled apartment on the Upper West Side was opening up, and <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, and if you lived in New York, you will not understand what that means. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, but yeah, no, everybody who lives in, in New York, every, all, of, all of my listeners who have lived in New York or something like that are laughing their asses off. They right understand. Now, I guarantee you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah. like, if you will, like I said, I'm specifically talking about like people who are living in large urban environments where right. um, the stability of, of housing is not as... Sure, as like living out in the country or having um, a suburban house that you own where like, okay, maybe the taxes go up a little bit every year, but it's not going to cripple you. Like it's, it's, right. it's going to be workable. Um, that's why like, I, I was like, I really don't want to move this apartment. I'm happy where I am. I, I can afford the rent quite easily. This is fine. Um, but uh, I kept the totes because it's like... With, with the uncertainty of how things are, um, you know, I I want to have my shit prepared for if I need it. Um, yeah. And same thing with Alexis is like, she was not thinking, oh, I'm going to move like five, six times between, you know, college and um, getting the job that she has now. It just happened. These things happen. Right. Um, and now that she's in her nice apartment in, in the neighborhood she's in now, I don't think she wants to leave that apartment. It's a real nice apartment. It has central air. Yeah. Shit. Like, like, why would you leave that? That's yeah. insane. Um, but she kept the totes because it's like, either I or someone that I love is going to need them. Let me hold on to them. 
they live in one of her uh, capacious closets. She has tons of closet space. Like this is why oh. I love her apartment. It's a really nice apartment. Um, and she recently uh, redid some of the um, storage organizations. So like things are oh, a yeah. neater. Um, so now it looks like she has way more space than she had when she started. <laughs> yeah, no, when, when I get to cleaning out the attic and I need to clean out the attic, uh-huh. like... You, this will make you crazy is I'm, sh- I, I'm pretty sure there are a couple boxes up there from when Renee and I moved into the house in 2000. Right. That were never unpacked. They just went straight to the attic because they are that sort of thing. Why are they still we, there? Uh, because <laughs> yeah, we, we never got around to it. And as more things go into the attic, they become harder and harder to get to when I, when I, and we're getting to the point where, you know, we need to, um, I mean, I needed to clean out the attic 10 years ago. Let's no lie. Maybe more. Um, but I'm going to be anything that I'm keeping is going into those storage totes that I am labeling so that when I move or next time I need something, I don't, I, I, the attic is where things go. If that I know will either be required or long-term like from like I can get rid of the Christmas tree now. We haven't put a Christmas tree up in years, but I had a really fancy pre-lit Christmas tree and that's where it lived except in December. Right. Okay. And that's what, that's what the attic is supposed to be for. Not, well, we didn't have any place to put all the, the baby clothes and none of us has time to take them to Goodwill or whatever. So we're just storing them in plastic bags in the attic. Um, by the way, the plastic bags have all sort of gone and the, the mice I'm sure are nesting oh. in them like whoa and so you know like there's a lot that needs to happen up there and now it's more of a i don't want to deal with it so i don't but when i do i'm going to be putting things in totes because it, right because yeah. they're a lot more secure than um cardboard, cardboard. Boxes, plastic yeah. bags things like that and like again i i'm speaking from a place of privilege i was able to afford these totes um yes. and i didn't have to buy all of them because alexis had a ton of them that she used for her moves that she let me use um for free um not only for free she pretty much insisted she was like dino just don't with the boxes you're you're gonna hate yourself just put it in these totes because the other thing is with the totes you have like a convenient place to put your hands when you're trying to carry it and if it's really heavy, it's very easy to have a two-person lift for that tote to get it from point A to point B. And um, they're designed to stack on top of each other nicely. Beautifully stack. Um, yeah, and with lids. With lids. With lids. And and so, like, if you can afford them um, and or you already have them, seriously consider yep. using that as your option, especially if you're in an urban uh, city where you're going to be moving uh, frequently, use the totes for your regular storage, um, and then like rotate them into the moving, um, when you need to, if you cannot, uh, afford the totes, um, or you don't have the space to store them once they're done being used, um, of course, get the boxes, uh, get the cardboard boxes, get every shape size, um, that you possibly think of. The thing is, you're like, well, why would I need like a small box? Well, sometimes you have granny's platter that she brought over from the old country and you don't want to put it with like, you know, the other stuff, which is going to bang around and like chip the finish. Um, sometimes you have things that are expensive or irreplaceable right. or whatever that you want to pack nicely. Um, you have that picture frame from your wedding where it's like it's, it's, it's a special one that, you know, your your children made for you and it's got all the decorations on it and you don't want it to get damaged. Now you've got a small box to shove that shit into. Yes. And, 
ta-da, you're good. And uh, it's okay to have a box of boxes like that. Correct. And yeah. the other thing is, is that everybody seems to think, um, let's get a banker's box and put books in them. No, you're not going to be able to carry that box once you fill it up with books. And um, if people are not familiar with what a banker's box is, you would say that um, it's about the size, like the width of like a manila folder, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's, I would say, the length of oh, like uh, a keyboard and a half, I guess. It's it's basically if you go to the office supply store and you see boxes of reams of paper, it's that. Yes, that's a banker's box. Exactly, yes. exactly. Um, don't put your books in there because the thing is, is like it's going to be too heavy to lift. Um, yeah. Even if you're a weightlifter, it's going to be too heavy to lift um, and, and someone's going to break their back. So like you want smaller boxes for books. You want um, bigger boxes for bulky shit. You want the boxes of, of various sizes and shapes and everything else. What I found is that um, if you have like a liquor store nearby, um, oh they my God, yes, give you those boxes for free because they always get them. Um, those are really excellent for um, glass tumblers um, and uh, wine glasses and things like that because they already have the partitions inside the boxes. Um, and, from like, and hmm? because of their size, you can take out the partitions and they're great for books. And they're great for books. Um, they're great for books. And, and um, it's it's a really good, like, so it'll be, like, usually they sell wine bottles in cases of 12. Um, and that is the perfect size for, like, your uh, set of wine glasses. You can fit six wine glasses in there because you want to leave space between them so they don't knock into each other. Right. But those partitions are perfect to put your wine glasses in, your delicate uh, glassware, anything that you don't want to have breaking on you, shove it in those boxes. Um and, and and the other neat thing is, is that the liquor store wants to get rid of those boxes. So they're more than happy yep. for you to have them um, if you ask nicely and you ask in advance. And if you've been a loyal customer like I have, uh, <laughs> help yep. you out. My, my other secret for those is if I've got clothes that aren't going to be used during and in that packing and unpacking stage... I put those in the empty, th like a rolled up t-shirt fits perfectly in there and it helps yes. protect the glassware. Yes. And, and actually yeah. Kevin, um, piggybacking on that bubble wrap is expensive. Um, oh my God. Yes. So why not use like your kitchen towels to wrap up your plates or like yeah. your, your, um, what do you call your, your bath towels to wrap up like big serving platters yeah. or like, you know, uh, if you have a jar um, and you don't want mm -hmm. it to break because like you're unpacking your pantry and you're trying to pack it away. Um, I found that if you put it into a sock and then put a second sock on top of that one, it's that's how I padding. that's that's how I travel with with all my uh, if we bought like a mug or a pint glass, I that is literally I'll put it in a sock. I'll put a sock inside it and then I'll put it in one of my spare shoes before I put it into the suitcase like, cuz i i yeah i i my like hiking boots or whatever my big boots will usually go in the suitcase cuz they're such a bitch to lace and unlace at yeah, the, at the yeah. checkpoint so they're in the suitcase anyway that's a lot of empty space but i can put something delicate in there i don't recommend necessarily doing that for moving unless you have a lot of boots like that sure, but, um, <laughs> but moving um yeah. 
how I wrapped up my apartment at the studio to get it to here is like, I don't like keeping um, my dry goods, spices, grains, things like that. I don't like to keep them in the original container that they came in because right. for me, they're not airtight and you can mm -hmm. get bugs in them. So what I'll do is that I'll put them immediately. As soon as they come into my house, they go from whatever they got into, into their storage container. And that could right. be those like plastic bins with the snapping lids. It can be oh, yeah. glass jars that I have like from pasta sauce or whatever. Um, that I've washed out and I'm reusing to store my spices or like uh, cereals or like whatever other random shit. Like I have a ton of mason jars and other random jars lying around that I just use to store my food. They're great for storing in your pantry. They're not so great to transport. So what I did yeah. was I would put like a, one sock uh, going one direction and the sock going in the opposite direction um, to give it just enough padding so that when I put it into a tote to carry, um, it's not going to bump around too much and break. Uh, yeah. But the padding is not going to be so big and bulky that I can't fit enough shit in that tote. Um, yeah. And it was, it was very, very helpful. Like uh, uh, Nico's sister, um, that's what they ended up having to do is because like, like I said, bubble wrap is expensive and sometimes oh. you need to move in a hurry. And so uh, one of her roommates had like... Um, his clean laundry and garbage bag because he was like, I don't want to pack my clothes into a cardboard box. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Shove it in a bag, shove it in a, yeah. in a black garbage bag, tie the thing up and heave it into the back of your truck. You will be fine. So I was like, listen, I have a bunch of kitchen shit that I need to wrap up. Do you mind if I use your clothes? He's like, I will donate it to that cause. No worries because yeah. I love the book. And if you're handling the kitchen, Dino, by all means, use whatever the fuck you want. My Go. Um, so like I wrapped up all of her uh, kitchen stuff and his kitchen stuff in um, his like sweatshirts and his uh, yeah. uh, sweatpants and his t-shirts and his socks and like whatever other random shit I could use because it's like they didn't have anything fancy, but like Americans tend to use uh, ceramic plates, um, mugs, dishware, like in general. Yeah which is very, very breakable. Indians tend to use stainless steel for everything. Um, yeah. So like I can shove um, a stack of stainless steel plates with no protection in between them. And I don't give a shit what happens because they're, they'll bang around. Ooh, big deal. It's, it, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's going to be fine. Um, whereas with the ceramic stuff, Corel wear, whatever, whatever it is, it's going to break. Um, and yeah. the drinking glasses are all made of glass. They're not made of stainless steel. So like you can't just shove them in something and expect it to get, from point A to point B without shattering. So I'm like, fuck it. It sucks. It's yeah. all the way down. Ooh. Is that Sorry. Ursula? Lunch. Yeah. Ursula and lunch. So thank you. Um, I, yes, we, we could, uh, we could pause, take a break so I can okay. have my sandwiches. Yes. And, uh, and then we can, we can talk more about uh, packing and what's next on the list here. Uh, we've talked about garbage bags and bubble wrap. So when we come back, uh, which no one else will notice. Um, we can talk about <laughs> tape and markers, which is huge. Yes, this is all very so, exciting yes. stuff. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. We're we're back. Uh, we've we've both eaten. Yes. It's good. <laughs> Let's <know>. <laughs> Yeah. I I don't have to. You know my um my blood sugar seems to be uh going back up, which is important. So um or holding oh, steady. Final thing about the boxes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Facebook marketplace is actually pretty good to find boxes at, like especially really? in an urban area because people are moving constantly. So it's like, people are like, Oh, I just finished moving. 
I have this stack of boxes that I'm not doing anything with. Come get them. I'm not even selling them. Take them. Um, And again, like if you start your boxes search about three weeks before it's time for move out, um, you'll have plenty of time to find all the boxes that you'll need. Um, Anything that you're running short of, unfortunately, you'll have to buy. um, But it's still going to be less hateful than like last minute going to the U-Haul store and buying all your boxes there, which is going to be yeah. supremely expensive. U-Haul store is meant to make up for any gaps that you have in your supplies, not yeah, to yeah. replace your shopping of supplies. Yeah. And I mean, uh, like, I don't know about you. Mm. It may be an us problem uh, because we live in the middle of nowhere. Amazon prime and uh-huh. chewy are lifelines. Yes. Um, and every week, I am taking I don't know how many collapsed whatever boxes of so many different sizes <clears throat> from just the regular influx of Amazon deliveries. Right. Um, which, again, privilege, big privilege thing. I yeah. understand that. Not everyone can afford Prime and just be like, yes, on Wednesdays and Fridays, our stuff is coming. <laughs> but if you if you have a friend... Right. You know, or if you are in that position, like you are going to end up with leftover boxes and they're Correct. doing things to reduce the ecological impact. But like, I'm just glad our local, uh, you know, we have to take it to an actual like, like recycle bin, recycle, recycling. Yeah, but it's not like um, you put it in a bin. It's it's a county. It's it's county run. Right. So it's it's part of the county landfill and waste management system. But yeah, I mean. You know, all our glass bottles, all of our, all of our cardboard, all of our cans, all of that stuff goes there. And, you know, I, you know, you need boxes. I probably have some or will have some in the near future. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not uncommon anymore. Yeah. And the same thing at work is like, um, I work in an office where it's like a shared workspace and I have my own private office, but there's like a bunch of people there. Yeah. I can tell you like every day boxes galore are getting thrown out because it's like people, um, even in the bigger cities, we tend to order everything on Amazon because we're too fucking lazy to go to the store Yeah, <laughs> or, or, you know, even that regular, like that regular office depot delivery, mm-hmm. you know, we have to get you, paper, you don't right? buy a single ream of paper, you buy a box. And oh, and now what do you do with the box? You, you know, I constantly boxes that used to hold paper in them are either being reused as filing cabinets or, right. you know, they're going out. <clears throat> and so. Um, Facebook marketplace is really great. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask your neighbors, like look out on recycling day, see if anything's like stacked out there. Um, I've had um, good luck with the local McDonald's. Um, Mm -hmm. They they have like a ton of boxes that they're just trying to get rid of. Um, Again, Uh, ask nicely, be polite, be friendly. Um, Hey, I'd like a Big Mac and uh, can I get a box? You know, because I'm moving. And if you have any extra boxes, I'll be happy to take them off. And I used to get, or I used to be able to get like when plastic milk crates yes. go out of service. Cause you know, I mean, they replace them regularly correct, and they end up with at the grocery store, right. not going back or whatever, you know, um, if you can get like, yeah, they're still solid. They're still sturdy. They're just not uh milk carton 
milk ready milk right. transportation quality mm-hmm. yeah no or the plastic there there were ones used to they used to ship uh the two liters in these big plastic cases but because it was a uh you know ship to store no one's collecting those was collecting those from the store you right. could get those they a little weird shape but they held things just fine mm-hmm. and and they'll get you stuff from point a to point b and that's really yeah. all you need to do um yeah. the the other thing about the boxes is like part two of why I said have every size is because we also have to look at someone's physical abilities. Not everyone is going to have the physical strength or the body size to be able to handle a big, bulky, unwieldy container. There are going to be people in your moving party um, where they are smaller and they cannot lift big, bulky, heavy things. So like you want, you still need that small shit out of your house. It still needs to yes. get out of there. There's no reason why everything has to go into standard big ass boxes when y- you can put stuff in smaller boxes and then the person can make multiple trips of those smaller boxes. Yeah. Um, it- it's, it's just, you want to keep like all these things in mind um, where, where get the different sizes, get the different weights. Um, if you are indeed going to be trying to pack heavy shit into a box to move uh, like your printer, um, your, uh, <laughs> your, you know, like, I mean, how many people have a printer anymore, Kevin, but you know what I mean? Like heavy shit that you don't necessarily yeah. want to shove in the back seat of your car. Um, especially if you're doing a longer distance move and you need to take it in a truck. Um, these are all things that you want to have like the heavier duty boxes for. They have um, single ply boxes, which are like your Amazon boxes, your yeah, uh, yeah. bankers boxes, you know, pizza boxes, whatever. Um, and then they have like heavier boxes uh, that are double ply and triple ply for things that are heavier and a little bit more fragile. Um, if they fall <laughs> out of the box, like if the bottom drops out of your box you're gonna have problems um you know so like uh at at the u-haul store they sell boxes that will fit your tv of various sizes yes um at at the at the home depot um they sell boxes of various sizes that uh and shapes and whatever um whatever way shape or form that you go to get your boxes get your shit to get point a to point b um and 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 bear in mind like i said you're going to need way more than you think you will yeah Um, yeah. a good exercise to help you understand quite how many boxes you're going to need um is to wrap up a room uh that has stuff that is not being used daily so like if you're um one of those folks who likes to keep like backup canned food or dry goods or whatever oh yeah that you're just having like if in case we have a snow emergency or a hurricane or something and i want to be able to depend on my pantry to like feed myself yeah um, you don't necessarily need to hit up your pantry long-term storage for day-to-day use you still do need to have it packed up and ready to go so like if you want to give yourself a good idea as to quite how many boxes you're really gonna need Take like measurements of how many feet by how many feet the storage cabinet is that has all your shit in it and start packing it into boxes and start realizing, oh, so a shelf of this size takes up four boxes, not one like I thought it would. 
Um, the same thing goes for like, um, if you do have movers who come in and tell you like an estimate, um, they are giving you their best guess. Um, yes, they have experience, but not necessarily, you know what I mean? Because I mean, they, they, they do it a lot. So they have, so they, they, they're reasonably good estimates, but you're going to want to add more just in case. You want buffer. Yeah. Um, because yeah. the time to find out that you need more boxes is not when the truck is due back at the U-Haul store in two hours um, right. and only a third of your house is packed up. You want to find that shit out long before that happens. Um, and uh, speaking from experience, that is. Um, yeah. So like... It's a good exercise to start like packing up shit that you don't need into boxes. Take the measurement of that particular storage thing, your chest of drawers, your closet, your, yeah, um, yeah. your, your whatever it is and start packing the stuff away and then realize, okay, so if I have four boxes for this one shelf in the, in the pantry, I have roughly the same size shelves when I go into my kitchen. So I have about like 10, 12 shelves in there. I'm probably going to need like 30 boxes to make this magic happen. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that uh, one of Ursula's skills is she can pack things, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can load the car, yes. but if, but if, if things need to go into, like if I say we're going to move on X date, mm-hmm. she will start packing, you know, even if it's two months away, she will start packing now. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so and you want to do that anyway because that way you've got the buffer mm-hmm. to you know okay i've run out of boxes i need more boxes or Correct. you know or if you've like in your case you may not need as many boxes because one of the advan- advantages with that overlap extremely privileged position is you could actually take Renew. a box over unload it and bring the empty box back correct right? you do not always have that luxury you don't um, and many um, of us don't yeah and and and, and- Honestly, even if you do, it's a pain in the ass to do. Trust me, I, right. I've done it. Um, yeah. It's better to have everything put away, out of sight, yep. out of mind, when it's time to get it out of there, than to have to make multiple trips with the same boxes. That's I, I can guarantee you that's going to drive you bonkers. Yeah. Um, and, and so the reason that I'm saying, like, try that exercise of packing away a certain storage unit into a box now um long long before the move happens is that because then it gives you a much more realistic understanding of how much storage shit you need to get from point a to point b second thing do not think that you're going to take your full chest of drawers with all the shit in there and then take that to the moving van you're going to kill yourself it's you're going to damage your back yeah Oh, but I'll put it on the dolly. Yeah, but you still have to get it on the dolly, onto the truck, off the truck, right. to the dolly, and then into your house. Yeah, you, you want so like don't set yourself up for disappointment and and pain and failure. You know, long before you started, because you're like, well, I want to save on having a couple of boxes. Well, you're it's going to take it out of your back. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I will admit to being guilty of. <clears throat> Taking the drawers out, yeah, loading the drawers up, uh-huh. and then putting them back in when you're there. Put well, or putting them back in while it's on the truck, right? Just right, right, to right. save in packing space, sure. and then taking the drawers back out, or having a stack of drawers with stuff in it, and then using the inside of the chest of drawers or vanity or whatever 
to hold other things. Like bulky light things. Yeah, bulky light things that can fit in the drawer spots, but would otherwise just, you know, be taking up extra space that I don't necessarily need. But that's not the same as trying to lift that fully loaded. Oh, hell no. From point A to point B. No. Um, That's asking for trouble. um, And it's just not worth the aggravation of saving like a couple of boxes. Fucking spend on the couple of boxes. It's it's Waste really it's fine. It you know it's like saying I'm just going to move the bed frame and not take it apart. No, take right. that fucking thing apart. Take it apart. Yeah, take it apart. Like bed frames are made to come apart. At least That's ours is. Point. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know don't don't try to move that heavy thing in one big piece. No. This. It's literally like uh, okay. Um, uh, Ursula's mom has a table that is made from you know like hardwood mm-hmm. and it is a slab of wood and it does not come apart and it, I think it might have been built in place in like the house it's in like that's a specialty thing and is that one of them like reclaimed wood, wood fuckers that is like like big heavy chunky slab yeah. of wood yeah 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 but like since they're since that that sort of thing may have to stay with the house you may have to live with that that thing um, lives here now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh in in Ursula's mom's case, Ursula's um brother is taking the house. Mm-hmm. And so it stays in the family. Um but if they move, then at that point it's it's her brother's problem, not <laughs> hers. So you know. Um Jeremy's problem, not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is yeah. It's not our problem to move, which is the important thing. Right, that's um, it. As long as it's not your problem, yeah. that's fine. And if there's uh, and and let's be honest, if there's anything that doesn't need to be your problem to move, uh, I got a lot of goodwill right. out of my landlord in Queens because we said, "Here is a window air conditioning unit." Correct. That we're not going to need. Take it. Right. Or uh, not the landlord, the super. Right. The super, the super suddenly was like, you know, we, we got a lot more leeway yeah, with moving logistics because I, you know, here is something that is hard to get a hold of in the city during a heat wave. Ask me how I know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, but I am giving you, you know, a 300, $400 window unit for correct. Free, correct. You know? Just because I can't take it, I don't need it, and I'm not. I don't want to take it with me, you know. Um, uh, was that we when you behind were in South Carolina, or you were still staying in New York? That's when we were coming back to North Carolina. Yeah, where you have um, Yeah, generally, and we we had gone through. We had tried to get through the heat wave of '95 without when it was like '99, 100 degrees. On the daily, and then our the power in the building was going out every day like at the exact same outs? time. Mm-hmm. No, not brownouts. Um, older building, um, big old old school fuse blow. Oh God! Right, so okay. you have to wait for the fuse juncture to cool down before you can even remove it and replace it. Right. And like it was all happening at roughly the same time every night. So it was like right around the time everybody was cooking dinner, like right around 7 p.m. It would go bang. No lights, no air movement. You know, and then it would be like two hours later. Um, But if you had the window unit on during the day while you're at work, it cooled down. It cooled the place down. It kept it cool. And so when it went boom, 
and the power went out, it was fine. Right, 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 right. right? But you know, it was murder. It was we we're for like we're from the south. We can do this. Um, forgetting that you know, uh, like a night or two, yeah, it's fine. Um, by about the second week, and you, the city in the summer in ninety degrees no. when the humidity is like you take a shower in the morning, you get to the office, you have to take another shower, you come home from the office, you have to take another shower, kind of thing. Yeah, no. Well, and Kev, no. it's it's the what people don't realize about cities is that the that mass of concrete holds. The oh heat. yeah, it traps it. And then it throws it back out during the night um, when the sun's not beating down on it. So it's like it's been slowly collecting all this heat that the sun's been beating down on them all day. And then yep. at night, and and of course the 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 roads are all blacktop, so it's like that's really absorbing the heat. Um, and and you have these buildings. Um, if you've ever seen a movie set in New York City, uh, you can tell how accurate it is. Um, if the car chase scene. Um, there's no alleyways for them to hide in. There right. are no alleyways in New York. No. Because the buildings are literally built right next to each other. You could not slip a knife between the two buildings, much less a whole ass alleyway. That's not happening. So like eh, you get down you get down in Soho where our office was huh? and you know like sometimes down in the down towards uh, uh Wall Street maybe, but not no, not in, no. not in you, Midtown. You don't have alleyways that you can drive through. That's not happening. You right. might have an alleyway where the super can take the trash out. That's about as much as you're getting. Um, yeah, yeah. But you're not having people ducking into blind alleyways that are like, uh, it's not a thing in New York City. So when the buildings are almost on top of each other, and some in some cases they are, they're oh, yeah. all absorbing the heat and they're, and they're really like just throwing the heat back up into the atmosphere. So when it's hot um, and a lot of times... Uh, the kids uh, will open up the fire hydrants when it's that hot because oh yeah, have AC and they're like, I need to cool down in some way, shape, or form. The fire hydrant then drains out all the water from that neighborhood because that's what a fire hydrant is designed to do. Is like if you have a fire, yep, we'll pull all the water from all that neighborhood. Um, and in New York, you have those water tanks that sit on top of the buildings. Um, from whence you get your water. So like that has to fill back oh, yeah. up before you're getting more water. So like all the tanks empty at the same time into the fire hydrant right out onto the road. So now you have no power and you have no water. So it's like, you better have taken that shower the second yep. you walk in the door. Cause once that brownout hits and the, and the water is gone. Oh yeah. It's like a desert. You're done. Yeah. Ask me how um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but the whole the whole point is that with some if there are things you're not going to take with you and they will make a difference to someone in the building or yeah you know very close uh, especially your super right. um it you know it's not harmful to share and to give them away and one of my moving principles is if i don't have to move it i won't right you know, if I don't have to pack into a box, if I know I can, it is something that, you know, like perishable foods, I do not take, like, I know people who will pack up their entire refrigerator into coolers and move it to the other place. And I'm like, fuck you. No. That's going in the trash. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, when you're planning around it, also plan around the idea that if you don't have to move it, don't move it. Right. You know, 
It feels very tempting to, but you know, trash Bryn is your friend. Well, and also, um, uh, to be honest, I think we'll talk about it. I think I'm going to mention it later, but like, if you're in the process of moving, this is not the time to do a grocery run. You're eating takeout. Yeah for that week or so that it takes you to get your shit out of there. And you're eating takeout on disposable plates with plastic forks. I know it's not exactly environmentally friendly, but quite frankly, you don't want to be running your dishes the day of moving. Like just take that idea out of your head that you're going to be cooking and doing grocery shopping and all those other stuff. It's, it's going to be fast food, pizza, Chinese, like for the next week or so. And you're going to be eating it off of shitty paper plates. So like you really shouldn't have that many groceries in the fridge and freezer to yeah. begin with, that should have been used up by now. Um, this is yeah, like, but but that's 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 um, yeah. or just, or use your use your you know lean cuisine is your friend lean. at that point. <laughs> Pizza bagel bites are your friend. Like figure it yeah, out. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, now you have you don't have to take long, it, give it away. Yeah, you have a long thing here on tape. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> Like, uh, that is the follow-on to boxes tape, <laughs> right? Um, so usually um, the uh, regular, like, I actually have it. Let me see if I can get it for you guys. I, I when I made the list and I was searching for the tape, um, I actually yeah, saw yeah. It on sale on Amazon. So I was like, well, I'm gonna have to move eventually anyway. Let me just buy a pack. So I did. Yeah. Um, let me get. It. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I was uh, shipping a thing back that was prepaid. Yeah, the Scotch shipping tape. Yeah, I just bought a roll to leave in the truck for when we're when we have to do like a mail run or something, um, because you know you never know if the FedEx place is going to be low or if you know the FedEx drop point, which is run by a third party, is going to charge you extra for taping your box. Sometimes they do. Yeah, so I'm just like, yeah, no, that's ex- I just bought a roll of that. It lives in the truck now. Yeah, and and and, and the same situation is like um, I, I have faced with um, uh, UPS uh, or or the post office. Sometimes they're just like, I don't have any tape for you. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. you. You should tape this yeah. up before you got here. Um, the reason that I say get that Scotch shipping tape is because like it's relatively inexpensive but it's mm-hmm. also very strong so like oh, yeah. it's going to keep your boxes shut when you want them to stay shut um you don't necessarily need it to be um there's a brand uh called Gorilla um, yeah where they do a heavy duty tape that is like legit heavy duty that that tape is is some dangerous stuff like it it's really really like thick 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 tape paper yeah. Um, and I use that for like when I really need to secure something down um, that I'm mailing that's going to be a disaster if the box opens. But for moving, um, the, the the scotch shipping tape is more than enough. If you yeah. are um, getting um, uh, boxes that you're you're going to either sell or give away or reuse or whatever... Um, what, what Nico's sister did was that rather than writing on the physical boxes itself, she bought painter's tape, um, and they sell painter's tape in various colors. They have the blue, they have the whites, they have the whatever. It doesn't have to be painter's tape. It can be like regular white masking tape that does the stuff too. Um, 
and and just right on there and then just slap the labels onto the boxes on all the sides um because yeah. in my opinion when you're labeling a box you want to label it on more than one side you want to label it oh yeah the long side the short side and the top so that regardless of where that thing ends up you can still figure out what that is Yep. Um, so, uh, masking tape is really good to have on hand. The, the regular shipping tape is good to have on hand. My, um, calculations have usually been for every like 15, 20 boxes or so that you're packing. Uh, you want to have one roll of that, uh, shipping tape. Um, yeah. and at the absolute minimum, you want to have one roll of shipping tape per person who's helping you move. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> I do want to say for, for labeling, you're going to go in with that masking tape or, you know, when we get to markers, we'll talk about markers. But when you're labeling those boxes, you are going to start with all the best intentions. And at the end, you no. at the end, you're just going to be putting labels or writing on that box shit and more shit (laughs) and other shit and office shit. And, you know, like, correct, uh, you know. Just, just accept that now. Um, yeah, it starts off with the um, uh, plates, cups, spoons, napkins, whatever, and then it yeah. becomes kitchen crap. <laughs> yes, Dog absolutely. Crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all fine as long as you roughly know what it is that's in that box. That's all that really right. matters. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to the labeling in a second. Um, the other thing is is that if you need to strap things down, um, like. Um, so I used to have an Ikea bed where um, it was like a memory foam mattress and then yep. it was like a wooden frame and it had these wooden slats that the mm-hmm. mattress would rest on top of. And the thing is, is like the frame came apart into pieces. Um, the mattress was the mattress. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. But the slats could easily be rolled up into a fairly tight little roll so that it's not taking up space and falling apart and being messy. Um so you want something to keep that in the roll shape that it's in. Um, if you have like uh, those old school futons, not the um, futon sofa beds, but like the real school yeah. futons where you can kind of roll them up. If you strap mm-hmm. them down with tape, they stay in that nice tight little roll. Whereas if you try to do it with string or um, twine or rope or something else like that, it tends to get a little awkward. It doesn't stay as tight. Um, yep. So in my experience, if you're trying to strap something down, get gaffer's tape, not duct yes. tape. The issue yep. with duct tape is that everybody says duct tape is great for everything. Duct tape is garbage and I hate it and it's, and it's shit. Um, the issue with duct tape is that it leaves a residue on anything that you put it on. So like if you're trying to um, secure something, you need it to be strong enough to stay together but when you take it off, you don't want the glue to remain behind on your stuff. Yeah. And and honestly, duct tape was designed specifically to hold duct work together. That's it. Which is, yeah, which is why, you know, like you see the Mythbusters things about using it to patch a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is not designed to hold water. No. Like that glue is no good for water. Now, a good gaff tape, a good... Um, or like marine tape. tape. Yes, they have them. Yeah, or yeah, and or um, I mean, I was holding the boots that got me through Tibet. The zipper was not always did not always catch, and so I would if I when I got the the zipper to catch, 
I would then put a layer of gaff tape over it yeah. or AKA repair tape. And it would last me, you know, two or three days. Um, which was enough, which was enough. Um, and you know, those boots and that tape is what kept me from, you know, losing, I'm pretty sure a foot to frostbite the one time versus but, to diabetes. Mm, well, <laughs> it, you know, you slip and you go ankle deep in Correct. snow melt in the Himalayas. Correct. It's yeah, no, it's not, Potentially not pretty. <laughs> Nearest but the gaff tape and the like, boots. Uh, you know, a thousand miles down the mountain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, not a thousand miles down the mountain. Um, a thousand miles up and over the mountain. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, because you have to go. You have to go over another set of mountains right, to of get. Course. You know, because the Himalayas huge range. There's a whole bunch. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. you're. You know, you're in a plateau, which is the a valley surrounded by mountains. And then the town is on the other side of, yeah, no, it's, it's, and it's hateful. No. So like, it's, um, yeah, but yeah, gaff tape is amazing. I love that. Have you ever seen, um, uh, what do you call, uh, the behind the scenes of like a theater production of some sort, that that block tape that they use to keep, Mm -hmm. um, the audio wires and everything down taped down to the ground so that they don't like go all over the place. That's gaffers tape. And, um, like, any anyone who does any kind of theater production or or Broadway or anything, they will tell you like that gaffer's tape is a lifesaver. It is worth its weight in gold. You use it for everything, um, and it does not leave the residue. But nope. because the um, the backing of gaffer's tape is cloth, it is very very strong and very very sturdy in keeping things. Oh together. yeah. So like if you're strapping down um, your futon, your 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 slats from your bed so that they stay in the nice tight little roll. Um, your, your comforters. The other thing is, is like <clears throat> a lot of times your comforters, your quilts, your, your pillows, um, these big floofy things are not heavy. They're just bulky. And so if you want to have them take up less space, you kind of strap them all together. Um, use the gaffer's tape and it will stay together. Yeah. So like your, your comforter now doesn't have to go into a box. It can just, you can make like a stupid little handle with the tape and just keep them all like tightly rolled together with some, yeah. your pillows and whatever else. Um, it, but, but like use the right tape for the right job. That's why Kevin. Yeah. Who- yeah on tape and he's like there's a fucking dissertation on tape here yeah no but I, I i understand that completely i mean like yeah the gorilla tape is great if i want something that's going to be stuck there and generally not move correct um gaffer's tape will not hold up to a board sergi but correct. double-sided uh gorilla tape the the gorilla tape double-sided mm-hmm. like that's how i fix things i don't want moved to my desk Right, 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 right. Because otherwise the cat comes up and is just like, nope, this doesn't belong here. He is very mad at me for doing that to my stream deck, right? He can't throw my stream deck around because the the frame case is now gorilla taped to my desk and it does not move. I mean, you also have a cat who tried to throw knives at people, so like... (laughs) Yeah, no, it it may be a special case with Siri. I'll admit, I'll admit. But but the whole idea is, you know, if I need something to stay closed for a long distance, right? If I need to ship something, I'm going to use the shipping and packing tape. If I'm moving, I'm probably going to use a lot of the shipping and packing tape for boxes and maybe for keeping the totes closed if they're a little overloaded because they get overloaded. Yes, actually. You know? Yeah, Kevin, you're yeah. kind of right about that. I had you know, to use the tape to keep them closed. Yeah, like I, I have one of those totes. I keep all of the dog food in. Right. But 
because of where it sits, stuff gets sat on top of it on the regular eventually, the lid cracked. Well, I used gaffer's tape on both sides of that lid to repair it, and it's been just <laughs> fine, right? Um, so, you know, and uh, if I'm doing something that needs something heat resistant, like we have, there are specialty tapes that we used for like sealing the vent, the, the joints mm-hmm. on the chimney in the yurt. So the okay. smoke doesn't leak out, right? You don't need that tape for, right. <laughs> for your moving. Right, right, um, right. But, you know, uh, you know, so, so keep in mind to use, have, don't think that you can buy just one roll of tape and it will work. Um, it'll get and, you pretty yeah. far. Um, yes. but I, here's a couple of things I can almost guarantee you are going to happen. You're going to lose the roll of tape. Yes. At least 15 times, uh, in the first oh, yeah. Half. So, like, if you have several rolls of tape, that's why I said get one roll of tape per person who's helping you because everyone misplaces it. Frequently, they misplace it in their hand while they're looking for it. This has happened oh, so yeah. many times. I can tell you I've watched this happen. No, sweetie, it's in your hand. You're holding it. Oh, right. But, like, yeah, you'll, you'll tape up the box. You'll put the tape down somewhere. Take the box to the door. You come back to that same spot you were in three seconds ago, and that short-term memory of a goldfish kicks in, and you're like, where the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the spot that you went back to was not the spot that you were standing in, but somehow your brain thinks, yes, it was. I was here. No, you weren't here, because I've been standing here the whole time. You were over there. Uh, that's where you left your tape. So, like... Same thing with the masking tape. Same thing with any of these supplies that you're having that are disposable. Um, yeah. Be they the garbage bags, be they the tape, be they the uh, markers, whatever. You want to have multiples of these things. Um, this is one of the few times when I'm, you know, saying like lean into the hoarder tendencies because you will need it. Um, because it's like right. you're you're going to misplace it so many times. And the way I see it, Kevin, this is much like um, when we talked about preparing for a large meal right um right a lot of times the thanksgiving meal is the largest meal that someone's going to cook in a year same thing a lot of times moving you're not doing it frequently a lot of times when you're moving this is the one time that you're doing it over the course of several years ideally um so like ideally (laughs) ideally like hope knock on wood that it only happens once every several years right it's not something that you do often enough that you have habits that you have systems that you have these kinds of things built in so what you want to do is you want to set yourself up for as much success as you can um and you want to mitigate the failures in such a way that it's not going to be catastrophic or super stressful or um dangerous um it's it's if you if you run out of tape uh, midway through your thing and you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to do that box foldy thing where I alternate the flaps of the box and hope oh, that God. it goes down. Um, that's when the box fails and then falls on your foot. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And you never put that. You never do that with the bottom. Absolutely no, never do that with the bottom. Happen, and that's yeah, why I'm like. Yeah. But because they were like, they were short of tape for literally two boxes. Um, but the last thing that was left was um, like a heavy, stupid thing that had to go in there. It wasn't breakable. It was just heavy and stupid. Um, right. 
they, they were literally short two boxes and then he dropped it on his foot on the way out the door. And it's like, well, now you're out of commission. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's why I, I'm like repeating myself a few times where it's like, get extra, get um, the tool that's appropriate to the job, get more than you think you need. Because it's like when you, much like in the kitchen, when you don't have the tools that you need for the job, when you don't have the space to do what you need to do, when you don't have um, the time and, and the, the help and the rest of it that you need, that's when you start making dangerous mistakes. That's when you start making mistakes that'll get you hurt or is going to stress you out to the nth degree. And and like I said, nobody enjoys moving. It's not something that you look forward to. Right. Um, you look forward to it ending. You look forward to oh, what happened yeah. finish of that move. Like I um, never thought that I would find someone that I love as much as my boyfriend. I, I never thought that I would find love again after the divorce. I thought that I'm happy being single. I like having my own space. Um, I like living in my own space, not being answerable to anybody else. When I get home, I shut the door. It's quiet. It's my own space. Um, right. But then over time, I, I start realizing, like, every time my boyfriend has to go home, I feel really sad. Um, and he says the same thing. He's like, I, I, I hate having to leave because then it means that I'm not with you. And I know I'm coming back in a couple of days or whatever, but, like, it just sucks that I have to leave and, and that I can't just be here with you. So it's like, I never thought that would happen, but life has a way of surprising you. And here I am. And now I'm in the fucking yeah. moving train again. Um, so, like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm looking forward to the move happening. Um, it's it's a good thing. It means that I'm uh, moving in with basically the man of my dreams. I'm very happy with him. It, but it is a stressful thing. So stressful, yeah. Because essentially, um, the way I see it is like your home is your safe space away from the rest of the world. You have yep. it, whether you're a hoarder, whether you're a minimalist, whatever it is that you are, you have your home set up the way that is comfortable for you. Um, so when you come into your space and it's comfortable and it's, and it's, and it's what you need it to be, um, things are set up in such a way that it's right for you. Disrupting that means that your safe space oh. is no longer safe anymore. Um, and you have to, and you, you have, you end up, you're, you're rebuilding your safe space, basically. You're rebuilding. And, and the other issue is, is that you have strangers in your safe space there. Mm-hmm. Especially um, if you have disabilities, especially if you have limited mobility, yep. especially if you're elderly, especially if you're not able to do for yourself to that extent, you have strangers coming into your safe space, touching your things and looking at like sometimes the most vulnerable parts of yourself. Um, and <laughs> that feels violating. It's, it's, it's it's traumatic oh yeah and i think the sooner that we genuinely address that as an issue with with the moving process and and acknowledge it and and give it the space um i i've spent a lot of time like over the years coming to grips with the fact that uh and we've talked about this before kevin that yeah, yeah, yeah. men were taught not to sit in our emotions that we either uh drown it out with anger or yep we drown it out with alcohol or drugs or something else to numb the pain or we physically and mentally shut down so that we can be in denial of the pain um and and a lot of 
the addictions, a lot of the rageahol, a lot of those yeah. other things you can trace back to denying that those emotions exist and not letting yourself have the space to sit in that emotion and feel that thing that really sucks to feel. Um, when, when I realized um, the, the whole trauma thing about moving and like you have strangers in your space and you have like, regardless of how much privilege you have, there's going to come a point where there are people who have no business seeing those parts of yourself and those things right. you have and they're seeing them. And I'm not talking about something as silly as like, Oh, they saw, you know, um, the dildo that you keep in your nightstand um, or like right. you know, the sexy lingerie or something like that. But they're seeing things like um, uh, in the back of your pantry, um, there's a can of food from like the Nixon administration that you forgot was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the underwear that you thought um, was still in good condition has holes all in it and uh, you haven't had a chance to buy new ones yet. Um, your, your, your laundry that should have been reasonably done is actually quite gross looking because it's like you, it's still clean, but it's stained because you've been wearing it so many times that it like looks discolored, but it's still fine. And so like they're seeing you at your nakedest, at your most stripped down. Yeah. You're seeing parts of yourself that you don't share with anybody else. And that is a traumatic experience. And so like, if we acknowledge that it is a traumatic experience and understand it and, and let ourselves have that emotion, um, it's not going to get rid of those feelings. It's not going to make them go away, but at least you have a chance to address it. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, that's, it's, it's, Part of the moving process is, and I, I know there are there are people who just do not move. Yeah, right, because they would have to mm -hmm. address that. Like, right. I I want there's there's even I, I I want to say there's even a whole thing, um, uh, one of the best I guess discussions I've seen in a fiction novel, and it isn't so much a discussion but as a, a breakdown and an illustration is. Um, are you familiar with Grady Hendrix? Mm -mm. Um, Grady Hendrix writes amazing horror. Um, I really enjoy it. Why? Um, uh, but his most recent, uh, last year's book was um, uh, the Final Girl Support Group, and one that of sounds awesome. Yes, just the title the lead... sounds awesome. Yeah, no, uh, it's right up there. In, in my opinion, it is as good as his previous book, which was a bestseller, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the Southern book club guide to slaying vampires oh my god okay right these these books are amazing but the lead character in uh final girl support group is incredibly damaged right is never going to move because she has built literally a safe space mm -hmm. a, a a secure space and part of the whole thing is adjusting to either not being as safe anymore or having to create new safe space Mm -hmm. Right. And that we're all going through that, maybe not to the extreme that say a yeah. survival, uh, you know, a survival of what would be normally a slasher horror movie. Correct. Has to deal with. But, you know, we we are all going through that when moving because it is a major disruption to Correct. our routines, our ideas of what is and isn't our space. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And the um, same also. Yeah. Go read Grady Hendrix. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Final Girl Support Group sounds like a really good title. Like, yes. uh, uh, 
what was it? The wizard's guide to defensive baking. Yes. I just saw the title. I knew I had to have it. It was like that. That sounds like right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean the, the Southern ladies guide, I think it's Southern Southern ladies book or the Southern book club guide to slaying vampires. Also amazing title, but an amazing book. Uh huh. Um, yeah, no. Um, it, the but, titles, so it, but yeah. It, in a similar way, it's the same as when you have a move because you're going through a divorce. You're, uh, you have a move because you're merging two households. Uh, yeah. You have a move because uh, you can't afford the space that you're in, so you need to downgrade. Or you're moving because the space that you're in no longer fits your needs and you need something bigger. And so, like, a lot of it is acknowledging um, the current situation that you have and then making space yes. in your mind and your heart for the new situation that you're going to have. And so like, it's the actual reason for the move is not always marked by trauma, but the move itself is traumatic. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. For exactly. like the best reasons. Um, and, and so when, when I was um, telling uh, Nico's mom, um, you know, Hey, we uh, put in the application for that apartment. Uh, we fell in love with it. I think it's the right place for us. Um, I have made it a point to make sure that the people that I love, uh, know how I'm doing mentally so that mm -hmm. they see, I like to model the behavior that I want to see in the world. So if right. I feel like men need to have genuine discussions about their emotions and, and make them, um, uh, known to the people that they love, then I need to do that myself. And so I'm very careful to make sure that the people that I love have an idea of how I'm feeling, what's going on in my head. So like, if I'm excited about something, and there's a lot about what you talk about on the show with celebrating your successes, when, when I'm happy about right. something, uh, my loved ones are the first ones to know, hey, I really crushed it at work today. Hey, um, I finished that project that has been looming over my head for the past three weeks, and now it's finally off my plate, and I don't have to worry about it anymore, and I feel great. Um, hey, I made this new recipe, and it came out wonderful. Uh, Want to share it with you guys. But in the meantime, yeah. I also want to share those darker parts of myself where it's like, I am very excited about this move, but I'm also shit scared of, you know, um, of doing it because I know that between the heat and the stress and the rest of it, I'm probably going to turn into a raging bitch. And I know that it's yeah. coming down the pipe and anybody who knows me in, in any capacity knows that I'm generally, a pretty easygoing guy. Um, it takes a lot to ruffle my feathers. I am extremely patient with people. Um, I'm very laid back. I'm very friendly. I'm very kind. Um, I don't like to be mean. Um, so like, if I know that I'm going to turn into a bitch at a certain set of circumstances, right? Just giving everyone a heads up call me out on it when it happens so that I check myself. So I don't continue the bad behavior. Right. I don't want to do that. Um, and so check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of times when it's like 90 some odd degrees outside, your brain is physically fried and you're stressed out because like um, this should have gone the way that you had planned on it going and that you had oh, written yeah. for it and you had executed them to the best of your abilities. But the reality is, is like things never go according to plan. You run out midway through shit happens. Um, yeah. That's why I'm giving myself a month, but I'm like, I know 
that this is coming down the pipes um, and I'm probably going to turn into a giant bitch. And so just please call me out on it. It's not your job to help talk me off the ledge. That's my own job. I can handle that on my own. Just call me out if I become one so that I know not to keep going down this road that's going to be destructive to our relationship. But also sharing my fears about like, I'm scared of, you know, this huge change that's coming up in my life that I don't know if I'm fully prepared for, because I thought right. probably not going to happen until the fall. And we went and looked <laughs> at the apartment for funsies thinking like, oh, you know, we'll get an idea as to like what the market is out there. And then once we find something that's nice, um, we'll try to narrow it down to like the perfect one. And then we'll go in first fucking place we see we love. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, that's how it happens, right? That's, it, it never, it never works out the way we want to. No. Uh, or, or, you know, or as, as, um, uh, I suppose the one adage, uh, man plans, God laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Man proposes, Something. God proposes. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, no, just, we just accept that these things are, I just accept sure. at this point that no matter how much I plan, this is where I'm going to end up. This is where it's um, happening. And, and the thing yeah. is, is like this apartment had no right to be as charming and, and nice and like beautiful and affordable as it is. And it had fucking parking in Jersey City and the parking is not I, I know. That's a miracle in and of itself. Impossible to fucking find. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, I'd be an idiot not to jump on this, but I'm like, well, we should still look at the apart- the other apartments that we had the, the appointments for. Um, I don't want to be a jerk and cancel. I, I'd still like to see, you know, and make sure. But like every right. apartment that we look at, I'm still thinking of that first one. Like, but it's not, it's not that one. It's not that one. Yep. And that's when we realize, like, okay, you know what? Just given, um, I texted the real estate agent at 10 o'clock on a Friday. Homeboy had the application off to me in five minutes after that. He's like, please fill this out. Have it done for me. We filled it out that night. Um, the next day he was like, here's the final application forms to um, get your uh, background check and your approvals done. Uh, please fill that out. That was done. This morning I got a text from him. You've been approved by that situation. Now I just need to get the landlord signed off. Like, I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you are extremely organized with regards to your paperwork. Um, yeah. So what I did when I got my paws on my ID, uh, whatever that ID is, is that the iPhone has the option in the notes app where you can take a picture of something and keep it as like a document yep. in there. Um, and it treats it as a PDF, but it crops it to the exact space that you have it. So like I have my vaccine card, um, my passport, um, my passport card and my ID card all on my notes app so that when the uh, real estate agent is like, hey, I need to see your last four pay stubs, um, your identification, this, 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 this and this. I had all that paperwork at the ready waiting to send off to him. These fucking rental applications, Kevin, are so intrusive with the questions oh. they ask you. Oh my God. I was like, do you want a stool sample at this point? Because like, you're asking some real personal questions. I, yeah, no, I mean, I, I even, my, my, you know, when I'm filling out the thing at the, the, uh, 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 I forget like whatever the, the form is for the thing. I'm like, do you need a, a, a sperm sample at the same time? Seriously. Um, on the other hand, um, uh, this is, this is the public by the time this airs, it will already be known. So this is good. But yeah, that's that's going to be a whole other problem uh, if anyone needs that, because we get that turned off in July. So 
Right. <laughs> as as I as I am fond of saying, and Ursula keeps going, don't say that. Don't say that. Um, we are we are air gapping the baby maker in Good. July. So yes. What? And I think it's an outburst. <laughs> what did she say? She said she's yelling. She's pointing and yelling and say, "What have I said?" So. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, my, it's, it was, I was going to do it as my 50th birthday present and then, oh, I don't know, pandemic. Right. So just, just a little delay. I mean, Um, thankfully it's an outpatient surgery and you've got a bag of peas and you're fine the next day. I I have specialty cold, reusable cold packs (laughs) so that, you know, I don't have to worry about mushy peas. (laughs) Wasting a bag (laughs) of peas. (laughs) I mean, come on, you know. Right. Um, okay, honey, this one's thawed. If you want to just throw it in the microwave, I'll uh, and hand me a fresh one. Um, <laughs> gotta get turned off. Um, so the, the right, <laughs> it, it just ended up working out this way where it's yeah, a lot sooner than we thought it was going to happen. But like, um, one of the um, things that I want to say for like anybody who's planning a big move is that any of these documents that um, are very important that you have access to passports, IDs, birth certificates, um, leases, anything, have a copy of it on your phone um, because shit happens. Things get lost. Um, uh, Trucks run into things and get crashed. And like, if you don't have your documents uh, with you, because like, not everyone has all their documents ready to hand. Sometimes it's sitting in a file cabinet that's in the back of the moving truck um, that's hurtling across the country trying to get from point A to point B. Um, if you don't have some kind of electronic backup of that document when you need it, you're pretty well fucked. It's, it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a close one a couple of times where it's like I'm doing like the Florida to New York move. Um, and everything that we own is basically in a couple of backpacks and two suit, four suitcases. Um, because it's such a small amount of stuff that we're taking, it's like if one thing gets lost, it's catastrophic. Um, yeah. But we can't stuff every single one of our important documents into our backpacks. It's not going to physically fit. So like, the college degree, the, you know, like these really, really important documents that I can't replace easily. Um, I just had pictures of them on my phone. Um, well, back then, uh, my phone didn't take pictures. Um, this is a yeah. while. Uh, but I had scanned copies of them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, before, before, you know, yeah, before we go on international trips, I literally put the, like, passport driver's license global entry card um all of my credit cards mm-hmm. right on the copier surface of my yes i still have a printer i have a multifuncture you know printer scanner fax thing uh-huh. but uh and cop obviously it's a copier because it's it's got a scanner sure. um i make basically a photocopy of everything and put it someplace safe in the house right um that way, if something bad happens, like, you know, that if I need to call and get a number, the house sitter, I can direct the house sitter to exactly where the that Correct. particular sheaf of papers is. Correct. If my phone dies, you know, whatever. Um, and then Apple's supposed to be adding, like, the ability to do driver's licenses and passports and all that sort of thing to iPhones. Um, um, oh, like to add it to your wallet? 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Add it to wallet and have it like digitally, like some state, at least one state's already rolling it out. So the physical document you still want, you want, you still want to have that, but you want that backup. You either want a digital backup on you or you want a physical photocopy somewhere. Somewhere. Um, It doesn't have to necessarily be on you, but like the reason that um, I mentioned the um, notes app, I'm sure Samsung uh, sorry, uh, Android phones have the same yeah. uh, situation. Like you can take a picture with your phone, regardless of what type of phone you have. And there should be some way that you can uh, pin it to, you know, quickly find it if you need it. Um, yeah. So like, if you look at the notes app on my phone, it, the pinned one is the one with my vaccine and my ID and everything else like that. Because in, um, in New York um, for a while during the pandemic, they were not letting you into venues if you didn't have proof of vaccination. And oh I- yeah. So Same like, here. Uh, we went to the fucking uh, Bronx Botanical Garden and they wanted a uh, proof of ID and vaccination and it's outdoors for yeah. shit's sake. So like, um, it, it was just easier for me to have in one place, but like any of these important documents that you have uh, up to and including the contract that you sign with the movers, if indeed you hire movers, have mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. Um, the lease agreement, all that, have it on your phone. There's no reason not to have it there. Um, because again, like you want to set yourself up for success. If, if you're in the middle of something stressful and you're just trying to deal with it, this is not the time that you should be figuring out like, Oh, where'd I put that thing? You should be able to just pull it up on your, on your phone. Um, and f- cause your phone is always on you. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and even if it's not on your phone, um, like, you know, I have something. Yeah, I have a I have a file folder in your bag. I have a bag that goes with me everywhere unless Correct. I make a conscious decision not to take it with me. And that bag, you know, like right now it has all the paperwork that Ursula and I need to sign to have the procedure in right. July. Right, 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 right. right. You know? Um so yeah, no, absolutely. The you know, uh, uh, keep 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 a backup of the important stuff for you and all of the all of the paperwork you're using for the move because if Correct. someone asks and you can't bring up that you know if someone says well here's an extra surcharge and you don't have that paperwork on there to say absolutely not that's not what then, this this is the document that I signed yeah exactly exactly then you're you know then you're fakakta and don't think people won't take it try to take advantage of you that way so to address that there are situations where at the last minute the mover will say um uh hey if you don't pay me an extra n number of dollars i'm not unloading the truck and i have your shit and it's being held hostage yes Um, in situations like that there's really nothing you can do but pay the fucker and sue them later yes yeah and i Um, hate to say it, but the reality of the situation is like, first and foremost, make sure that you read your contract very carefully and, and that you understand what the terms are of this whole mm-hmm. situation. Um, and see if there are sub clauses uh, where they are allowed to charge you extra surcharges because yeah. something is not as they expected it to be when they came out. So one of my friends was moving from uh, New York to Florida. The movers uh, came in and gave her a quote. When the truck came in on the moving day um the apartment complex had like a bunch of shit in the parking lot so they weren't easily able to maneuver the car the the moving van moving truck into such a place that would have been easy for them to get all her crap out of her house into the van 
So right. they had to kind of like maneuver it in a weird, it took them an extra like two, three hours to do because it was very, very awkward to get in there. Um, and they did charge her an extra surcharge for that because they were like, this is not what we signed up for when we came here. Uh, we'll still get you moved. That's fine because you said you do have to be out today. Um, but because our entrance is blocked and it took us an extra two, three hours to do it, you're going to have to pay an extra surcharge. So like there are situations where um, if things are not what they expected it to be, you have to expect to pay a surcharge. There's just nothing to be done for it. There's really, yeah, no, there are, there are, and there should be provisions in the contract for that sort of thing. And it will tell you like this moving quote is based on the assumption that you have yep. 150 boxes weighing no more than this much weight per thing. You have um, availability to come to your uh, home on this date at this time. Um, right. You, you know that they are going to be coming in and that they will be out in a number of hours um, because you didn't delay them for any reason. That they that this is how long right. it's going to take them. So, like a lot of times, that's that's also why I'm saying like. Um, unless it's a last ditch uh sorry it's a, a last resort thing or like you physically cannot do your own packing yourself don't hire the movers to do the packing because like they criminally underreport how much um boxes and packing materials that you're going to need right. every single time everyone who I've known who has gotten the professional people to pack it for them has said they always underestimate how much they need because people are human they this this Right. We're not as good as we think we are at estimating how much shit we need and how much time we need and how much space we need. So like what ends up happening is that with regards to them coming to pack your stuff, it almost always ends up costing more than you thought it would. Right. Um, Oh, yeah. But like there are situations where there was no reason for them to be holding your shit hostage and they're just doing it because they're assholes and they can get away with it. At that point, the only thing that you can really do is to ask for like an emailed confirmation that this needs yep. to happen before the move can complete so that you can send an email confirmation saying that you will pay it. Um, and then mm-hmm. have someone look over, have your lawyer look over the contract and sue them um, for. Yeah. The and that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do at that point. Um, usually the amounts that they hold your shit hostage for is under $5,000. So it's like a small claims court issue, um, which can be settled. Um, I think the filing fees are like two, $300 and that's it. Everything else. Is yeah. Good. It's not that expensive and you don't need to hire a lawyer for small claims court. You can go yourself and, um, you know, sue them for the money. Um, But like the way I look at it is that there are times when something really, really shitty happens that is 100,000% out of your control and there is nothing you can do about it. And it's not a damn thing. And it sucks. And we acknowledge that it sucks. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that like, there's nothing else you can do about it right now. So you kind of boned at that instance. Yeah, you're you really are. Yeah. Borrow steel, put it on a credit card, like bounce a check or two, whatever. But like, if, if you need to get your stuff released and they're holding it hostage, do it now and sue them later. Like this is not the time to blow up at them, have a meltdown, whatever else, because like now they can call the police and say that you're putting their lives in danger. And that's why they're holding your shit hostage. <laughs> It's it's not worth the aggravation. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to just you know cut your losses and do what you got to do to get through the moment and, and go to the next thing. Right. 
Um, I'm not saying I've ever been in that position, but I do know people for whom it has happened. I've known people for whom it's happened. And then later they check the um, contract and the contract says like, no, they were supposed to charge you extra in the event of this, 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 and this. But when the mover is frustrated and dispatch is frustrated and you're frustrated, they're not necessarily telling you in a logical, sensible way, like, this is why we're charging the extra money. They're just like, you need to pay us this, otherwise we're not unloading your shit. Yeah, um, and at that point, you're, I mean, you're screwed, right? You're, you're, you're screwed, you just have to do it. Um, so, like, so on the one hand, if you can afford the movers, pay the movers. Nine times out of ten, um, they will be honest, they'll be hardworking, they'll come in, they'll get your shit, they'll get you unloaded. The easier you make their lives, they don't want to be here any longer than they absolutely have to because they've got other shit to do with their time. So it's like, yeah, they want to get in and get out. Um, like most of the time it's going to be a fairly pleasant experience. Um, it helps a lot if you talk to other people who have used similar movers in the past and like, you know, Oh yeah. Word of mouth is really helpful. I find that Yelp reviews are not very helpful because, um, you'll get the two extremes. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So like I'll tend to go by word of mouth recommendations of like, hey, when we had to go from point A to point B, we used these guys and they were pretty good. Um, I found that uh, although they're a little expensive, the movers that you can hire through U-Haul uh, when you pick up your truck, they're actually pretty reliable. And those reviews that they have for those movers tend to be very reliable as well. Yeah, because they're coming, um, they're coming straight from you know, direct customers of U-Haul and U-Haul is also doing vetting and other things of the movers versus, and you know, usually what they'll do is that they'll meet you at the U-Haul site and then you guys go over there together. What a lot of people don't tell you is that the movers will charge you for their travel time from their office location to your home. Yeah. So yeah, if you were not expecting that and the moving location, sorry, the moving office or yard or whatever is like an hour and a half away from your home, that you're going to be billed for that time. You will pay for that time. Oh yeah. They also charge you for the time that it takes to get from your old home to your new home. Um, so like, oh, yeah. you're, you're paying for like, you're paying an hourly rate for everything. I mean, everything. and as a consultant, I, I sort of agree. Like when I was uh, there, like if there was a weekend emergency and I could not fix it from here and had to physically go in the office or was told, please, you know, physically get in your car and come here for this. Um, absolutely. The thing I, I, you know, the, the time, the drive time was included in whatever my hourly, you know, that counted as work time. Correct. Right. Because that's work, you know, and you can say, well, you know, commute time doesn't know commute time. Absolutely count costs. And also you've been working for decades. So it's like, yeah, but I mean, even when the, the, like I had the, the, the contract with, um, city of Raleigh, mm-hmm. right. Years and years and years ago. Um, and you know, if something went bad on a weekend or after hours and I had to turn around and go back, then no, absolutely. Uh, you are paying for that time correct? because you know, it's, that is outside of normal business hours. It's outside of normal working hours for these correct. guys everything from the moment they say we are starting it is billable it is billed right and you will pay Um, which is why it might make sense to try to figure out where are they coming from before yep go in on this when you're building your budget because they'll give you an estimate um but 
reality doesn't always hit the estimate. So like, it's always best to know yeah. ahead of time. Um, oh, okay. I'm moving from Queens and they're coming in from Staten Island. It's going to take a while. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the Verzano bridge is backed up and there's nothing to be done for it. So like, they're going to have to schlep through fucking Brooklyn to get there. And Brooklyn yep. is a mess as it always is. So like, maybe, maybe we have somebody coming in from the Bronx instead because you jump on the major league and you're down there in no time flat. So like, it, it's, it's dumb shit that that like you wouldn't necessarily think of, but like that's that's what I mean when like you want to know your budget, you want to know your materials that you need, you want to know yep. you're in for before you get started because surprises happen all the time, and that's why I even said whatever budget you have in t- in mind for your move, double it because something stupid's gonna happen. Something's gonna oh yeah more than it should have and. Just be prepared for it because it's coming. Yeah, be ready because it's <laughs> it's going to happen, like it or not. Yeah, um, and they're going to take it directly out of your ass, and there is nothing to be done for it. No, nope, not a not a a darn thing. Not a darn, not a damn thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, not a damn thing. Um, we talked about the bubble wrap. We talked about bubble wrap. Yeah. So if you can afford bubble wrap, um, there is the bubble wrap that's the very large bubbles, and then there's the ones yep. that's the smaller ones. The reason that you get the larger ones is because there are um, certain items that are delicate and heavy. Um, yep. Electronics, printers, desktops, monitors, things like that, where yep. you need to protect it with enough airspace between it and its neighboring thing um, but if you were to use the small bubbles, it would take so many wrappings that it would it would just become obnoxious, and then now you can't move it anymore. So the big bubble wrap is meant for those bigger, bulkier, heavier things that are still going to be delicate enough to get damaged if they get bumped or if they get hit. Yeah. Um, the smaller bubble wrap is meant for you know your picture frames, your china, your um, glasses, your things like that. They do sell bubble wrap with adhesive backing. I would advise against getting it um, because every time yeah. I found it to be very obnoxious. Yeah, no, you can backing, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's slightly yeah. sticky. Yeah, and and honestly, if you're just going to be like, you're going to tape it down anyway. Correct. You're you're not going to bubble wrap something and then not tape it. Trust me on that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Remember that thing we said about have a roll of tape for each twenty boxes. Um, yeah. If you're going to be doing bubble wrap, add an extra roll of tape per um, box that you're going to be bubble wrapping. Yeah. To be honest, um, yes, Kevin is absolutely a hundred percent right. You should not be bubble wrapping something if you don't put tape on it. Otherwise, what is the fucking point? It's not. Gonna it just unwraps. Yeah. No. It unless unless it's packed so tightly in the box, the boxes have holding the bubble tape in place which almost never happens which almost never um happens. yeah um yeah so the uh, other thing is is that um like we mentioned before if you don't have the money uh for bubble wrap start using your clothes right um if your kids have a ton of stuffed animals like shove them in their in the dishes box because oh yeah the thing is, you want to combine things that are heavy with things that are bulky and light so that 
each box doesn't weigh a ton. So like you put it's like, a balance, yeah, balancing act. So like you put a layer of dishes, um, like uh, china plates or whatever, on the bottom uh, layer, uh, and then top it with like a fucking pillow from your bed, um, and then put something else on top of that. Then shut the box and send it off. Um, say for example, uh, you're wrapping up your kid's bedroom and you put all the picture frames in the bottom and they weigh a little bit. You put their stuffed animals on top of that, strap it shut, send it out. Um, maybe you're an adult who has stuffed animals like I do. Um, but yeah, like, no, <laughs> no shame in that game. Um, but like you don't necessarily want to, um, pack things. Yeah. There's the giant chicken. You, you don't want yeah. to necessarily pack things for space efficiency only. Right. You want to look at space efficiency and weight efficiency. So like if it's too heavy to carry, you've defeated the point, the purpose of packing it to be space efficient in the first place. It's better to have like a mix of things. So like same thing with books. Like if you have a bunch of books, Oh yeah. Rather than only packing books in the box, put some books, put something light and, and close it all up. And then on the tape, Oh yeah. Uh, um, office shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the, the garbage bags, this is a big one. Um, oh yeah. Garbage bags are huge. We've been talking a lot about how, if you don't have to move it, don't, um, which means that necessarily you're going to be throwing away a lot of stuff. Um, yes, it just, it's a nature of the beast. Um, you're going to be going through your belongings and realize I don't necessarily need to keep this anymore. I don't know why it's here. I'm not about to pack yeah. this in the truck. Um, and this goes triple for those long distance moves. Um, oh, yeah. My friend Tasha was moving from Jersey to Austin and she was like, I had to strip down my shit to the absolute bare essentials because every inch of space on that moving van, because it's going such a long distance, is so expensive that I have to sincerely sit down and think with myself, is this thing worth the amount of money it's going to cost me to move it? Right. Usually the answer was no. And so she either gave it away, threw it away, sold it, something. She just had to get it out of her, uh, out of her life because it was not feasible to take it with her. Like you talked about your friends going from um, Seattle to central Canada. We're yeah. crossing international borders. That's not that, that moving truck is not going to be a fucking joke. Um, there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole other thing to worry about there. Right. So right? like if, if you're, if you're crossing the, if you're crossing a border, if, if they end up in Michigan right now, it looks like Michigan because mm -hmm. getting places in Canada is, is harder even than here. in the States apparently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the whole idea is that um, like, you know, there are things that other people can use more than you. There are things that maybe were great decorative in your current house that will not be in your new house. And we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, there is, if you don't need to move it, if you don't want to move it, if it doesn't, if it is superfluous and it doesn't have sentimental value, don't. Don't take it. Set up a, bin or a bag that is specific for goodwill or for you know the, also the home you, store or whatever yeah if you don't have the wherewithal to take all this shit to your goodwill or whatever a lot of times people will post on craigslist i'm moving out come to my curb on this day at this time all the shit yep. there is free to a good home take it 
And what will usually happen is that within a couple of hours of that time that you've said, people will have come and taken all that shit, um, whatever it is. It can be seemingly garbage to you um, because, like, you can't necessarily take it on a moving van, but it's could right. be, it is useful to somebody else. Like, yes, they did need, um, you know, 15 pasta jars that are empty. Like, they're they like... Yahtzee, I, I, I have food <laughs> yeah, right exactly. my pantry. This is fucking great. Um, hi, that's me. Uh, if <laughs> somebody is going to want um, those old shoes that don't fit you anymore or like those pants that uh, uh, were aspirational pants that uh, you're never going to get back into. Like someone's going to yeah. want that stuff. Um, if you don't necessarily have time to take it to the Goodwill, Leave it out. Um, and this is another thing why I keep saying, like, give yourself a long buffer um, between the time when you have to move out and when you move into the new place is because a lot of times um, garbage days happen at inconvenient days. Um, yes. So for me, um, my garbage days are Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and so whatever I set out on the curb on Tuesdays and Fridays, they'll take away. It's fine. Um, but the issue is, is that if it's not a Tuesday or Friday and it's trash that I need to take out, this is not the time for me to try to get it out. Um, yeah. And if I leave stuff out on the curb um, and it's a garbage day, if the people don't come take it, the trash man will. Yeah. And, then and I mean, we... Junking up the place. Yeah. We, there is a shad, shed shack at our collection center that's like things to be that can be rehomed and yeah. it was closed for a while because pandemic but now it's like yeah if i have a full like i probably have a second full set of dishes uh -huh. in okay. the attic mm -hmm. from from here yeah i can well no at, at my house if, yeah, yeah, if from your house. we move or when we clean out the attic or whatever i'm gonna take it there uh -huh. somebody can use a full set of dishes yeah right? absolutely you know but um or when I finally replace the rest of the racist, I mean, um, no, the, the racist Florida butter chef pans, uh -huh. um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And suddenly it just does not click in my head. Um, I might drop them off there because they're still serviceable pans. It's sure. just, I don't want bitch's name in my that kitchen. person's name in your kitchen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, yeah, when I do a cookware upgrade, like that sort of thing goes there. Correct. Um, and, and if so nobody wants it, they'll move it to the, to the, like the metal refuse or the, right. the appliance refuse or whatever for me. And somebody yeah. will reclaim it or something. Yeah. Um, what I will strongly recommend that when you do get your garbage bags is get one color for the stuff that you're taking with you, get a different oh, yeah. color for actual garbage. Um, yes. Cannot stress this enough. Uh, have had situations where ended up with a bag full of expired food at the new place, and I cannot find my socks for the life of me, and it was so frustrating. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. I still had the keys, so I could go back to the old place and uh, pull it out of the dumpster and be like, "Oh, right, that's where my socks are." Yeah, Get different colors don't do that thing. I did. Yeah. It was incredibly stupid. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like uh, what I did is that for the um, clothes, shoes, um, uh, bedding, towels, whatever, anything that I didn't have pressed in the service to like protect my dishes or whatever, 
um, just went straight into garbage bags because the thing is, it's like boxes are expensive. Totes are expensive. I don't have space to put all this shit. So like, yeah. that'll just go in garbage bags because they're not breakable. Nothing's going to happen to them if they get a little squished, you know, on the way. Um, and I used the heaviest duty garbage bags for the clothes. And then I used like the 13 gallon kitchen bags for stuff I was throwing out. The reason that I specifically say 13 gallon kitchen bags for the stuff I'm throwing out is because I don't necessarily want the bags to get too heavy for me to take it outside. Right. And I'm just looking at like Amazon right now and it's like, yeah, you can get like, uh, you know, green, black, white. Yeah. I I prefer white for kitchen bags. Uh, Oh my God. Here's, um, Force Flex Cherry Blossom Odor Shield Pink, <laughs> right? Um, 13 gallons. So, like, you know, you you can say, you know, the white bags are, are for garbage Correct. and the green bags are for good stuff or however you want to Cor- do it. Or however you want yeah. to do it because it's, like, it's, it's also really good um, color coding for if you are taking stuff to the Goodwill because it's, like maybe you realize that I cannot take all these clothes with me because they are physically not going to fit in my new space. My closets that I have um, in the new apartment are pretty small. Um, Fortunately, I don't have a lot of clothes to begin with because I threw them all out when they stopped fitting because I'm on top of it like that. There you Uh, go. Yeah. But, or like when they get torn or whatever, they go straight in the trash because it's like, I'm not about to, uh hope someday i'll fix it because i know i'm not going to it's it's yeah 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 yeah. the whole thing yeah so like um but if i did have clothes for goodwill i don't want the clothes that i'm getting rid of for goodwill to get mixed up with the stuff that i'm taking to the new place especially if it's a cross-country move because i will be fucking pissed if i show up in los angeles coming in coming in from like georgia or something like that and being like I am not going to fly back to Atlanta to get that bag of clothes from Goodwill that had like my good shirts from work. I would right. be furious. Um, so like just color code your shit uh, with regards to this is going in the trash. This is, go- and, and it also really helps if your um, helpers know the same thing. Like everybody knows yes. anything that's in a white bag. If you see a full white bag that's tied up, it's going directly in the trash. So take it out to the curb the next time you don't have anything. Yeah. There going outside um all the green bags have to go in the back of the truck because those are getting over to the goodwill all the the black bags are going into the moving van because those are the ones that are actually going to the new house um they're not that expensive it's always useful to have them um and 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 like I said, stick with the 13 gallon size. If you start getting a little too overzealous and get the really, really big honking bags, um, the, the weight of the stuff inside is going to rip the bag. Yeah. And let me just, just tell you, unless you're buying contractor bags, and I mean, like you go to the Home Depot, you go to the Lowe's Home Improvement, you buy the heavy duty barrel liner contractor bags, the bag is going to tear. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, like force flex, stretching and powerful. No, that son of a bitch will tear. It will Ask tear. me how I know. Ask me how yeah. I know. I've been there. Force flex is bullshit. It, 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 yeah. it will stretch to a degree. It's better oh, yeah. than the cheapy, shitty, like leaf bags that they sell. Like, right. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah. really shitty bags that the 13 gallons that they sell at the bodega. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. 
but it's it's not going to stand up to the abuse of like a full bag of like pants. It's it's going to rip. Um, so you want about thirteen gallons. Also, is because like if you use like um, we have a plastic ban, uh, plastic bag ban in Jersey City, right? Um, but in the states where they still give you those plastic grocery bags, um, those are too small and end up where you have too many of them to move from point A to yeah. point B and it becomes a pain. Um, you don't want the 35 gallon fuckers cause they're going to get too heavy. So like that 13 gallon is that sweet spot right in between where it's, it's a good yeah. size, easy to find. Um, your, your local grocery store probably has it. And if you get groceries delivered, you can probably just add it to your next delivery order and it'll show right up. Or uh, if you're an Amazon prime person, I mean, Oh my <laughs> God, the, the absolutely insanity of, I, I'm sorry, like 2.6 gallon smart, small garbage bags, trash bin liners, they're 15 liter bags, and they like come in six colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like, yeah, here's gold ones. Yeah. Why do you need gold trash bags for your kitchen garbage? Please explain this to Don't me. Don't understand that at all. Yeah, no. Maybe it's for like catering events or like, um, hey, that, that's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't no, no. Garbage bags now. I have I have fallen down the garbage bag hole on Amazon. I did not know such a thing existed. So okay, ch- let's put that tab in the background. I'll come back to that. Um, other thing is that yep. uh, you want to have markers and mm-hmm. you want to have fat markers. Um, yep, little skinny minis aren't going to do dick for you because the thing is, it's like nope. you want the label to be big letters um, that you yep. can clearly see from across the room. Um, you want to take your largest room, stand on one side of it, and try to read the label. If you can read the label clearly, that's big enough. Um, right. Or you need new glasses, which I know I do. Glasses, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he shot me a look when I said you should be able to see across the room. Um, but, like, uh, basically, you want to be able to see it from across the room because the thing is, is, like, when you're in the process of um, getting the stuff in from the moving van, that's pretty much where it's going to hang out. It's not going to be um, yeah. easily accessible to you. You're not going to have it right near you. It's going to be across the room. Other thing that I do um, whenever I move is that the first word on the label is always the room that that goes into. Yes. So whether I have a professional mover or if it's a bunch of people that I'm buying pizza and beer for, um, if everybody knows that this goes into that room, when they get there, that's the room that it goes into, which I cannot tell you how many times this has been useful because then when I'm in the process of unpacking, I'm not shuffling boxes back and forth right. from this room to that. Um, all the bathroom bins went into the bathroom. All the bedroom bins went into the bedroom. Um, so like I'm not mixing up my my my, my um, backup rolls of toilet paper with my used dildos. Like this, this, we don't want yeah, mix-ups. We want them to all be together where they belong. For fuck's sake, I don't need my dildo next to the toilet. Come on now. So um, I don't have any. Dildo. I mean, unless you're into that, right, I, I, I don't want to presume. Right? But, yeah. But, no. No. No kink shaming here. No kink shaming yeah. here. Um, <laughs> but like you, the first word on there should be the room that that belongs in, not necessarily yep. the room that it came from. So, say for example, I'm going from this um, one bedroom apartment to my three bedroom apartment. That knock on wood, we get. Um, I will not necessarily be moving 
stuff room for room, if that makes sense. Right yeah. now, um, I have things set up in such a way that um, it is the space that I have. Um, and I have put things where they are because of the constraints of space that I have. So I don't have space in my kitchen to have my microwave. So my microwave lives in my bedroom, um, which is fine because then when I have the two o'clock in the morning shame burrito, um, I don't have that far to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, you know. But when I go to the new place, I don't necessarily want the microwave to go in my bedroom. I want it to go right. into the kitchen or into the home office um, so that it can just kind of park there and do its own thing. Uh, so, so like, or if you're coming from a bigger place to a smaller space, okay, maybe you don't have the luxury of like everything having its own home anymore. Now things need to get combined. So like you want to put the room of where it belongs and then colon and then the item. Um, yeah. and, and the colon is optional. Colon, colon is, optional. is optional. Colon is yeah. always optional. Um, dash, whatever. But like you want to have some yeah. kind of separation between what the room is and what the item is. And like Kevin said, in the beginning, you will start saying things like books, picture frames, um, uh, uh, kids stuffies. Uh, and then towards the end of it, you're going to start saying shit from this bedroom, dog shit cat shit like it's gonna yep. everything is gonna be this shit that shit it, it, it just happens be prepared for it <laughs> yeah no it's it's it, it is it is absolutely you know um and i i you know to your point like if if and or when we move out of this house um in another 20 years 10 years 20 years whatever mm. um like we, you know, the studio may not be, uh, you know, the studio may be something completely different. Correct. By then, right? We may not have space for a guest room. So, right. right. You know, or maybe we'll have, you know, uh, the the dining room may be used for something other than my office. Right. right. My office is, yeah. Like, you know, uh, we may, I, I don't think we'll ever want a formal dining room. Sure. Because that just seems wasteful for us. But, like, you know, uh, it may be that what is my office now becomes like the people who are moving you don't know that bedroom three is really office. Correct. They know bedroom three. Correct. Right? You know, and if you have a chance, it may be useful to put another piece of that painter's tape up with the room name on the door. Room three, exactly. Yeah. So that there is no confusion and you're not in the guest bed. I'm not in the guest bedroom unpacking, you this know, art that belongs in my office. Yeah. What I will suggest, if you do have the resources and the time and the wherewithal to do it ahead of time, um, mm -hmm. what I've done for one of my moves uh, when I had access to a laser printer at the time um, at my office is that I printed out labels uh, ahead of time with the various names of the rooms on there um, in multiple cuts so that I could just slap yeah. it on the boxes and then just jot down what goes in there. Um, I don't necessarily have the time to do that now um, because I'm working full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but back when I was doing like, you know, part-time-ish, um, I had the time to do it. And and it really did help me out because um, it's one fewer thing to just 
have to think about. Of course, I ended up using tape towards the end because I ran out of those labels. But I can tell you right now, like slapping a label on three sides, four sides, whatever. Oh, yeah. Was trivially simple versus having to write it out each time. Um, And back then I had a much crappier idea of how much boxes I was going to need for a particular task, um, which is why I didn't have enough labels. If I, if I knew then what I know now, I would have probably done the thing <laughs> and printed four times as many labels as I thought I needed uh, yeah. for all the various rooms. But let me tell you, if you have a stack of labels in each room that's getting packed up, so here's my stack of labels that say kitchen. And they um, Avery uh, is the name Oh yeah. But they sell off-brand versions of it. They have the labels that are four to a page um, yep. that you can print on. And, uh, and and that's basically when I say you want to have big labels, that's what I mean. It needs to be like a nice quarter, you know, like a big honking yeah. label so that you can clearly see what's going on. Like a mailing label size thing, not okay. a... Yeah. And, and believe me, I... That's one of the reasons printing labels is one of the reasons I still have a printer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, I, um, I mean, I have the label maker mm-hmm. for small labels, but like, you know, um, I, there are things I can do with a, a an inkjet printer, especially with like, even uh, Avery even makes, by the way, moving labels. Correct. Pack of two hundred and eighteen, and it already and it the pre-printed with things like living room box number of. Uh, you know, box number of, yeah. Um, So, hey, you know, if that may even be an option, what is this, a pack of 218 for eight bucks? Right, right. And like, if you, um, I think those um, four to a page labels, I think the hundred pack is like, what, 10, $15, something like that? Um, Let's see. Yeah. Um, Shipping address labels, uh, 20 labels, half sheet labels, five bucks right and that's what i mean so like you have plenty of labels to do the job um shove it through the printer and and so what i did was that um because avery online has um like a design software where it lets you text exactly where you want it and then you can tell it i want it to copy that same text on every single label on this page so if it's a four to a page it'll copy it four times then you tell i want to print x amount of copies of it and it'll print out however many copies you want so like it made it such a simple task. And the thing is, yep. you don't have to use the Avery paper to use those label uh, software. Yeah. Because it all lines up anyway. The, uh, the, yeah. If, if you look, if you find like the, the Avery will tell you like yeah. the package number, like the, the, like I'm looking right here at the 5126 shipping address labels. Correct. 200 labels, half sheet labels. Right. Um, but the number on it is Avery 5126. Like when you buy Home Depot brand. Right. Or not Home, De- Home oh. Depot brand, Office Depot brand. <laughs> right. They, they'll say, you know, compatible with. And they give you that I, number. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, look, every, almost everybody has Word. If Correct. you have a Windows computer, you have Word. Uh, but if you, know, you don't, have, um, the Avery label design software is right there for free yeah. to use. All you have to do is but, sign up for a free account. Done. Yep. And Word, but Word has almost all of these templates built in. Also. Built in, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I, I'm i probably going to end up doing the printout um, label thing this time as well because it was so helpful to have because I could print 
big, big honking letter, like kitchen. And that was obviously the one that had the most of them because the kitchen is like extensive. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's your kitchen. So yeah, it's my kitchen. So like, um, but like, it was so helpful to have. And, um, and, and like when, uh, the, the movers in that case saw it, they were like, holy shit, that's a good idea. Should have, um, we should tell people to do this because it is really, really helpful. Um, because then it makes the labeling process go very, very quickly. If you can just scrawl something down on their, um, you know, dishes, like whatever, um, anything to like speed up your tasks, just do it. Um, other thing is, is that, um, personally, when I pack, um, the boxes, I'll try to include as much detail as I can. Um, sometimes the level of detail is, um, what do you call, uh, pantry. And that's about really all I need because I know roughly what's going in there. It's, it's, it's not that complex. Like I know that in my pantry, these things live. So like, if it just says pantry, I'm pretty well aware, but a lot of times, um, for the kitchen stuff, especially because it's all very heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll tend to be a little bit more detailed with regards to like serving spoons, cutlery, um, drinking glasses, uh, coffee mugs, things like that, where it's like, I know I'm going to need to unpack X, Y, or Z first um, because I use them more often. Like coffee mugs can wait. I don't drink tea or coffee at home anyway. I have it. It's there, but like it can wait. I can get to that. I can get to that dead last. My spices have to come out very quickly because I'm going to start eating <laughs> them almost immediately. Um, my cutlery is going to have to come out immediately because I, I want to start eating yeah. on something that's not paper plates or plastic spoons. Like it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, so the more detail you can include with regards to something that's going to give you an idea of what's going on in there. Um, the oh, yeah. it's going to be, which is why I'm saying like, if you can cut down on some of that work by having pre-printed labels, do the thing. Um, and like Kevin said, you can buy moving labels. Kev, can you put that in the, uh, sh- uh, on the Google sheet or in the show notes? I'll, uh, yeah, here I will, I will put it. Dang it. I already closed the window, but, uh, so I'll make a note. Um, cause I, I have my labels is a very brilliant idea. Yeah. Because if it, you know, anything to, to make it faster, yeah. And save some effort so that Correct. if it already says kitchen and you just have to put the name on it and slap it, you know, on two labels and slap it on either side of the box, good to go. Right, 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 right. You know, I mean, I know people who will get crazy and be like, okay, blue tape is the living room and red tape or red right. labels is this room and, and that and the other. You know what? Go with your comfort. Yeah, so, actually, Kevin, that's a pretty yeah. good idea. Um, if you're one of those people where you're more visual and the colors are easier for you to tell apart, then you don't even have to write kitchen every time. Everything that has the 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 green tape on it is kitchen. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just a strip of green that's going masking around tape it. that goes around it. Great. It covers all the sides. You know where it goes. Whatever. You know. Um, and then you'll figure out what's in there once you start unpacking, because who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the right room. That's the important thing. That's the important part. No, I think that's a really great idea. Um, and it and it also goes back to um, using the tools that you have in a way that's going to be helpful to what's useful for you to recognize what's going on. For me, I I, I like having the words on there because that's the easiest for me to spot from you know a mile away. The color coding, I'm not so great at. Um, 
if because like whenever I have like filing systems and things like that, I will print the label as big as I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> whereas me. whereas for someone like me who does have vision issues, whose Correct. glasses are in need of replacement and is you know constantly changing as I get older, um, and am not like colorblind, color coding is great. Um, Correct. Which does touch sort of on the the abilities if you're doing color coding make sure it is there are there are the contrast colors that someone who right. maybe you didn't know your friend was red green color blind mm -hmm. you know okay uh then you know make sure you have colors. yellow and uh and uh orange. yeah <laughs> yeah but or or but you know use use the accessible use accessibility colors correct uh, not just you know not just you know roy g biv right um yeah um which is getting ahead of ourselves but you know anytime we, we we should always mention that you know you be aware that the people you're working with they may have different abilities so Correct. try to be um try to be in a position that isn't going to cause them issues correct correct um, and, uh, if, if it is, um, a thing that could cause someone issues, like, you know, those, um, little, uh, phone games that you get on the app store, um, like I used to play, I think I, it was one of those match three games where they, you had to match the colors or something and they had yeah. a colorblind mode where they would overlay shapes on top of the colors. So yeah. that if you're colorblind, you can still play. Um, if you know for a fact that somebody in your party is colorblind, I'm talking like this is a D&D &D fucking adventure. If you know someone in your party is colorblind, yeah, no. use shapes. So maybe square goes kitchen, triangle goes bedroom. But like, right. they're, they're, there's not just one way to uh, make the labeling work for you. Like some people do do better with shapes than they do with colors. Colors is a very good one because it's very easy to see from a far distance away. Um, but solar shapes, you use yeah. solar shapes. I mean, a big ass. And, and the cool thing is, is like, if your kids are helping you move and they're not at the level where the reading is really great, sometimes the colors are very helpful for them too. So like, oh yeah, all of Ashley's stuff has, um, the purple tape and all of, uh, Austin's stuff has the green tape. And so he knows that his stuff is all right there and, and they know that their stuff is all in that color and everybody can figure out their own shit or like if they know shapes like fucking put the shapes on there use it as a teaching moment like it, we can get creative with um yeah what we've I got mean, and and you know yeah and you just have to be careful with kids and colors because if you choose the wrong color for the wrong kid you're gonna have a fight on your hands they're you may have a fight on your hands anyway oh you're but, gonna have a fight on your hands regardless they're gonna yeah, have yeah, yeah. at some point that's stress yeah, trauma yeah. we know about this yeah and, um, and you know, but the you can avoid the the stress of but I wanted purple, Daddy. Correct. Um, by you know, and not having to do well, that's the color you get. Correct. By you know, thinking through in advance or you know well, whatever. Kev, I think that brings up an interesting point. I think that mm -hmm. when it comes to kids and moving, um, it's very important to sort of prepare them for what they're in for a little bit ahead of time. I didn't yeah. necessarily mention it on my document because I don't have children, um, but I was a children at one point and we yeah. moved a lot when I was a kid. Um, and one good thing that my parents did was that they made it so that every time we moved, they let us know well in advance moving was going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah. 
So bear in mind that um, when it comes down to time to move, you're going to have to pitch in and get your shit together because there are six people in this family and none of us can afford movers. So like, we're going to have to work it on out. Um, But like, we needed plenty of time to adjust to that knowledge because kids hate change in routine um if you do any drastic changes to them at the last minute um they can get fairly upset of course each kid is different. Oh, yeah. if your kid is the type where like um from the time you tell them that they're going to move until the time you move they're going to be a complete meltdown wreck make a judgment call um yeah. uh, you know in our case because the house was still being built mm. uh when renee and i bought this place um you know, we would do a walkthrough and we even, you know, said to Raymond, like, okay, this is going to be, so he got to see sort of as it developed, this is going to be our new house. This is where we are going to live. What room do you want? Correct. And there was, there, there was only one. So he had almost, uh, you know, he was three, but there was some extra excitement because he got to pick out his part of things. Correct. Right. This his space was going to be what is now the guest bedroom. Um, but he's you know that out. was <laughs> yeah. But that was I mean, but that was the whole thing, right? Is is having him involved to and to the extent he was capable of to not just ease into it, but make it an exciting change, Correct. not a not not a as traumatic a change. Now, if you're moving a lot. Like if you're a military kid, well, you get used to it really quick. Um, ask ask Ursula um, or any of the the number of people I know who are were like, well, yes, I was an army brat, I was an air force brat, um, who are like, yes, we moved every two years mm-hmm. because of reassignments. You know, um, that's a much different and harder thing. Sure. Until the kids are old enough to understand. But but also what you said about like letting the kid take ownership of um of the process yeah. is pretty important. Much like when you said about the colors, like let them choose their own fucking color at the store, like or or the Amazon right. or whatever it is that you're buying it on. Um, make them part of the process because then once they've taken ownership of it, then they feel more like part of it than that you're just trying to shuffle them to the side and get shit done. And right. Much like when we mentioned cooking with children, it's not going to be a fast process. It's not going to be a clean process. It's not going to be an easy process. Same thing with moving. It's going to be slightly annoying because they're going to do things in a way that is not very organized or very whatever. It's your job to teach them and and to get vaguely on board with like how organization goes and how these things are done. You can tell them, hey, I'm going to be doing the packing. You can help me out with that um, by making some decisions that you're okay with them, you know, making, um, but giving them some sense of ownership over like, well, you chose your color um, so that when we get to the new place, you know that all the boxes that have your color on there belong in your room. Or if you're sharing a room with a sibling, they belong on your side of the room or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, No, I think it's good that you brought up the kids with the meltdown because it's, um, something that I don't ever think of because I don't have children. So like, it's not a, yeah. but it is, it's, it's not a thing. Remember that they're part of the family as well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if, if it's, if it's a big house move, like we did, then it's, you know, then 
giving them the opportunity to participate in ways that are appropriate and work for them. Like you do not necessarily, you may say here, please pack up your friends, Uh your stuffies to go. And, and, you know, that is something that uh, the kid can certainly, certainly handle and do very easily. Right. Um, It is not something that, you know, like you do not want them packing, uh, um, you know, you, you don't want to say, well, here, let's help me pack up the, the light fixtures, right. uh, the lamps and things. Um, but, you know, anything where they can take ownership and like be part of the process of you're putting these things in this box, they will so that they will be in your room and they will. And then, you know, in that sense is very important. Like very important, very ideal. Solve so many problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, granted, again, we're speaking from a place of privilege where, like, um, whenever I was moving, we did have the luxury of time where it was like we knew this yeah. was coming down the pipe. Um, my mom usually, I believe, would try to keep like a two month um, uh, ahead of time, you know, before we started really. Yeah, yeah. Going. Um, because like I said, hoarder parents, they had a lot of shit. So like, and all of it was precious and all of it had meaning and all of it had was important. So all of it had to come with every single fucking time. So like, um, which meant that it's going to take us a significantly longer time to move than if you're talking about somebody who's more of a minimalist or doesn't have children or right. Right. whatever or 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 is more wealthy because like a lot of the um the hoarding tendencies that my parents had um I now realize is because we were very very poor so that meant that if we got rid of this thing that is useful and then a number of years later need it we cannot afford to replace it right we did not have the funds to make that happen um when I say poor, I mean like my mom would unplug the hot water heater um, after everyone was done taking their shower so that it wouldn't continue to draw power throughout the day. Like she she was like really like watching the budget very, very carefully. Right. So like when you're dealing with that level of um, scarcity, you tend to hold on to stuff a lot longer than you necessarily need to because you cannot afford to replace it. Um, I've said repeatedly, like I'm coming from a place of privilege when I say like, I have a month to get my shit together. I can throw out stuff that is not useful to me anymore because I know that if I need it again, I can just buy it and it's it's not going to put a dent in my budget. Um, So like, we usually had a really long lead time before we had to, you know, hit, hit, get the show on the road, which actually leads into the next point. Um, one of the major things that you want to look at is uh, when you're moving is the size of the space that you're moving from and then the size of the space that you're moving to. Oh, yeah. Ideally, you're generally going from smaller to bigger. You're, you're, you're having an upgrade. Realistically, that doesn't happen. Um when we came not as often as we'd like not as often as we'd like when we came from florida and we uh, moved to new york i was coming from a 1600 square foot house with a backyard a front yard a driveway all this other shit to um a room in an apartment with the landlady living in the next bedroom so like all that shit that was in that home that i grew up in 
first off, we couldn't take it with us because we were flying. But secondly, right. the amount of space that I had available to me was significantly dropped from like 1600 square feet to like 150 square feet, um, which was the size of the bedroom that we had there. And then like some space in the kitchen and the, and the uh, basement to store my stuff. Um, we had to seriously, seriously downsize the shit that we brought with us. Um, if you're, if you're, a minimalist and you think like, oh, I don't have that much stuff, you're going to be shocked at how much shit you actually have. Um, oh, yeah. Burns. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! You have a bunch of shit. You have a bunch um, of When I moved to this apartment, uh, my studio was, I think, like 180, 200 square feet tops. Um, my current apartment is like six, 700 square feet. So it's like a significant uptick in size um i didn't think i had that much shit because how much stuff are you going to fit into a 200 square foot studio that's right and 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 that means like 200 square feet includes the kitchen the bathroom the everything like every inch of space in that apartment was 200 square feet tops um the thing is is that it had very high ceilings so in the closet i had installed shelves that went all the way up to the ceiling so I had plenty of storage in there, um, and which meant that all that shit went into the closet and was stored. I had wall-mounted shelves that went all the way up to the ceiling. Plenty of oh, storage. Yeah. Used it all the time. Um, the kitchen cabinets, plenty of storage. Had, had all that shit full. So like, when it was time to move... I realized quite how much storage I really had because like, like I said, I tend to go through my house and get rid of the stuff that's superfluous or useless every six to eight months, give or take, because I know that if I let it get away from me, I'm going to be drowning in crap and I don't have the space for it. Um, this is coming from somebody who's very, very careful to keep his stuff to the minimum, like I have one of each thing that I need, except for dishes because I have company coming over. But like, right, right. Um, I had so much shit I did not realize. <laughs> it was so upsetting because I'm like, right? I did not realize I have this much crap. And now that I'm in this bigger apartment and there's furniture, I have even more crap. Um, I. I'm about to move offices too, by the way. Um, yeah, that's uh same month. So you have to deal with, uh, you have to deal with office moving, which is not that different from, which is also a pain. Yeah. yeah. So the old office, um, so for people who haven't caught it, uh, I work for a rice import company and a lot of our customers request samples of rice so that they can put it through their quality analysis and make sure that it's up to snuff for what they need. Um, we get samples from overseas all the time. When we request it, they usually send extra because if something goes through customs um, checks, they will frequently open the box with like a big ass knife and just pull it through to open the box. So if the rice yep. is too close to the surface of the tape, that rice bag is also getting ripped along with the rest of it. So rather than take the risk of the rice not making it to my desk, they'll add an extra couple of bags because at that point it's worth it so that if customs has to throw out a bag or two, the rest of it's still fine. Um, so usually if I order about a kilo of rice, I'm getting like five, six kilos of rice as a sample. And the thing is, is like when 
you are in the rice business, you want to have samples on hand at all times for when the customers request it because they want the samples yesterday. They don't want to wait for five to seven days from India to get here. So we had a lot of samples and I didn't realize quite how many samples we had <laughs> until um, I was in the process of clearing up the samples. And I told my boss, hey, I'll send the dry rice samples to you. He was like, don't send it. Don't don't send yeah. it to me in California. You, you guys deal with it. I don't know. If we haven't sent it out to the customer by now, we're not going to. I'll order new samples from overseas and have it delivered to California and I'll send it when the customers request it. Don't send me the shit you have in Jersey. It's it's not worth the aggravation. He's like, the amount of money that you'd have to spend on shipping is going to be worth way more than the sample is worth in the first place. Yeah. So. And, oh, darn. That means you're getting a fully stocked rice for your new so place. No, I'm I kidding. I thought, how many bags could there be? Five? Ten? Uh, uh, mind each of these bags is a kilo each. Um, so there was 30 pounds of organic jasmine rice. Um, 15 pounds oh. brown rice, which I won't touch. So I was like, whoever wants this can have it. Um, 30 pounds of basmati rice. Um, and the thing is, the reason that I'm moving offices is that my coworker who's there in the, in, in the office with me is leaving the country. So she can't take it with her either because She's only here for a couple of more weeks and then she's gone. So like she was oh, like, I yeah. can take one bag of the jasmine and one bag of the basmati. And that's about as far as I'm going to get. Like, we're not going to eat that much rice in two weeks. So like four pounds is plenty for us. So I am sitting on 60 pounds worth of rice <laughs> <laughs> of like really good top quality rice, which I will eat. Don't get me wrong. I love rice. So this is not going to be an issue. Yeah. I was gonna say it's... my uh nico came over uh and he wanted to make himself an espresso martini um and i have all the ingredients for it at all times and he goes to the freezer to try to get ice and he sees these big like vats of rice sitting in there and he's like babe what the hell and i was like well i <sighs> i'm sure you know about the thing of uh when you bring grain from unknown sources you shove it in the freezer for a couple of uh, like two three days so that it kills off any bugs that are in there so that they don't bring infestation into your house yeah um so those rice samples have been sitting in the office for the better part of like six months to a year so like i don't oh yeah no totally yeah like if i can visibly see bugs i'm gonna throw it out it's not like i'm gonna take it home in the first place but like um if the bag is not airtight and i find that there's a hole in the bag i can't trust that there's no bugs in there or that there's no eggs or whatever i want to make sure that i don't you know because those rice weevils once they get in your house that's it like oh yeah it's it's terrible you have to take it down to the um to the beams and like scrub it down top to bottom with bleach because they they follow scent um that they leave for each other so like they're really really gross it's best not to have them in your house in the first place so like you have to be super careful about that kind of shit and i'm not allowed i'm I'm not about to have the rest of my dry goods go bad because like you know i wanted to cheap out on a few pounds of rice for shit's sake so that went straight in the freezer nico didn't have any ice for his martini he was bitter about it but (laughs) but (laughs) so like when you're when you're ready to um uh figure out like we talked about this boxes situation um what i 
what I found that um, you need with regards to budgeting time for for packing is that you need anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour per kitchen cabinet. Um, and that means, so like each door that you open, I consider as one. So even if there's no partition in the middle and it's like this big thing, 45 minutes to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Reason being, um, especially if you have breakables and delicates, um, the wrapping time takes time. Getting them into the correct box takes time. Putting fluff around them so they don't run into each other takes time. And before oh, yeah. you know it, 45 minutes is gone. And you're like, I've only finished like two shelves. There's four more on this fucking thing. What is going on? However, things like your pantry go a lot faster because it's like shove it in a sock, stick it in the box, put it in the sock, put it in the box. That tends to go a lot faster. So like if you average your, if you give yourself about 45 minutes to an hour per kitchen cabinet, um, you should be good. Generally, bathrooms take about an hour to an hour and a half. Um, if it's like a master bathroom and it has a lot of shit in there really two hours realistically yeah, um, yeah, yeah for uh bedrooms i usually budget about five hours okay not necessarily because clothes take a long time to shove into garbage bags it's not that it's that all the other knickknacks and other crap that you have in your bedroom takes way longer than you think it's going to take to pack and this has been my experience repeatedly it's like I didn't think I had this much random shit. Where did all this come from? And then everything <laughs> that I pick up and pack away, I'm like, no, I actually need that to live a comfortable life. It has to come with me. Where did you come from? And where have you been all this time hiding in my house? It took me every single time I've moved, Kevin, it's taken me a minimum of five hours to <laughs> a bedroom. And right. And I'm pretty careful to keep that kind of shit at a minimum. But like, picture frames there i have picture frames all over my walls like um what do you call um, oh yeah the random crap that you keep on your nightstand um the stuff that you keep on your on your desk like it just adds up like you would not believe and then four or five hours later you're like where has the time gone and why is it dark yeah no i'm 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 with you on that one <laughs> um roughly i find that if you have a dish set of like six things so like six cups six plates six whatever um yeah those things will generally fit into two of the large boxes from home depot and i actually included the link to the large boxes at home depot so that you have like a size reference um, oh yeah or whatever whatever um uh boxes that you're getting generally um one drawer of clothes is going to be one 13 gallon garbage bag from your chest of drawers Personally, I have my clothes um, that need to be folded. So like socks, underwear, um, you know, delicates, things like that. They're already in bins um, in shelves in my closet. So when it's time to move, I just pull the bins out and I'm done. Um, all the other clothes, like the shirts, um, uh, T-shirts, things like that, those are all on hangers. So they just go with the hanger directly in the trash bag and off they go. Um but if you don't have that insane system and you're a normal person and you have a chest of drawers, um, it, usually you want to budget about one garbage bag per per drawer of clothing. Um, if it's kids' clothing, you can usually get away with two of them per garbage bag. But for adults' clothing, that's generally what it's going to end up being. Um, like it or not, yeah. Like it or not, it's, it's the reality of the situation. With boxes, like we said, um, you can fit a lot of boxes into uh, boxes. Jesus Christ. Books. 
Books. You can fit a lot of books into each box. You should not fit a lot of books into each box because then they become too heavy to move and you're going to break your back. So generally what I will yeah. do is that I will spread the boxes, the books amongst all the boxes that I have. Since I have four or five books, they'll fit in one box. I'm fine. Um, Nico has more than that. Um, well, yeah. So, so much more than that. So he's going to have to figure out how he wants to split it up. But it's like uh, per bookshelf. Um, so if you look at those regular IKEA bookshelves. Yes. Um, yeah. You want to spread one bookshelf's worth of books across two boxes minimum. If you can get it into three or four boxes and you have bulky shit to put on top of it, so much the better. Um, but generally, you don't want to have more than half a bookshelf worth of books in one box because much more than that, it starts becoming really heavy and and unwieldy. Um, just, these are just like general rough estimates um, as to what I've seen was helpful for me. Um, I put most of that math in the um, document. So like if you're in the process of trying to figure out like, okay, how much shit am I going to need to pack my stuff? It's a good starting point. You might need more, you might need less. Generally, you'll probably need a little bit more than what I've budgeted for here. Um, but like right. between the size of your space and um, the stuff that you have, um, it, it's really important to understand how much you're going to need to get what you have into where it needs to be. Um, and so if you have, like I mentioned, each bedroom is going to take you about five hours. If you have a three-bedroom, uh, two-bathroom house, you need five hours per bedroom. That's 15 hours. You need an hour per bathroom, say hour and a half. Um, that's an extra three hours. We're at 18 hours right now. We have not yeah. touched the kitchen. We have not touched the living room, dining room. Um, kitchen cabinets are each going to take you about an hour. Um, say you have six cabinets. That's another six hours. We're at 24 hours right now. Um, living room, dining room, that's going to take you a day because there's so much crap in there that it's like, so minimum packing time, packing time. We're not talking about moving anything, just getting shit into boxes. We're at two days for a three bedroom, two bath house, um, which is pretty a luxurious house if you ask me. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, I know I, I only know. have one bathroom, but like it, the thing is, is like when you're, when you're, Looking at your stuff, you think, ah, I can get this packed in a couple of days. It should be fine. When I say it's going to be 24 to 48 hours of time, that means nonstop work start to finish is 24 to 48 hours of time. Nobody is staying awake for 24 to 48 hours. You're sleeping. You're going to the bathroom. You're eating. So like if I'm telling you that this project is going to take you 24 hours, you realistically are going to need about four days to get that done. Oh, yeah. Of really, really hard work, because that's eight hours a day that you're just hitting it with everything that you have. Um, so like when you're when you're budgeting the space that you have, you really want to think in the back of your head, how many days do I need to really get this place into order? Um, because there has been too many times where I think that this is enough time and it's not. Um, it's never yeah, it never it's is. never enough. Um, yeah. And that's why the estimates that I've put in the Google sheet are so generous because it's like, you might be able to do it in less time. And if you can, I have mad respect for you because like, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
in all the years that I've been moving, I've, I've never seen it take less than that. Um, just because when you average things out all, all overall, it ends up being that much time. So like the studio that I lived in, um, because it's a bedroom living room combined took me about three days to pack. Um, because I had a lot of storage. I had a lot of kitchen shit. I had a lot of like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like random crap. Um, it took me about three days and that was a studio, but I was doing all the packing myself. There was nobody there to help me, which, you know, obviously is going to mean that you have longer time, which leads right into the next point. You want to, <laughs> <laughs> how many people can help you? Um, because realistically, Per person in the household, you need two people to help you, minimum. Um, Oh, yeah. Per room in the house, you should realistically have at least one to two people. Um, So, like, if you're in a position where you don't have people who can help you, um, this is going to cost a lot of money, and it's going to take a lot of time, and there's nothing to be done for it. Um, there are apps like, um, I think, uh, what was that one? Um, task something task, uh, task. There, there are several. Task yes. Rabbit. Task rabbit. Um, task rabbit. Oh yeah. Those, yeah. Where you can hire people to help you organize, help you move, help you pack. Those are anywhere between 50 and $150 an hour. Um, and so, it seems like it's a lot of money, but understand that um, these people are really good at what they do. You see the reviews for each of them. Um, oh, yeah. And if you don't have other humans that can help you do this, you don't have much of a choice, do you? You kind of have to. Not, not really. Yeah, you, you do have to kind of. Right. And um, if you have more than a couple of rooms worth of furniture, so like kitchen, bedroom, living room. If it's much more than that, realistically, you're going to want to have movers, professional movers in to help you move the furniture because oh, yeah. um, that much furniture is not something that lay people are really prepared to deal with. Um, the movers, if you tell them just to move the furniture and then you take care of everything else... It will still cost you, but it won't be as expensive as hiring full-on movers to do everything. Um, so, like, get all the furniture collapsed and, you know, tie up the stuff with your gaffer's tape and, like, get it ready to move and then call the movers. Um, my, I had a friend who had to move uh, an apartment that was less than a quarter of a mile away from, um, in distance from each other. Uh, oh, yeah. Had a shitload of furniture he was like, I don't necessarily need them to move my delicates and my breakables and my um, clothes that I can do myself. Um, but the furniture is too expensive to replace easily. So like, I'd like to take it with me. Um, right. So he called the movers. They had everything loaded on the truck in the space of an hour and a half. They were quick. Like they went through like five rooms worth of furniture in out done because None of the mattresses were on the bed. None of the cushions were on the couch. Everything was collapsed down as small as it can go. So when they came in, it was a question of pick it up, shove it in the van, and get out of there. Um, When they got to the new place, it took them another two hours and change to get it set up in there. But like all said and done, that was significantly cheaper than him having to hire 
the full moving experience, which would have been over a thousand dollars to go a quarter of a mile, which is fucking obnoxious, but like absolutely obscene. Yeah. Such is the nature of the beast of living in a large city is like, they're going to, they're going to ream you out for the cost um, if they can help it. So like, if you tell them I need you for about four or five hours to get just the furniture from point A to point B, they're like, Oh yeah, we can do that. Don't worry about it. Um, and, and they're usually pretty happy to do it because liability is less. They tend to have less aggravation with that. The, the furniture moves are things that like most of the movers are pretty happy to do. It's, it's when it's a small, small boxes. It's the annoying boxes. Like they're just like, Jesus Christ, I have to make 70 trips to get this out of here because it's like nothing is shaped or sized properly to easily fit on the dolly. I have to move it up to the truck. If it's just furniture, people are usually pretty happy to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If you do have people who can help you out, um, like I said, you want to budget about two people per person in the family and minimum of two people per room in the house, um, including the family. So like if you have a three bedroom house with, uh, four people living in it. You want a minimum of eight people, you know, there for the um for the for the folks who are in the family, and at least six people, bare minimum, to help you get your shit out of a three bedroom house. I found that if you try to go much less than that, things tend to get a little stupid. If you know what I mean. <laughs> stupid. Stupid's a good term for that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. So like, uh, uh, Nico's sister, when she was moving, it was me, uh, Nico, his mom, his dad, um, his godmother, and then her roommate and then his roommates, her roommate's mom, um, and her. So like, that was a lot of people to move two bedrooms to the new place. Yeah. But it was kitchen bedroom living room like all this other shit had to go the tv had to come down off the wall the the you know like the game systems had to come with all the couches the bed yeah 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 yeah. shit it still took us the better part of like eight hours to get that shit done hobbs can i help you why do you insist on putting your butt in my face and chewing on my thumb he wants you to see his butt it's well i mean it's just yeah i mean he's a cat so that's sort of (laughs) a given but so, like, I'm talking in a situation where it's an elevator building. She was on the second floor. It's not like we had to wait a long time for the elevator to come up or down. Um, we found a, uh, we had the moving truck parked directly in front. They have um, a back exit to the building where they have a ramp that you can roll shit up to the moving truck with so you're not carrying it. It took the better part of eight hours to get everything from point A to point B. And we were still not done because they had to return the goddamn moving van. Right. I'm sure I've mentioned this at least a couple of times by now. <laughs> Once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> I have had this moving van return situation fuck up more times than I care to count. And oh. now I'm just like, just book it for longer than you think you need. Because otherwise, you you're going to have to make be... multiple trips for no reason. Yep. Um, other thing to consider sincerely when you're um, on the moving train um we talked about this a couple of times um you really do need to consider your abilities so oh yeah if you have uh executive processing issues if you have add if you have physical uh constraints that you're up against um 
these are all things to keep sort of in the back of your mind when you're going through this process. So like, if you know, um, I have a friend who has ADD and, uh, for him, it's almost impossible to get something done if he's alone. But if he, if he has someone there with him, he's able to get it done. He's like, I don't need you to do the thing. I'll do it myself. That's fine. I just need you to keep me company so that I keep focused on my task and I don't get distracted by 30 different things. Because if I'm talking to you, at least my brain is focusing on something other than this boring task that I don't want to do. Um, right. And then we're both having a good time. Um, and so like when he has to run errands, when he has to, um, you know, do cleaning, whenever he has to like fold laundry or whatever, he's not the type of person where he can throw on a podcast or, you know, throw on an audio book and listen to it and zone out mentally. He needs to actively be having a conversation with someone. So like sometimes he'll give me a call on the phone and say, Hey, Dino, um, I'm about to start like, uh, cleaning my house. Do you mind um, giving me some company for some while? And we'll chat on the phone for a couple of hours while he's cleaning so that, you know, he can get it done. These are things to keep in the back of your mind um, and make yeah. accommodations for yourself and kind of be gentle with yourself when uh, uh, yeah. these accommodations oh. need to happen. Because, like, if you know you have ADD, you understand that it's probably going to take you a little bit longer to get a specific task done, especially if it's a boring task. Oh, Lord, ain't that the truth? <laughs> right. Kevin speaks from experience. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and, and I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, living with someone who has some of that, uh, ex some executive issues when she isn't taking her meds, uh, or, you know, when meds wear off, uh, someone who like, I am pretty sure at this point I have a, some form of ADHD and do a lot of my, uh, and, and self-manage with caffeine in large quantities. Um, so yeah, no, I understand completely. Um, I don't know if I want to get a formal diagnosis yet, but it is something I'm I'm thinking about. It might be sensible to figure out so that you can get right. accommodations if you need them. Um, right. So like I, I know that I'm really good at organizing, and like you know that Ursula is really good at like packing stuff into other stuff. Like yes. she's good at it. Um, oh yeah, she may not necessarily have the wherewithal to do it but if you tell her hey can you pack this shit into that box she's probably like yeah 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 no worries i can do that she wouldn't think to do it on her own does that make sense yes exactly exactly so like i've got and and the reason that i know this is because i've got friends who have um executive dysfunction or uh, like some level of add where it's like if you tell them to do a thing they'll do the thing and they'll do it really well but they wouldn't think to do that first Right. Or like they're stuck in the decision-making uh, fatigue and they're like, I don't know what to do next. Um, so nothing is going to get done while I sit here in a blind panic for the next couple of hours. Um, whereas if someone's there keeping them company saying, Hey, uh, why don't we do this next? They're like, Oh yeah, cool. No problem. I can do that. Uh, that's easy. And then they do it and they do a really good job of it. Um, uh, I know that, um, I have to be careful about it, Kevin, because I, I have the tendency to be very good at organizing people and organizing events and organizing things like that. And I have to really watch myself that I don't fall into bossy territory, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Because 
it's very easy for when you're the quote unquote competent one in the friend group or in the family group. And then you end up being the one, not necessarily making all the decisions, but making all the decisions basically. Like, yeah. Um, I, I, I really have to watch myself to keep from going from helpful into bossy because it's very, very easy for me to realize, like, I just know how to get this done right. And if we could all just listen to me, we could get this done. And the issue is, is that a lot of the people around me know, know that I'm really good (laughs) at that and they listen to me when I say it. So it's like, I don't want to tread into territory where I'm taking away someone's agency. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a delicate line to walk. Um, and I've watched, um, quote unquote, competent people not do a good job of walking that line, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And I don't want to go down that road. So like, I am good at organizing. I am good at making those kinds of decisions. Um, and a lot of times when I'm surrounded by people who either don't want to, or can't make those decisions they're happy to abdicate that to me. And they're like, listen, I don't fucking know what I want, but if you can put something in front of me, I will eat it. And I'm like, <laughs> or I can figure that out. Um, right. Uh, so like your abilities are not necessarily just your disabilities. They're also your strong points. They're also the things that you're very good at. So yeah. like um, I, I have a friend um, uh, who's not very good at heavy lifting. She cannot lift worth a crap because she fucked up her back years ago in some kind of um, accident where she fell down something. Um, however, she's really good at um, keeping company with people. Like when she's around, it's a party. Like everybody has a good time. So you could be doing something as mundane as like doing dishes. But when she's there, She's a very entertaining person to have around. So like, um, even when she can't necessarily help with a specific thing, we still right. ask her to come with on those kinds of things because we know that she's going to keep the morale up. Um, you know, like uh, you may not be good at organizing or packing, but you are very strong and you're able to lift heavy things easily. Um, fine. That we need every type of person in this to, you know, donate their skills and their expertise in such a way that it's going to work out. So, like, be cognizant of your abilities, but also be cognizant of your strengths and and what you bring to the table. And sometimes, right. what you bring to the table is a big fat check to pay for things because, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> what you have, you have money, and and. People fucking need money. I remember um, when I was in high school or middle school or something like that, um, one of my friends um, had like a lawn care business with his friend, with his, with his, with his elder brother. Um, and the two of them would um, charge like, this was back in like the nineties. Um, they would charge like 20 bucks um, and they would come and like mow your grass and like trim the hedges and like just generally keep things up um, uh, twice a week or something like that. And you'd give them 20 bucks each time and they would just do it. And so like this kid always had money because like during the weekends, him and his brother would go around the neighborhood and like cut the grass for the neighbors. Um, and he was like, I could, 
I, I wish that we could have like a moving job because then me and my friends can really make some money. And so when yeah. mom's friend was moving houses, I was like, Hey, this lady is moving houses. She doesn't have a lot of money to pay, um, but she'll help out every step of the way. Um, and they were like, we'll charge her like $150 a head um, for each of, so for me, my brother and um, you know, my dad, and we'll all come and we'll help her move. And so that lady was able to provide a check. She couldn't do heavy lifting. She wasn't able to like, she was able to organize. She was able to pack, but like the heavy lifting was not happening. But like the guys were like, it's fine. Um, you know, you're, you're our friend's friend. You, you need help. Uh, you have money to give us. So let's make the magic happen. Um, but like whatever it is that, that you're able to bring to the table, bring it to the table. Um, and, and if your friend is saying, Hey, I'm going to be moving offer to help in whatever way that you're comfortable with. So like, if you're not the type of person to do a lot of lifting specifically say, Hey, I'll come help you pack or like, Hey, I'll, um, come by on the day of the move and I'll bring over some pizza or like, um, I can help drive you. Um, if you know, you have a couple of extra errands that you need to run on the day of whatever it is that you can do, like offer what is in your ability. Um, rather than saying like, Oh, I'll help you move heavy boxes. And then you throw out your back and then now where are you? Right. Yeah, no, you're you're in a whole other world of pain and nobody wins. Nobody wins. And and like the nobody thing wins. is is that in the moving process any help is help, is like appreciated. It it doesn't necessarily have to be like I can do the heavy lifting. Sometimes help is just packing those last few things that the person forgot to do and just dealing with it so that the person who's trying to get the moving happening doesn't have to think about it. Just like whatever you can take off their plate is going to be helpful. So like, if you think, well, no, I can't lift anything heavy. Well, whatever it is that you can do fucking step in and do it. And, and, and the thing is, is like, I feel like, um, especially gay people, we tend to have to find our families once we become adults, because a lot of times our, our birth families are shitty and right. And you know, that kind of thing. So like, if we always are thinking about like, well, I can't necessarily do um, quite this much for my my friend, uh, so that means I shouldn't offer at all. It it ends up being that that person is now pretty much you know stuck on an island by themselves. Whereas if you're saying like, okay, I can't do this, but I can do this, and this is what I can offer, what ends up happening is that you fill in for each other's um, not shortcomings, but like where, where one person leaves off, the other person steps in and, 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 and you all kind of figure it out together. Um, and like I said before, many hands make light work. Like the more. People, oh yeah. 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 Um, sometimes it's just having that person there who's entertaining or like who can keep the music playlist going. Um, whatever that looks like for you, uh, I would encourage you to help each other out. And like you mentioned before, if you're an old person whose back is completely dead, there's nothing wrong with saying like, I'll drive the moving van. Or, you know, uh, I will provide all of the drinks you need. Correct. Right. I'll run right. down to the bodega and grab bottles of ice water. We'll figure this out. Um, or like, um, 
I'll write a check for the guys who can move the furniture because I know you don't have any money, but I've got a couple of hundred bucks that came in on my bonus and I'll help you out. Like whatever that looks like for you, be, be willing to get in there. Um, other major, major thing you want to look at is time. Um, oh yeah. Which none of us has enough of ever. Nope. Uh, number one concern is when do you have to be out the door? Um, and that's always the hard one. That's always Always the hard hard one. one. Um, and that's why I keep saying like, if you can afford to extend that time, extend that time so that when you get the keys to your new place, um, you have a little bit more time to wrap up affairs in the old place. What some what a lot of landlords will do is that they will offer you what's called a prorated rate um, if you don't need the full month. So if you tell them, hey, I can be out of here on the second week of July rather than, you know, the 31st of July, um, can you cut me a deal and I'll pay you like that half a month's rent for the day that I'm out the door? Um, that That is sometimes an option if budget is is a concern. Um, not all of them will do it, but I know that any of the... Um, larger uh corporations that that run rental units and things like that if you tell them um my move-in date is on this date um and i'll be out the door two weeks after they'll usually offer you a prorated rate for that last couple of weeks that you're there um right it's like i said it's not always an option but if it it's always worth asking in case um the full month is not an option um right the other thing is, is that um, if you don't have a lot of time, if the move out date is too close to your move in date, um, what this happens is that you're going to have to ramp up the amount of boxes that you're getting. You're going to have to ramp up the amount of friends that you yeah. call in. You're going to have to ramp up the amount of money that it's going to cost you. Everything's going to be more expensive. Everything you're going to need more of because... Yes, technically, you could get away with buying the correct amount of boxes. But realistically, if time is not on your side, any time that you're wasting on running back and forth to the store is time that you've lost in the move. Um, And so if you need to be out in three days, you need to be out in three days. So anything that you can do to cut back on the amount of time that you're spending there, because you still need to clean the place up to get your security deposit back. um, Anything that you can do to compress that time down you will do so like your packing supplies you're gonna have to buy more than you thought you do your boxes you're gonna have to buy way more than you thought you do because you don't have the luxury of making double trips um the amount of people that you thought you're gonna need you're gonna need more of them because the thing is is like you don't time is not on your side right now this is no we're racing against the clock same thing with the money is like um anything that happens in a shorter time frame is always more expensive and there's, there's, yeah, and just either learn to accept it or, you know, be prepared to uh, deal with it. Because there's, there's, I mean, I mean, there's, there's no other way to, uh, no other way to say it. I mean, no, exactly. You know, and and I'm hoping that this is sort of helpful to people who maybe haven't done the move thing before, like you know, they're moving out of their parents' house into their own first house, or like whatever. There are certain things that you don't consider um, if you haven't done this a million and a half times that I've already thought of that I've put in this little document. Oh, yeah. To consider. No. Um, so like 
Um, other thing is, is that um, you really want to look into the time that you have for unpacking. The reason that I mentioned this is, say, for example, you're doing like a cross-country move type of situation. Um, let's say it's for work. Uh, your new job is going to start a day and a half after your movers leave. Um, that gives you basically 24 hours to unpack your shit because you need to be at the desk the next day. Yep. Um, this is not an ideal situation, which is why I say like, if you have the luxury of taking time off of work so that the move can happen, by all means, take time off of work so that the move can happen, um, be it at the new job or the old job or whatever. Shove things back as much as you can because the thing is, is like, if you're under the gun and you're in the new place and you just flew cross country seven hours and now you have to drive another hour out of the airport back to your house uh, and the movers are coming in on that same day and dropping off all your shit... Um, you're going to be necessarily exhausted. And the only thing you're going to have the wherewithal to unpack is your work clothes and some shoes. Yep. And you can just plan on basically that being it, like be ready to work because that's all Correct. you're going to have the energy to do at the end of the day. Correct. And by the time the weekend comes home, comes around, you're going to be so exhausted that like, you're not going to be able to really get to the unpacking in earnest. Which is why when I've had to move, I'll take off a couple of days of work on either side or tell my boss, like, I'm going to be coming in late on this day because I really need to, like, get my shit together. Um, if your company is offering you moving money, like, to get from point A to point B, it's not always an option. But consider asking if they will pay for an organizer to come unpack your shit. Um, especially if they're asking you to come back to work on a short time schedule. Um, the professional organizers are expensive. Um, oh yeah. Of course. They're very, very expensive. Usually you can expect to pay about $150 an hour for a professional organizer to come out, take your shit out of the boxes and put it away. However, once they do it, it's done so well that you probably don't ever have to do it again. Like, they, they know what they're doing. They'll usually talk with you ahead of time and ask you, like, how do you want things done? And you give them, like, a, you know, rough idea as to what you want done. Um, it is expensive. Um, but so expensive. If you don't have the luxury of time and you do have the luxury of money because, like, your company is offering you moving expenses, consider asking. Because the I've, I've, I've had a friend who had that situation happen where, like, the situation I described, he had to be out of New York on like the end of the month. And then the job in LA started the third um, of the next month. Um, and so he got everybody, you know, everything onto the van, the moving van, like three, four days before leaving New York. Um, by the time he left New York, he had somebody coming up to buy the bed and the couch from out, out from under him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he was cutting it real close, but the issue was, was like he said, if I couldn't sell it, I would have just told the super to take it because it was nice furniture, whatever. I can't take it with me. Um, movers shot across country by the time he reached LA. Like I said, he was on the flight for seven hours. Um, he got off in Los Angeles by the time he got to his house between traffic and, uh, getting out of the plane. It was like an hour, hour and a half later. He was so tired that by the time the movers came and unpacked everything, 
he was like, there was Dino, there was no way in hell I was going to get it done. So he just called a professional organizer to get it done. It cost yeah. him about, uh, like $1,800, $2,000, give or take to, to do his, um, two bedroom house. Um, but that was also because when he packed, he was very organized. So like it didn't take as long as it could have if like everything was all over the place. Um, but he's like, it was the best 2000 bucks I've ever spent. Um, she, she came in, she got everything set up beautifully and, and his company did pay for it because he was like, you're asking me to catch a few hours of sleep at night and then just come into work the next day. Um, you need to provide some kind of accommodations for me because I physically don't have the time to deal with this. So yeah, again, it goes back to knowing what your abilities are and asking for what you need. You need it. Um, not everyone has the luxury of the privilege. Blah, 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 blah. We get it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about the next point about the distance of the move. Um, where we did. Yep. Everything that you take from point A to point B is going to cost a fucking fortune. Um, Just accept it. Accept it or get rid of it. Yep. Um, I, I've, the reason that from, uh, that I'm taking my furniture from this apartment to the next apartment is because I just bought it. Um, the couch set I bought like two years ago, the bed I bought a year ago, like, and the kitchen, um, Island I bought like two years ago when I moved in, it's all brand new furniture. Like it's, and I spent a lot of yeah. money on it. Like the couch set was like 800 some odd dollars. The fucking kitchen Island was $500. The bed was $600. Like I, it was a lot of money that I had to outset at once to get my house set up. And I could not quickly replenish everything if I were to get rid of it and start over from scratch. Um, so I'm going to take that furniture with me. Meanwhile, the distance between this apartment and the new one is like a mile. Oh, well, that's... If that. Surprisingly not that bad, but yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same zip code, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, which is, I, I mean, you know, around here, staying in the same zip code would be like a thing. Uh -huh. um, but when we get to, you know, like up there, you could move, you can move a mile and have changed zip codes <laughs> twice. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, um, yeah, from the time I moved to New Jersey till now, I'm still in the same zip code because I just keep moving in the same neighborhood um, because I really like this neighborhood. Uh, yeah. So like if, if you have the option to get rid of it and you're moving, even if it is a close distance, get rid of it, sell it, whatever, and then get something else in the new place just because um, the moving of is such a pain in the ass that it's like, sometimes it's just easier to like start over. Um, what yeah, I've yeah, yeah, had yeah. some people do is that they'll get the moving van from point A, load it up with all their crap, take it to the new state that they're going to unload everything, drive it over to like Ikea or like um, modern age or whatever the furniture store is, pick up the furniture. They have the moving van now anyway, and then take yep. it to the new house so that they can save on the delivery charges because delivery charges are fucking expensive. Um, so it's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is fucking expensive. Um, when, when you're, when you're going um, in a shorter distance, so like this is a, not, not even a mile, uh, Kev, I think it's like more like, uh, yeah, yeah. Of a mile, half a mile, something like that. 
even when you are going in a short distance, you still don't want to make the mistake of taking shit that you don't need to take. Um, like Kevin was saying, some people yeah, it's... pack up their shit into a free uh, into a cooler from the fridge and take it to the new place. Yeah, anything you pack, you have to unpack. One hundred percent. I mean, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's the reality of it, right? Anything you pack, you have to unpack. Correct. And anything you ha- you force yourself to have to unpack is going to waste more time on the other side. So, like, yep. if you can stand to get rid of it, just get rid of it. Like, um, if it's expensive or irreplaceable or something like that, I understand. Um, so, like, I have um, a minor addiction to fancy mustards. Um, uh, no shame. There's a um, store in Wisconsin in the Madison area called the Mustard Museum. They have oh. the largest collection of mustards in the world. So that's that's the kind of place that I would want to, you know, like go in the Winnebago. On your road trip where it's like, let's go to yes. the mustard museum. And the neat thing is, is that any of the mustards that they have in their shop, um, they have available in their tasting room. So they give you a pretzel stick and let you taste the mustard. Oh, my. So there's the mustard um, from a brand called Pomery. Um, and, uh, my favorite one of that is the, um, uh, burgundy mustard. Um, Uh mustard made with burgundy wine. I mean, why wouldn't you? Now you need a vinegar or some sort of acid base. I mean, but no, they put vinegar, of course, but they also, they also use, uh, burgundy wine in the, in the recipe. Oh, so it is so delicious that like you can eat it as a dip for vegetables. Like it's so tasty. Oh, Uh, and just rude. I am addicted to that mustard and it is beastly expensive. So like every time I'm there in the mustard museum in Wisconsin, I go pick up a jar, um, it is available on Amazon for about 13 bucks. Let me send you the link so that you have. Yeah, I, I well, I was going to say, I've already got Mustard Museum down in the for show notes because, oh my God, Mustard Museum, right? It's right up there with the Corn Palace and... Uh, and um, Corn Palace. Yeah, the Corn Palace and uh, one of the Dakotas. I forget which Dakota. Um, Corn Palace, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, of places we really ought to visit. Uh, or I went to visit. Ursula's like, yeah, the Corn Palace is not that that impressive. I'm like, but Corn Palace. Well, like, um, we, um, my friend Tasha and I, um, we, I'm, I'm sure I told you this story at some point before. She she called me on the phone one day and she was like, hey, Dino, um, I have round trip tickets for 30 bucks. I was like, book it. She's like, you didn't even ask right. me it's going. I said, I don't care where it's going. It's round trip tickets for 30 bucks. Book it. So she- <laughs> Right? So it turned out that the round trip tickets was um, going from Jersey to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Um, and while I love Minneapolis, yeah, it's a great little town. Um, and while it's we not, there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a little town, but yeah, okay, to you me, are a New Yorker, um, yeah. So like, I was like, while we're there, we should like go see if they have any like weird roadside attractions and like some little dink town where they're, you know the entire town is based around the stupid roadside attraction. And I, oh, yeah. I was like, like, like the largest ball of twine or something. Ha 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 ha. So then she goes home that night and Googles. It turns out the largest ball of twine is right outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right. So, oh yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, so we went, um, it was, of course it was like an hour and change drive, um, to this dink dink town called Darwin, Minnesota population 200 something. Um, and the entire town is based around this ball of twine. Like it's, 
it was adorable. It's it's like that dumb shit that I find very exciting to go visit. Like I, I want to see the giant garlic. I want to see this, you know, the impossibly large chicken. Have, have you been? Have you been to the uh, mustard museum in Wisconsin? I have not. Then we have to go. Yes. Also, Alan Tudyk just retweeted me. Alan Tudyk just retweeted you. Well, there you go. Um. That's a hell of a thing. He should know. So that. hey, so like every time I so like yeah. I have expensive mustards that I usually only buy when I'm in Madison, and it's been a few years. So like I've been um, refueling my uh, addiction online, um, and Amazon has most of the mustards that I like. So like I don't want to throw those out because they were, you know, like ten dollars a jar, thirteen dollars a jar, twenty dollars a jar. Um, but like the I don't know, like the bottle of um, uh, I don't know. Um, orange juice or something like that either i'll yeah. drink it or i'm throwing it out like it's not coming with um i'll make another grocery order when i get to the new place and figure it out um because like you said everything that you take you have to pack and then you have to repack it oh, sorry and then you have to unpack yeah and so why why set yourself up for more aggravation than you absolutely have to when you're already in a time of pretty severe aggravation um yeah even if it's a short move, consider seriously whatever you can get rid of and get rid of it. Um, if you're on oh, yeah. terms with the neighbors, tell them, hey, uh, do you want like my leftover um, all-purpose flour and sugar and like butter? Like I have it in my fridge. I'm not going to take it with me. Have that, um, you know, rather than throwing it out. If, if you feel bad throwing out food, fine, whatever. Um, right. But, like, don't make the mistake of thinking, oh, it's a short move, we can take everything. Yes, you can, um, but sometimes the question is not, can we, it's should we. Should we, yeah. Should we. Uh, other thing to really, really uh, keep an eye on is the time of year that you're moving. If you can help it and move when it's not balls hot outside, I would strongly suggest doing that. Please do that, yeah. Do, um, not, do not move when it is hotter than hell. No, because that's the mistake I've made way too many times and i come from fucking florida so it's like i should know better by now don't move during july august like wait until halloween when it's cold enough that you need a coat outside then if you work up a sweat you're not miserable um you don't need to run the air conditioner at sub-zero temperatures to keep everybody from dying of heat exhaustion like if you're moving in summer, which um, is what happened with Nico's sister, it wasn't necessarily summer, but it was hot. It was really, really hot outside. Um, and like we talked about the city throwing back the heat on top of you, you know, throughout the day. Um, that's what it was doing. It was beastly, beastly hot. We made sure that um, because we knew that she was going to be kind of all over the place, each of us brought our own water bottle to refill because New York City tap oh, yeah. water is really delicious. So like... It was, we can just refill it from the tap. It comes out ice cold from the tap anyway, so it's fine. So we all just brought our water bottle. If you're, if you have the funds to make it happen, go to the local grocery store, pick up a case of water, keep it in a cooler with some ice, um, and have it available for whoever needs it throughout the day. Even if you hire movers and you're paying them money to do it, just have it there for them. You don't want someone to oh, yeah. have a heat stroke. Like, Heat exhaustion is a serious thing. It's not something that you want to have. Turn on the AC as cold as it'll go because they're going to be opening and shutting the door nonstop day in and day out. So all the cold is going to rush out. Um, yep. Like 
it's it's going to be swamp ass hot outside. You don't want them to feel swamp ass hot on the inside. You want them to have that moment of respite and some cold water and you know whatever else it is. I will also suggest that on moving day you keep a um roll of an extra roll of toilet paper at both locations. Um and, Oh yeah, that and sanitizer I, at both locations. Yeah, let's let's talk about have I um you know, uh, uh, things I have discovered, mistakes I have made, not having toilet paper at the place you're going. And then it's like, where is the toilet paper? Correct. Right. Yeah. You you don't want to be in that situation. It's terrible. If it's a short distance move, if it's a long distance move, throw a roll of toilet paper in your purse and take it with you. Um, yeah. If you don't have space in your purse for a toilet paper, throw in some wet wipes. It'll get the job done. Um, yes. And also take hand sanitizer because realistically, um, soap would require like a towel, um, which you probably won't have access to. So it's probably better to just have hand sanitizer as a backup. Um, but like, these are all just dumb shits to like keep in the back of your mind while you're, you know, going through the madness. Yeah. Have water bottles, have, um, you know, like some kind of cold beverage ready. Um, so is that, uh, I, I would even go so far as to say, if it's in the budget, buy like a few bottles of Gatorade or something to rehydrate with. If it's if it's a oh yeah, because you will dehydrate from all that sweat that you're doing going back and forth in that heat. Um, if it's colder, um, then you want to still make sure that the water is there. Um, yes, you'll still dehydrate oh, yeah. when it's cold. You just won't. Oh yeah, fast. Um, but if you can, and it's an option, run down the local Dunkin' Donuts and get one of those little boxes of coffee that they have, um, so that like people can warm up a little bit while they're, while they're moving all your shit back and forth. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe grab some donuts, maybe grab some pastries, something like you, you want to have things around, um, as like a thank you for the people who are helping you out, um, whether they're getting paid or not, it's it's not that expensive to be kind. Yeah, no, and and uh, truth there, absolutely, it is. It is not kindness goes a long way in in the moves, such a long way. And a lot of times, um, when you're nice to someone, they're willing to give you a lot more grace than if you're an asshole. So true. Uh, so very, very true. Yeah. You know, a $5, you know, box of donuts um, does more to, you know, grease the wheels of happiness than like, um, you know, any amount of money that you're paying someone. Like it's, it's a couple of bucks, but it's like, it, you're basically telling the person who's out here helping you whether or not they're getting paid for it. I thought of you. I'm thinking of your comfort. I'm thinking of your of your of your happiness. Um, I want you to be okay. Uh, here's everything yeah. that I can do for you. And and like I said, sometimes the movers have to charge you an extra surcharge when something out of the ordinary happens. But like I've seen situations where they're like, "Listen, ordinarily we wouldn't do this," or like, "Ordinarily, um, you know, we would have to charge you extra to do this." But like, you're a really nice person. So we're willing to go a little bit, the extra mile for you. And literally all that person had done was have like a, a tub of hot cocoa and a tub of like coffee um, and donuts in the morning when yeah. it came and some disposable cups. Um, it, it, it's, 
it's not that expensive and it's something we talk a lot we talked a lot about hospitality and like somebody coming into your home and that kind of thing when we were talking about the cooking yeah. episode i don't i believe that that should continue to extend even when you're leaving that home anybody who's coming into your home especially those people who are here to help you you want to do whatever you can yeah. to show them like hey i care about you i want you to be comfortable i want you to be happy um when it's warm weather uh what really works is like um if you go to your local deli and have them like make up a few sandwiches for everybody and cut them into small pieces so they can be carried by hand um, while you're running around, uh, always helpful. Um, maybe have a couple of bottles of soda sitting um, with some ice, right? But like, you know, whatever it is, um, whether it's hot outside, cold outside, you want to sort of have something to fill your tummy that's going to take that edge of hunger off before you can properly sit down and get something. Um, but not so yeah. cool you're tired and you need to take a nap. Have you, I, I'm gonna, I, I have to kind of ask this one. Um, have you seen, um, what, what brain, my brain is doing a thing. Um, have you seen, uh, Sandra? Oh, uh, everything everywhere all at once. No, uh, I've heard it's violent, so I avoided it. It's violent, but it's humorous, and it also, um, straight up, it it's like, be kind, is ah. a whole thing in it. Um, it's not super violent. Uh, it's mostly comedy violence and kung fu, mm. but s- still, I can see why where you would be like, not for me. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But it's, it's, the thing is, is like, um, so many, I was at, um, friend's wedding, like this was back when I was just starting college and, uh, she was working on an extremely tight budget. And when I say tight budget, I mean, like she went to the grocery store and bought roses because she couldn't afford a florist to put centerpieces together for. Right. Right. Um, she basically did everything herself. And so on the day of the wedding, um, she was like, Hey Dino, I need to go get dressed. Can you please help set up like the, um, the buffet table where we're going to have all the food that, um, that we bought. Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. No worries. So before this time, the, the caterers slash event people had came to like help set up the place, uh, with the chairs and the tables and stuff. And, um, I'd been joking and laughing with everybody, just having a general good time because like, I'm a friendly person. I want to get to right. know whoever's there. Um, so the lady saw me not struggling, but like putting together the, the, um, buffet table in a way that was, workable but not exactly pleasing to the eye and she was like hey um do you mind if i put a little bit of flair into that because i think it could look nicer and i was like by all means please go right ahead and so while she's arranging the flowers and the and the napkins and the plates and everything else on that on that display um she was like oh i I worked with um a florist for like 10 years when i was um uh, you know, out of college and I had my first kid. And so like, I really love arranging flowers. 
Um, and so when I saw you struggling with this, I figured, let me lend a hand. Um, she went above and beyond the call of duty. She didn't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was friendly and, 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 and nice, she was like, oh yeah, let me help out. Like, um, right. And, and while she's doing this, she's still getting paid cause she's getting paid by the hour, but now she's having a good time doing something that she's interested in and that she's passionate about. Like she loves table arranging and, and, and florist, uh, uh, fripperies and things like that. She loves that kind of shit. So she's like, you know, Hey, I'm glad that you helped. Let, let me, uh, take over. Um, and I was like, no, no. When an expert steps in, I stand back and let them do their magic. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, final uh, major, major consideration that I want everybody to consider is safety equipment. Oh um, my god, yes. And we never talk it, about safety equipment when it comes to moving, which I think is a shame. Um, uh, first and foremost, you want to, especially if you're renting like one of the bigger box trucks moving vans, you want to have straps to hold stuff down in the van so that when you're driving around in wherever it is that you are, the stuff isn't like jostling all over the back seat. Uh, yeah, and often those either, if you're doing a U-Haul, uh, you can Kevin, either get can't them hear as- you. Oh, fuck me. Um, oh, you just froze out for a minute there. You're fine. also dealing with a sergey on my desk so i'm having to rearrange things so um you're good yeah uh but no the um uh, often you can rent them Mm -hmm. as part of your truck like they'll say do you need straps yes um and if you don't have your own straps like we have tie downs and things for for the truck obviously because it's a truck um but uh, you know, you may not have enough, or you may not have a truck, and you may not already have tie downs. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, no, you absolutely want to strap things down in the truck because yes, I will remove my phone from the desk. Let us, yes, let I love you too. Make a couple of caveats. Um, yes, like at a con, Axe body spray is not a shower. Um, right. In a moving van, bungee cords are not straps. Oh, so true. Kitchen um, line is not straps. No, um, is not straps. Best, best, <laughs> best moment is when Ursula bought the painting mm-hmm. that uh, is in our kitchen, and it takes up basically an entire wall. Jesus, yeah, no, it is huge. It is it is called the Chatham Rabbit. It's actually a re- relatively famous painting by a relatively famous local painter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is beautiful, but she's like, I just bought this thing. I got a voicemail that was like, so I bought a painting and I need to, we, we need to use your car to get it back. And I think we're going to need bungee cords because at the time I had the convertible. So I was coming back from Siler city, which is, you know, 35, 40 miles away with the top down Uh and this painting in the back seat sort of bungee corded in place in the hopes that like the wind didn't catch it and it didn't lift up like a sail. But I mean, that's, that's sort of the, Oh, are you two? Oh my God. Look. Yeah. Here, here's what I'm dealing with right now. There's the one eyed monster. My God. And then there's orange cat. And they're like starting to have a territory disagreement over who's allowed to sit on my desk. (laughs) No. Um, but, but yeah, no, like, the bungee cords alone may not have been sufficient for this. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's a thing. And so when you have 
the 150, 200 pound armoire um, that grandma brought over from the old country. Yeah. Bungee cords are not going to hold it down. Those straps, no. which are like these woven nylon straps. Um, <clears throat> and actually on the inside, oh, yeah. the, the U-Haul moving vans, they actually have hooks that you put the oh, yeah. into so that it secures your furniture. And they even have instructions on the inside of the moving van. Here's how you load the van. Load up this part and then strap yep. it down so everything stays put. Load up the yep. next one. Strap that down. So, like, you don't always have to um, strap down your shit, but it's it's something intelligent to have on hand if you don't have the whole thing exactly full to the brim, so to speak. You want to have things secured so that they don't yeah. get all over the place and fall. Um, and that's how breakage happens, and that's how people get hurt when you open the van yeah. and stuff falls out and on them. Falls or out unpacking it. and stuff falls on. Yeah, no, it fully does. Um, we need to have back braces for anybody who's going to be lifting heavy stuff. Yes. To be honest, I would say get back braces for people who technically aren't lifting heavy stuff because they're going to try to lift something that's heavier than they can at some point, and we don't want to throw out your back. Um, Nico yeah. did this during uh, his sister's move. Midway through the day, his back gave the fuck out. Like, he, he just twisted it wrong, and that was the end of him. And there goes one person who can lift heavy shit completely out of commission. Um, yeah. That was a mess. Um, if I'm not saying that the back brace is like... Um, uh, what do you call it? a cure-all? It's not going to no. stop you from fucking up your back, but it's going to help you, you know, have that back support that you need so that when you're lifting, you have something to back you up um, rather than nothing and then throwing it out. Um, anybody who's picking up anything heavy, furniture, uh, boxes, whatever, you need to be having heavy-duty gloves on. Um, yes, I cannot tell you how many times I have lifted something and then my hands are like raw. They're not bleeding, but they're really, really sore and it, and it's very, very painful. Um, or like sometimes you're lifting the bottom of like, um, uh, furniture and it's not real wood. It's like that particle board shit. That stuff is mm -hmm. like a motherfucker. It is not something oh, yeah. you want on your bare skin. Um, you have so many pieces of furniture and so many things in your house that have sharp edges that you never expected to have sharp edges. Um, paper cuts Truth. are a thing. I, I, I oh, had my hand over the top of a box and I had a fucking paper cut from the edge of the fucking cardboard box. It was like... Hate them. Yes. Hate them. Wear gloves, even if it is hot, because then that way you're not damaging your hands. Um, anybody who's wearing... Uh, who's Who's participating in the move... You need to be wearing closed-toed shoes. Um, even if you're if you're if you're lifting heavy stuff, for sure. Even if you're not, you should still be wearing the closed-toed shoes because shit falls all the time. Um, all the time, yeah. Um, and I want to say you made a note in there that uh, they don't have to be steel-toed boots. Look, don't. I, I'm going to say right now, if you're wearing steel-toed boots, make sure they're the industrial grade. Mm -hmm. Because I have had non-industrial grade slash construction steel-toed boots before. And the problem is that the steel will bend. Oh, no. And Oh, yeah. Um, and it can, like, if it is a big enough thing, it will do serious damage to your feet unpleasantly. Correct. Right? So, like, if, 
if you are wearing, if you're going to wear construction construction gear, um, like it should be the com plastic composite toes, it should be the industrial grade steel. No one actually does steel, like steel anymore. toes, steel toes anymore because, uh, all right, fine. Too many people have had their toes cut off by dropping things on them. Right. Yeah. We'll call it. It is. Yeah. Bad. Bad, 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 bad. Um, but you, so you want composite. Okay. Um, uh, but either way, um, if you don't necessarily have those reinforced boots, you know, yeah. Um, just wear some kind of closed toed shoe, um, with as much oh, yeah. on top as you can get. Um, just because like any protection that you can give your feet is, is going to help. The other thing is, is that I have noticed if you're wearing sandals, they don't provide as much arch support and um, no. ankle support as do regular shoes, like just tennis shoes, sneakers, something like that. Um, when you're depending on your back and your um, limbs to keep everything in order, you want to support your feet as best as you can, which is why you want to wear shoes. Um, if you ask any or uh, any uh, foot doctor, they'll tell you um, ballet flats are not good for your feet. High heels are not nope. good for your feet. Sandals aren't good for your feet. Pretty much the only shoes that are really good for your feet are like sneakers that are, you know, that provide good arch support, that have good ankle support. Um, so, like, it's not just safety equipment in case you drop something on your feet. It's also you're going to oh, yeah. be on your feet a lot. Even if you're not lifting heavy shit, you're going to be on your feet. It's always best to give your feet as much support as you can because that's holding up the rest of your body. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, I will burn through the reason I had to stop buying, uh, Doc Martens is because I could destroy a, the soles, the insoles of Doc Martens in a single convention season. Oh, geez. Yeah. Like I, I go for much more, even more supportive shoes now. Mm -hmm. Um, love Doc Martens. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely love them, but um, I I just have to you know I I I need something even more uh -huh. to be able to support during a, a convention season when I'm on you know I'm walking on concrete I'm standing on concrete I'm walking so much it's you know like I get expensive hiking boots yes. and you know like. Like I have two pairs, one for not in the chicken yard and one for in the chicken yard. Um, but you know, if I'm moving, if I'm going to be doing moving, if I'm going to do anything that involves a lot of work and standing and lifting and whatever, I'm going to grab one of those two pairs of boots because they give me, they're yes. designed to support your feet in all kinds of crazy situations. And whether you're in a crazy situation or not still, right. It's if you have the money to afford really good supportive shoes, go pay the money for it. There's, oh yeah. Um, what I realized uh, years ago, this was back in 2018 um, was that I was buying running shoes, but I haven't done running in years. Like it's, it's been a very long time since I've done any type of running. Um, but running shoes was what I was used to buying, um, because at that time I was only able to afford one pair of shoes. So it was like, yeah, if I can, if I can 
afford only one pair of shoes that that's like a nice pair of shoes because I was spending so much time on my feet, you know, living in New York city, walking everywhere. And also like running every now and again, I wanted to make sure that the most strenuous activity that I was doing was covered fine. Um, yeah. What I realized is that in, in the last 10 years or so, rather than running, I've been doing a lot more walking than anything else. Um, and so I found, uh, walking shoes from Skechers, um, that, oh, yeah. uh, that I bought, um, and they have like some kind of memory foam, um, in the uh, insole. Um, and one of those will last me about, um, six to eight months, give or take. Um, yeah. but when I'm with the amount of miles that I put on those shoes, six to eight months is quite reasonable. The issue is, is that they cost like 75 bucks a pair. Um, and I buy three pairs at a time so that I can rotate them so that my feet don't stink. Um, cause I want to give a good 24 to 48 hours between the last time that I wore those shoes, um, give them time to breathe. And so ever since I started doing that, where I rotate out the shoes, um, I've never had an issue with foot odor anymore. Um, I used to when I was, you know, younger because I only had one fucking pair of shoes that I was wearing every single day. Right. Yeah. Um, that's going to, that's going to cause foot odor. There's nothing to be done for it. You can change your socks as often as you want, but it gets deep into the, the cushy parts of the shoe and it, it throws yeah, it back. Well, I, I also am a big proponent of wearing, and this is, this is overall feet health, but it's also very important to this sort of thing. Um, I wear two pairs of socks. Okay. I have a thinner underlayer, like an undersock or a sock liner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a thicker hiking sock that I wear. It's 90 some degrees outside. Um, oh, 88. So, uh-huh. right. Not quite 90 Fahrenheit, but still. Um, and I'm wearing two pairs of socks right now because it reduces blisters. This Correct. is incredibly important. Correct. It reduces blisters. It has more room for the sweat to wick out. Mm-hmm. And again, your shoes don't stink because the the part that stinks is the undersock, and those are like dirt cheap to replace. Right. Like, right. I mean, admittedly, the these are like like you buy men's dress socks. Uh-huh. They're always they're crap. They're they stockings. They're, they're thin. They're thin. They're they're whatever. Yeah, but they're not very expensive. I can buy like a dozen of those, and those are under socks for me. Right, 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 right. Right. And you wear the thick padded socks for like the. And then, and then, yeah, I wear, you know, uh, Carhartt hiking socks, basically. Mm-hmm. Carhartt boot socks, the, the big thick mothers that are made for hiking and big industrial work all the time, no matter what. And so my shoes have to be slightly larger to accommodate the bigger sock. Correct. But, um, no blisters. Because all of the friction is happening between two pairs of socks. Correct. Um, no foot odor because all of that, or no, in the shoes, because all of that is it's in, caught. it's caught. And also, um, uh, I'm trying to remember what else, but it, it just elevates the experience. Uh-huh. And that extra padding doesn't seem like it does much when you drop something on your toes in, sure. even with non-protected don't you know ask me how i know but um it's still it's there's still that extra little bit of protection there and it helps and it helps Mm -hmm. like um like i said it it is expensive but i buy three pair at a time and 
even at three pair at a time and I'm alternating them every thus and such, it's six to eight months is about the life that I'm going to get out of those shoes. And once they're done, I will get rid of them because the thing is, is like back when I didn't have any money at all and I could only afford one pair of shoes, I was going to wear those shoes for like two, three years until they basically fell apart on me because that's all I could afford. I didn't have the money for new shoes. Um, I went through a phase where I would buy those Converse shoes. They have garbage for support. Absolutely none whatsoever. Absolutely none. So like, I will not wear those again because it's like, I spend way too much time on my feet to trust them to the Converse's that don't give me anything. I need, I need that support for my feet. Otherwise I'm going to be, my back is shitty as it is. We don't need more excuses to get shittier. I, I mean, truth. Absolute truth, right? And that's that's the same thing. So yeah, I I also do have a pair of walking shoes I have for when I'm on the treadmill, right? And and, and it makes such a difference versus yeah the running shoes versus the hiking shoes. Like the walking shoes support you differently, so that when you're walking, it gives you that kind of support yeah. that you need a um, very specific kind of support. Yeah, right, right. And so like once I realized that that's what I need, that's what I started buying and it's made such a huge difference in my back um and and yeah, the rest of my body. Um other thing to want to like keep in the back of your mind is that you want a central place to put the flotsam and jetsam that people carry around with them. Your sun oh, yeah. the van keys, um your cell phone charger, um whatever. You want to make sure that everybody understands this is the parking spot for all your random crap um that will not get put into a box and packed away and taken with us. So like yeah. whatever you need to keep that's not in your pockets or you know something else cuz like um when when Nico comes over, like he takes his keys out of his pockets and he puts it down somewhere, which drives me bonkers because it's like, right. When I get home, the keys always get hung up on that same hook that they always get hung up on. So that yep. whatever I'm looking for my keys, that's where they go. Um, so I never have to look for my keys because I, I, I've opened, I've unlocked the door. I've hung up my keys. Then I take off the face mask. Like it has to be in that specific order. Otherwise I'm yeah. going to lose them. I mean, I have an everyday carry bag. Right? Uh-huh. It's just big enough for like my iPad, a phone charger, my Kindle. I can fit my MacBook Air in it if I want to. It's a little tight, but like that's where all my stuff like that lives. Right. right. And if if you're moving or something like that, and you, it may be advisable just to have a bag like that or a fanny pack, sure, or whatever. Or yes, a fanny mine pack, is exactly. Yeah, mine mine looks a lot like a very tactical purse. Uh-huh. A very large tactical purse, but I don't care because it has my stuff in it. Correct. And um, also, I finally found I have a leash for my my iPhone, um, not iPhone, my iPod Pro case. Uh-huh. So that because I keep losing this fucking thing. Like, oh, set you're my I, the 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 AirPods, the little ones right here. Yeah, the AirPods. Sorry, yeah, Air, AirPod Pros. Yeah, the can you because I've got a link to that because I keep fucking losing them. Um, what the cases or the. The The AirPods. Um, So (laughs) that's the funny thing. Um, That is a piece of hand-done Mongolian leather weave work Uh that I picked up from uh, from the merch table at the Who concert. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, but any, any chain you would use... Like if you remember the you nineties kids out there, the wallet chains. Of yeah, do. it's basically a wallet chain, but for the handmade in Mon- 
handmade in Mongolia. Yeah, use that. Absolutely use that because it's high, Shaw. Can you not draw blood climbing on my leg right now? Ow. Okay, okay, here. Why don't I? Yeah, you want attention? Here we go. Time to hold Shaw like a baby yeah. and scratch his back. <laughs> and um, yeah, so high. Uh, but yeah, no, like if you already have a bag, yeah, then you're set. If you don't have one when you're moving, look, a fanny pack is a fashion statement most times. When you're moving, it's just another piece of equipment. It's priceless. Um, yeah. What, what I would suggest is like uh, for anybody who's coming and helping you move and they're not the type of people yeah. who keep the keys in their pocket and they always take it out. Sunglasses get lost all the time. Oh yeah. Could not tell you how many times, like just have one central location where all their yep. rando shit goes, their water bottles, their um, uh, headphone case, their what, like all this random shit that you carry around with you um and don't have a purse for or or backpack or everyday carry bag or whatever else you call it oh yeah um which ends up and then someone is asking like oh where did i put my thus and such and meanwhile if you've managed to misplace the tape 17 times what makes you think that you're not going to misplace your keys oh yeah no absolutely Okay, and, buddy. In go. the madness of moving, uh, you don't want your uh, keys to get packed into a box and sent off on a truck. Like, so if you have like a central location for all that rando crap to go, um, yeah, it keeps it from becoming chaotic. And and like I said, moving is chaotic. Moving is traumatic. It's, it's too much happening. As oh yeah, it. have everything in one place and 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 just every everyone who comes in hey if you want to take your sunglasses off and put them somewhere put them here yeah and he knows not to pack this shit yeah and it may be as simple as like we have so many ceramic bowls Mm -hmm. right and it may just be here is um you know one of the the nice low sort of vegetable bowls Mm -hmm. you know like we have some uh we have so much uh, Fiesta Wear. I love Fiesta Wear. I believe we've talked about that, right? Yes, um, we talked about making trips to get Fiesta Wear. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're when we're we will be going past the Fiesta Wear outlet on our way to and from Anthrocon. Oh, nice. Um, which by the time this airs will have passed. Um, but we haven't been there in two years, and there so there's at least four to six colors we don't have yet mm-hmm. um, <laughs> from the the different collections that have come out in the time, but. Just having one of those by the door and say, put that crap here. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we already have a, a hand-thrown bowl. I have no idea where it's from. It was one of Ursula's. That's where, like, you know, the spare keys go. Right. The extra bits go. You know, we just, it all just goes there. If you're taking off your mask, put it there. Like, that way it well, doesn't get lost or whatever. It's like, just keep it in the same place. Um, yeah. It, whatever you can do to prevent um, shit from getting lost, it's going to help you in the long run. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many times people lost their keys or their wallet or their God knows what on the moving day. Um, oh, right. It's yeah. endless. It's endless. It's like a parade of lost shit. Um, also, final consideration. I, I think we did mention this before. You're during the week of the move, like when we're actively talking about the moving vans are getting loaded, the rest of it. Um, just resign yourself to <laughs> disposable dishes. Resign oh, yeah. yourself 
to um, take out food. Um, it's not necessarily ideal for anybody. It's, it's not necessarily delicious. It's it's it's, but it will get you through point A to point B. And oh yeah, like you you don't want to be running the dishwasher on the day of the move. That is uh, you don't even want to be running the dishwasher the night before the move. You no, may have you to. You fully don't. By then, everything should have been packed. Yeah. So you're going to... I, I usually put packing my kitchen last, um, but it'll usually be anywhere between three and five days between when I've started the kitchen and when yep. I finished it, and it's time to reset up my kitchen on the other side. So yeah, I know that during that week, I really don't want to dirty up too many dishes. I really don't want to fuss too much with cutlery or cups or, 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 or plates or none of it. I'm going yeah. to be wasteful and environmentally unfriendly um, for a while. And it, it's the nature of the beast. And, and all I'm saying is it's a temporary thing. Um, if, Budget is a concern, um, and you can't afford to have takeout, you know, two, three days in a row. Um, go buy some sandwich material and fucking make sandwiches and get some yep. cereal and have cereal. Um, and, you know, figure something out so that you're not actively cooking on the days that you're trying to get out of there and, and get your disposable dust and such. If, if, disposable plates and shit are too expensive get a roll of fucking paper towels and eat off of that figure yeah, it out and, uh, you know or uh, you can like one like you get the frozen meals in the bowls correct and you know maybe you're rinsing out a bowl and then reusing it for other things and if you want uh, you know funds to get you can listen to kevin and ursula eat cheap <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, no, we've, we've, we've stopped, we've stopped doing that for health reasons. Yeah. But I mean, but that's, but that's the whole thing. Like, you know, there, there actually are some really good options now. Right. No, and you have the started that fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. You have the, Um, you even have a spreadsheet, right? Um, we did have, uh, for the first couple hundred episodes, I think there's a spreadsheet with all the ratings of all the different things. Uh Um, I will just say in general, um, you know, go with what you like. Um, but like some of the specialty brands are a little better than the not specialty brands like Archer farms, just about anything you buy in the target frozen section or that says Archer farms on it at target is, uh, mostly crap. There were one or two things I think we liked, but yeah, but like lean cuisine actually doesn't come out bad. Uh, Stouffer's is, I don't know why Stouffer's is amazing. Um, but they've been doing it forever, right? Right. Um, the same Evolve with like you know also liked. Uh, oh, the Evol bowls are really good, but they they use biodegradable bowls, so they can't be reused very easily. Okay, but um, but like um, you know the PF Chang's brand, mm. the you know um, my God, I could live off of you know a if the last thing to go to be packed up in my kitchen on the night before we move is the air fryer. Uh-huh. And well, I mean, the coffee maker in the morning would be the the final final thing. Correct. But like th- the air fryer and just even the cheapy frozen egg rolls. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to get the fancy ones, but like the cheap ones in the air fryer are 
You know, if, if you Correct. have to cook and buy bulk, then you know what? Do the frozen, do quickie frozen things that you can microwave or you can air fry. Right, right. And, and or oven because your oven, oven is still there. Your oven is probably not moving with you. Co- correct, correct. Uh, okay. Yeah. And like, if you don't want to dirty up the um, baking pan, like throw some foil down yeah. on top of it and call it a night. Like, yeah. yeah. Do what you need to do to avoid making dishes that you're going to have to clean up um, yeah. on the day of moving. Um, and, and like Kevin said, like if if it's tater tots in the air fryer, it's tater tots in the air fryer, whatever it is, like you don't want to have the dishwasher running because, uh, someone got, you know, snacky at night. Like this is the time to strip it down to the bare bones and just eat whatever trash it takes you to get from point A to point B. And then once you're settled, then by all means go cook the gourmet meal. Like, and this is coming from someone who loves cooking. So like, yeah, now I really dislike takeout food on moving week because it's just it's like i said it's the nature of the beast there's nothing to be done for it um and so i just you know suck it up and deal with it and um then when i get into my new place it's like a nice treat to be able to have real food again and it feels really nice and you know doing the grocery run by which I mean, ordering it on my phone and having it delivered to me, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I mean, you know, and, and if you happen to be like me and you have a rice cooker that will keep rice for a day or two, this may be the time to live off, you know, um, rice bowls. uh, Yeah. Or TKG. Right. Um, Right, right, right. You know, because I have like eggs for me are plentiful. So for me, you know, leftover hot rice, one egg and some soy sauce, boom, I've got a meal. Uh huh. Um, by the way, uh, for those of you who do not know about it, Iron Spice, uh, Iron Spikes Porecraft series at, um, okay. Yeah. Um, or it may just be at Iron Circus Comics. Let me look up real quick, but this is a series, a series of books of, um, comics basically about budget living. Okay. Like the first one is is an all around so you are living like poor craft itself p o o r c r a f t uh-huh. is all about just you know setting up your first house on a strict budget uh you know shopping all of that stuff the second one is uh traveling mm-hmm. on a on an extreme budget um or you know basically um if you're not a working author or illustrator, but like, you know, a freelance artist who does not have budgets. Um, yeah. And the newest one is specifically about cooking and buying all of like what gear you need, Mm -hmm. like to, to live on a budget. And then it has an incredible recipe section, like fully two thirds of the book is recipes and it is amazing. And you'll put that in the show Um, notes. Oh, I'm so putting that in the show notes. I've been, I, I need to, I need to talk to Spike. I need to talk to Spike. Um, and I've been trying to get, trying to, to make the magic to get a response from Spike to, uh, uh be on the show. Yeah. So, hey, if anybody knows Iron Spike, uh, Spike Trotman, <laughs> I want Spike on the show. I really do. Um, but no, it's, it's incredible. Um, and I'm going to send you a link, but I'm also going to put the link in the, um, Show notes. Show notes. Because uh, the cookbook alone is just, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, this is incredible. It's, you know, cooking on a budget. Right. Um, and 
oh, it's not available yet. I, I crowdfunded it, so I got the cookbook already. But oh, I guess got it. The, the, but it isn't it isn't available for um for general purchase, purchase. yet. I'll uh, I'll see about a link for that because yeah, because I got my digital copy um from the from so the are they doing like a print version or yeah the the print version is coming got it um yeah uh, there's uh but there's a third book coming um that's all about cooking let me log on to my thing now um where is my log on where's the log on button on this thing um <laughs> but it's but it's it's really good it's a really good series especially for living moving your first if you're you know, we've talked all about these things, but you know what? If you're moving out for the first time, yeah, right. There's going to be a bunch of shit you don't have. Correct. And there are things you're going to have to learn about budgeting and shopping and right. all of these things that you've never actually done before. These are great guides for that. Absolutely. You know, um, no matter what level of financial stability you live under. Right. Um, so it's, you know, like, the cooking book has a whole section about, okay, here's buying in bulk. Right. You know, here's where you go to buy in bulk. Yes. You don't have to go to just like, it's not clubs. just, yeah, clubs. Like here you can go to, here's, even if you are a regular person, you can go to the restaurant supply store. Absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. It's not called Restaurant Depot. Sometimes it's called like Jethro or something like that. Same. Yeah. Thing. It's yeah. You just, just Google restaurant supply near me <laughs> and you'll get it. Right. One of the, um, rules of, um, uh, thus and such where I'm trying to figure out if a grocery store is going to be budget friendly is that I'll look at like two or three items that need to be the, the price that I'm looking for. Um, right. and see if, because, if their pasta, if I can get a pound of pasta for a dollar or less, um, if I can get five pounds of potatoes for two dollars or less, and if I can get um, what was that third thing? Bread. If I can get a mm -hmm. loaf of bread for two dollars or less, be it the you know the the baguette or whatever cheap shit. Right, 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 right. I know that the rest of the stuff on the store is going to be within reason. It may not necessarily be cheap, yeah. but it's going to be workable. So like if I use that metric for like a whole foods, um, pasta, I can usually get for around a dollar. Um, yep. and this other one, what was the other one? Um, uh, potatoes. I can't potatoes are going to be way overpriced. Um, so at that right. point I, I duck out and I'm like, all right, then I need to, I need to find some other store that is going to be budget friendly. So this is what like when um, I was living in, um, in, in, in the, in Washington Heights um, and I really had to watch my pennies. Um, that's, I would like quickly go through the store and just check those like two, three items that I know if they're within reason, I can probably expect that the rest of the stuff is going to be within reason. If right. It, because it takes me two, three seconds to spot the price of pasta and potatoes. Those are very easy. Um, if if I cannot find at least a pound of pasta for a dollar or less, um, I know that the store is going to be out of my league. Um, same thing with the potatoes. If I if I if I have to spend yeah yeah, yeah. Like a dollar a pound on potatoes, I know the store is going to be too expensive, and I I can't shop there. 
<laughs> so like um like if you so there are of course other other markers like you can check the price of beans you can check the price of other yep. things but like these were the ones that um would take me very quick amount of time to because in new york city you know how like every apartment has like four or five grocery stores in walking distance oh yeah some of them would be like some locally owned um, thing. And then some of them would be like the big chains. Um, and usually the big chains would be pretty overpriced. Um, and usually the locally owned ones, you could find ones that were reasonably priced depending on where you went. But right, just right. because it looks janky doesn't mean that the pricing is going to be reasonable. Um, yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, exactly. I started just using that metric bread potatoes um pasta can i get this for a reasonable price if i cannot i'm not going to waste my time price comparisoning the rest of the store because i know that it's going to be out of my league um and, and this is the same um uh, when you're when you're looking at your moving budget um this is something i didn't mention in the document but it is something that i i think is important to think about um especially if you're in a suburban area where in the yeah. urban areas I can walk to pretty much anything. So like, even if this specific apartment is not going to be right next door to what I want, I walk a few feet down the street and I'll, I'll find what I'm looking for. Like yeah. I said, I I've moved um, once. This is my second move. Third move is happening now all in the same zip code. Um, and yeah. the neighborhoods are wildly different and the availabilities of things are wildly different, but they're all within a 10 minute walk of each other. So it's fine. If you're in the suburbs and you are about to move from neighborhood A to neighborhood B, one of the things that you want to scout out, aside from good schools and um, you know safe parks and things like that, is the price of groceries that you're going to be getting nearby oh. where you live. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, we're really lucky in that we have, um, we don't live necessarily in the suburbs. I mean, Correct. we are you're in the state. a bedroom. Yeah, well, we're practically in the sticks. The bedroom, the the rest of the burbs are coming to us, mm -hmm. and there are developments that are definitely going to be suburbia going in near us. Um, that's gonna, you know, yes, that is improving some. Like right now, there's like one grocery store downtown and a whole bunch of bodegas. The bodegas always cost more than the grocery Correct. stores, but like there's the co-op which actually has really good deals on bulk things, right? Um, you know, or we can go a couple miles up the road to the other, to the fancy schmancy Harris Teeter or the, you know, much or the, the sort of in between Lowe's foods. Right. Right. Uh, in any market, there is a high end, a low end and a mid, mid medium mm -hmm. mid range. Yeah. And so it's like, we've got the, the low slash mid range in town and then both the high end and the medium, uh, uh 20 minutes away. Right. Correct. Um, you know, in terms of where you're at, you may have three different varieties of low, medium, and whatever because it's a significantly larger market. Correct. Um, you know, uh, but I mean, you know, so so like you I can didn't say, really bother. Yeah, I, I didn't really scrutinize too closely like what was um, you know grocery options in this new apartment because it's like it's it's literally like ten minutes away from everything else. So it's like okay, yeah. I have to walk a little bit. Oh, big deal. Like I'm fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. Whereas when I, I was living um, in the more suburban environments, um, one of the things that was very important, like especially in South Florida, is that you had to have some kind of proximity to an ethnic market, because if you try to do everything yep. at Publix, you're going to go broke very, very quickly. 
Uh, and yeah, now that we have publics here, even you even run into the bit where like Publix doesn't have the selection of the food line. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, because it's it's very targeted and it is more expensive. Yes. Um, it's good quality. I'm not saying it's not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, if you're shopping on a budget, you're not doing all your shopping at Publix. There's no way in hell. No. Um, no. And so we had to look for the Latino markets or the Caribbean markets or the mm -hmm. Indian markets. Um, and you had to have them in relatively close proximity to you because in the burbs, you're not driving 45 minutes to an hour to go grocery shopping. You want to do like no. 10 to 15 minutes tops to get your groceries every week. Um, yeah. Even if you're not the type to get groceries every week, I had friends whose um, parents would end up at the grocery store like three, four times a week because they would always forget yeah. something, which it happens. Like, whatever. I yeah. do the same yeah. thing because it's or, on my way home. Um, yeah. Right. When we were living in the city, when I was living in Kew Gardens, uh, the I mean, actually, the bodega uh -huh. across the street from our apartment was really good and had a lot of the stuff, but which was great when the... Is Seamart, I think it was called? Seatown. Um, Seatown, yeah, it was. Uh, but then we would go to Seatown, like, yeah. once or twice a week because our refrigerator was crap. So, yeah, right? Correct. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is, like, you yeah. really do want to scope out the grocery stores um, and see that they are within your budget because you don't want to move to a neighborhood where getting your weekly provisions is going to be a challenge. Um, Nico is currently in a neighborhood um, in, in the city that we're in um, where the nearest grocery store is a drive away from him. So it's not, yeah. you're not jumping in a um, Metro to get from point A to point B. You have to drive his room. Yeah, my, my don't have a car. Yeah. My, my first, our first house in Moncure, which is, I guess about 10, 12 miles down the road from where I'm at now. Okay. But it was, you know, it was, you had to drive and you had to, I mean, I guess it's, it was like 20 minutes one way to get from 20 to 30 minutes to get from the nearest grocery store to the house. And, God. but you know, it's very inconvenient when, none of that when it's opposite directions of the path you take home from work. Correct. Correct. Right. And when you're, when your commute is an hour and the grocery stores are all by where you work and you have to deal with, okay, you know, plan around. I have frozen stuff in the back of the car and it's going to take me 45 minutes to an hour to get home. That's a whole other it's, set of equations. Right. Yeah. You're not buying ice cream when it comes on sale because you're not going to make it fucking home. Right. Or you, keep you know freezer packs cooler a, a cooler in your car right um i mean i keep a cooler in my car anyway because if i'm going to a concert i take a couple water bottles for the drive yeah yeah right? but i mean still that's i mean that's the thing is if you're in an urban environment you can uh, it is probably uh, a really good chance you're going to have something walkable or public right. transportable unless whereas, you're in the food desert which unless you're in a food desert Nico yeah. is. he's in a food desert he has bodegas out the ass um all of which they're not overpriced but they're expensive compared to a grocery store because that's just the nature of, the, yeah. of a bodega they're always going to be more yeah expensive. yeah um he has like a dollar store uh which yeah. has pretty crappy selection um and then like 
fried chicken and like fucking, you know, um, a sandwich shop. And like, that's it. That's, that's their food options. So unless yeah. you schlep to my side of the city, um, or, you know, to the very expensive part of the city where they actually have parking, um, your food options are either you're getting it delivered from Amazon or your, cause like Amazon has their Amazon fresh. Uh, yeah. So either you're doing like Instacart or whatever, or you're doing it from Amazon um, because they their nearest grocery store is the Target, basically that they have to drive to, right? Um, yeah. Which is also overpriced, to be honest. Um, so like when he's now that he's getting out of there and he's going into a neighborhood with an actual you know grocery listing nearby, um, yeah, I the grocery the, the 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 food budget drops significantly um yeah and 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 you don't realize quite how big a deal that is until you're in that food desert and like these are your fucking options um and and so like that's it's it's one of those things it's like um nobody tells you that when before you move into a new apartment you check the water pressure of all the taps yes um yeah 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 you drive by that neighborhood um one time in the early morning like when you're about to go to work one time like after you come home from work ish and then one time late ish at night nine ten ish and see like how livable that area is because like if you hear loud screaming music at nine ten o'clock at night you know you're <laughs> never getting to sleep yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be great. Yeah. No, if, if the train is like right outside your bedroom window and that fucker goes by every hour and you don't realize it cause you didn't come during the time that the train was coming. Uh, and then now you're like, I cannot stand that noise. That is obnoxious. Um, right. These are you, 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 so what, before you move in, if you're looking at an apartment, if you're, if you're prospecting for an apartment or a house or whatever, you, you want to figure out those situations that are going to make your life a pain in the ass. One of them is, um, water pressure, regardless of where you are. If you don't have sufficient water pressure, it is fucking miserable to get. Replaced. It's terrible. It's absolutely it's terrible. Yeah. If you don't have good water pressure in your shower, showering is miserable um if you don't have good water pressure in your sink washing dishes is fucking miserable like you want to know if the water pressure works you want to know if um the the apartment has heating um that it's going to kick on in the winter and um maintain oh yeah uh you check all the windows to see how the insulation is you check and see if there's cracks between the windows that air is coming through (laughs) Um, you, you check underneath the doors and see if like there's air coming through there, because if it's going to cost you a fucking fortune to heat and cool your house, um, your, your light bill is going to go up too high and then it's going to become like stupidly expensive. In my case, um, since we have to have an office at home, you want to find out if the internet in that area is going to be sufficiently fast to handle your needs. Yup. Um, uh, not to be funny, but ever since I've moved to New Jersey, like we have been pretty loyal to Verizon Fios because like, they're the only ones who can keep up the speed that we need for, you know, regular day to day life. And as the technology has gotten more and more advanced, it's gotten a little bit more heavily reliant on the internet. So like, I live by myself, I have the the laptop um the apple tv in this room the apple tv oh in yeah room ipad iphone um fucking printer um the nas drive the you know the network access storage drive oh yeah 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 um, 
all of which are on the internet, all of which need active connections at all times to, to, to do their basic functions. Um, yeah. Back in the day, you would have maybe one device, two devices that would connect to the internet. All by myself, I have like six. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... I live I, alone. I can just, yeah, I, I just look in my office, I got one, two, three, four... Hi, Sergey. Um, five, yeah. maybe six active machines just in my office, not counting my phone, my iPad, and yes. my, my Air. You know, I have the network storage device and, you know, the and home then, assistant server at the other end of the house. And then if you have um, video game consoles, if you have, like, yeah. streaming devices, if your TV is yeah. TV. Yeah, we, yeah, no, in our bedroom alone, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, five devices that are nothing but, you know, for driving media. Well, and video, media and video games. Yeah, no, you Correct. have to have that high speed. And so yeah. if you're going into a neighborhood where the city council has a monopoly with a particular internet provider uh, who shall remain nameless, and that particular internet provider is garbage, um, which is why they're remaining nameless, um, and you don't have the option to have the speed that you need, and this is one of those things that's a consideration for you, no matter how fucking cheap the rent is, if your internet is going to be a bitch to navigate what are you doing with yourself um right at this point in this day and age your internet is like a necessity it's not a luxury anymore yeah um your you check and make sure that um when you're stepping on the flooring that you're not going to have other parts of the apartment moving. This was an issue that I had in one of the early apartments that I Oh, had. yeah, no, I'm, I'm um, familiar with that problem. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> you don't want the walls shaking when you walk from point A to point B in your apartment. You want this thing to be fucking sturdy enough that it's going to hold up to your weight. Um, you so like Damn it, Sergey. You, you water pressure, check and see if the gas stove turns on, check and see if all the lights turn on where they should be. You check and see if um, you know, the insulation is correct where it needs to be. You make yeah. sure that the internet is going to be of sufficient speed for what your needs are. You make sure that your commute from point A to point B doing whatever it is is not going to be hateful. And I mean like say for example you find an apartment or house and uh, you have to drive to work. Meanwhile, you have to go past a railway crossing to make that happen, and right when you have to go to work is when the 9.30 train starts barreling through for a half hour. Yeah, You want to know this dumb shit before you even move, um, and, I, and I wish it was stuff that someone had told me when I first moved out on my own, because um, it wouldn't have necessarily prevented me from having to take the <laughs> apartment that I could afford, but it would right. have given me the heads up as to what to expect before I'm getting in. More of, yeah, more of a, uh, uh, it, it's good to be informed in that case. Correct. It really is. And then you can tell you the know. landlord, listen, um, this is an issue um, and I need it to be fixed at some point. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to do it now, but this is a concern. So like, yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so like, when you move into your apartment, you document everything. Make sure that you take pictures of all the nooks oh, and crannies yeah. and corners. So that when you leave, they can't say, oh, you damaged my shit. I'm keeping your deposit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, and that is like, I always sort of wrote off my deposits uh -huh. be because at least around here, like if there was 
even the tiniest speck of something, you weren't getting your deposit back. Okay. Like I, I, I do not trust landlords, whether they're a big commercial firm or whether they're a mom and pop to return deposits. So I just work on the theory that I am never getting my deposit back Correct. and do my best to make sure that in the, in the event that, you know, when I move out that I might get it back, but I never count on it from a budgeting standpoint. Correct. Um, you know, and especially if you have pets, like I have paid pet deposits. Those are non-refundable. Those are non-refundable. You'll never see that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, even with a pet deposit, they will use a pet as an excuse not to return other things, whether it was approved or not. There so, are yeah. um, laws in uh, state of New Jersey and New York where um, they're very strict about that deposit situation. When you pay the yeah. deposit now, in Jersey, it has to go into a separate bank account that they provide you details of. So like, it doesn't go yeah. into the landlord's kitty fund. It has to go into its own bank account that they open for you that is an interest-bearing account, and they have to send you that interest every year as it comes in. Um, yes. When it's time to move out, there are very specific provisions in the lease that say, okay, if you have this, this, this damage, we will deduct this exact amount and not one yeah. cent more. So people have sued over not getting their deposits back, and they also get punitive damages for it. So it's like people yeah. are be careful in Jersey about like, oh, no. Yeah. And they're... Yeah, it, it all depends on where you live. Like around here, yeah, it's it's completely different. Um, be aware, by the way, that at least in my case, when we were when I was living in New York, the deposit the the account that held my um, that held our deposit mm-hmm. was not based in the United States, so I had to pay extra taxes. What? Yeah, it was a it was a a, a foreign national bank. It was not a U.S. bank, and therefore the account it, it had a different tax situation and Jesus statement Christ. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the that the the company, yeah, the company that owned it was doing a lot to get you know to make sure people who were in rent control departments uh, wanted out of rent control apartments because it was about the time that the the things were changing and they were able to right. shift from rent control when they could when the ending of rent control started. Correct. Correct. So, correct. Yeah. Beginning of the end, as it were. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, I, these are just things to look for when you're moving into a place. Um, always yep. get everything in writing. Always. Um, oh, yeah. You know, final, final, final thing that I have to mention is that before moving day, before you call the moving van, before anything else happens, the deposit on the place needs to have been paid. First month yes. needs to have been paid. Uh, if you have any broker fees, anything else that needs to have been paid long before you start talking about moving in, just because the agent didn't say it's due on this time or whatever, they don't care if you, if you show up on the day of whatever, and they don't have your shit together because they're like, well, you didn't pay the deposit yet. So you can't move in. And, uh, you need to pay it before you can move in. And we only accept cashier's check or MoneyGram or Western union or cash. Yeah. Um, so like, you don't want to be running around on a Sunday. <clears throat> yeah. Looking for ATMs. That'll give you enough cash that can cover this giant deposit on an apartment or the one Western union shop that's open, which won't on it, Sunday, which will only, uh, which will charge you such a high fee to do it that at that yeah. point you might as well put it on a credit card. Which is what I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, 
yeah, there, there are lots of, of things to take into account just before the move. And if you're working with a broker, the broker should be doing a lot of that work, but you still want to make sure you've got it all crossed off and you want to yes. talk to the, the actual leasing. <clears throat> if, if not the landlord, the landlord, like if it isn't an individual, if it's a company, you want to like companies will give you a checklist. Correct. You know, a, an individual landlord who's probably more likely a slumlord at that point at this day and age um, is going to look for any excuse to delay or get more money out of you. If you don't Correct. have stuff in advance. Correct. Yep. And the issue is like, is Oh, that- I'm sorry. It's Saturday. We don't act. I, I didn't get this on Friday. Therefore you can't move in until Monday. Correct. And so, or next month, I right? know <laughs> that money is a bit tight for most yep. people and they can't exactly afford to like be throwing thousands of dollars at, you know, your new, rent and yep. deposit and everything else but oh yeah is is that that needs to get sorted um long before you move in oh yeah and there needs like all that shit needs to be done in writing like set in stone before anything else happens so like yep i have seen too many times where you know um situations arise where it shouldn't have been that way and yet here we are um and it didn't get here we are yet here we are and the thing is is they're not obligated to give you the keys to move in until after those deposits are paid so even if the moving day is the first if that has not been sorted yet they're not obligated to give you the keys yep and you also want to be aware that if the move-in day is the first and that first is a saturday or sunday that their offices may not be open all day. Your offices will be closed and you're not yeah. your fucking key. So like yeah. all that should have been handled um, on the nearest weekday before technically should have been handled um, when you signed the lease agreement um, yep. saying that you want to move in. And usually that's a few weeks before you're moving in anyway, which is fun. Yep. Um, which is why, like, I understand some people do have to put it off because they don't physically have that much cash on hand to, you know, throw out a deposit. Which I understand, yeah. but the sooner you have the option to get it underway, the easier your life is going to be in the long run. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the, the one advantage is of, or if you are in a position where you're moving from an apartment to a house or house to house is there's the whole, when you sign the paperwork, you take possession. Correct. And you know, when you sign the paperwork, selling your old place, it's not yours anymore and you're done. You have to hand over all the keys. Correct. So there's, there's, you know, uh, there's a much firmer line. Right. When doing a mortgage and buying a house compared to renting, uh, renting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, keep, keep that in mind as well. Um, but as always like be super cognizant as to what needs to happen before you can take possession of those keys. Um, and if you're planning on moving on a weekend, which is sensible because that's when most people have off understand that if you don't have those keys in your hand, you're probably not going to get them or yeah. the move in is going to be such that it's either a pain in the ass or it's not completely done. Um, yeah. so the apartment that we saw that we're moving into is being refurbished. Um, and the current landlord is in the process of cleaning the place up and making it look really nice, uh, repainting the walls, you know, like just getting yeah. the place up to snuff. Um, 
So I know that before we move in, he needs to give us the go ahead um, that it's done. Um, yeah. But he's not getting his money until it's done. I'm not. I'm not signing any checks until you know. Right. It's right. moving ready. Um. So like, one way or the other, I'm not booking a moving van until after that's sorted. Yeah. 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 And I'm. I, I keep looking at my calendar, going. At least the first is on a Friday. <laughs> So, you know, at least, you know, but you've also got your, you, you've got, you're in a position like I've been in the past where there's a buffer of time correct, to do the move and the clean and all that stuff. And I'm going to so, take sweet ass time. I have no yeah. desire to rush because it, whenever I have to rush, it ends up costing too much money and too much aggravation and too much yeah. everything else. So it's like, I'll, I'll take my time. Um, I have the luxury of being able to do that. Um, and yeah. then once it's, so probably like first week of august i should be fully moved in yeah fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed all right so oh wow we actually managed to keep mostly on task for five and a half hours um so i don't know if this will be just a giant summer special or what but uh, uh i think we've covered as much as we can possibly think of at this point correct and uh yep. And and of course, there's going to be the office move coming up, and like for the next yeah. month, I'm probably going to be half zombie ninety percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, and and but uh, in keeping with the movie th- moving theme, um, <clears throat> next week on the show or next episode, whichever it is, um, uh, you remember Cindy Sperry in hey. Germany? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. They're moving back to the states, so we're going to talk about shit. moving from. Germany uh-huh. back to the States. Jesus. Um, as part of military next week. So that's gonna be so we're just we're just gonna keep that theme sort of going. It's like a um, series on moving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um so yeah, dude, thank you so much. Of course, that was wonderful. Yes, and uh and we managed to stay on 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 track for most of it, which yes, is a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we'll we will catch up again after yes. the move. Yes, and um, yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, say what you want to the people before I uh, before I go back to the end of the show. Yes, um, <laughs> if you do want to uh, ask me any advice about moving, because right. there's a lot of information that we covered, and um, that's why I put it into the document. Um, yep. Is like just email me um, altveg at me.com. Um, and I'm happy to talk about, you know, I may not respond immediately because I'm, you know, gonna be in the process of moving, but like, what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Once things settle down, I'm sure uh, I will be more responsive to email. Um, and as always, it's been lovely to catch up again. Yep. And I almost forgot. Um, do you have a charity you want people to support this time? I do not at the moment. I would say support your local food banks because um, absolutely food insecurity yeah. is a serious issue for a lot of people. Um, I've become intimately aware of it because a couple of close friends uh, who lost their job uh, yep. came out and told me like, hey, uh, you know, we've been depending heavily on the local food bank um, for the past like two, three months because money's super duper tight and we have enough money to cover the light bill enough to cover the rent, but nothing else. So like, yeah, they, and they're, they're the local food pantry, um, has like 
dry goods um, and like uh, canned meats and things like that. But they also have fresh produce. So like yep. they give you like a little shopping basket and they take you around and let you choose whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So like it's it, food pantries don't necessarily need um, donations of food. They more need donations of money uh, yeah. because they can buy things in bulk from bulk suppliers, get really, really good rates on them versus what you're spending at your grocery store. You're probably paying five to 10 times more than what the food pantry is. Also, yep. since the food pantry is a charity, a lot of times they'll get really good deals on um, the bulk food that they buy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, find your local food pantry, send them a check. Um, they need help. Uh, all year long, not just during holiday mm-hmm. season, which is when most people tend to give. Um, yep. And oh, yeah. uh, with with supply chain issues, making food cost so much more money than it has in the past. Um, this is only going to get worse before it gets better. Um, it's the cost of shipping has finally started going down slightly, but then right on its heels is the giant surges in fuel surcharge because petrol is so expensive now. So like, oh yeah. Food insecurity is an issue for a lot of people. Uh, please support your local food pantry. Um, it's uh, putting food into people's bellies. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I spent, I did spend a uh, half day at a food pantry in San Francisco mm-hmm. as part of my onboarding to my company. Um, we have a very strong volunteering thing. Uh-huh. And as such, we've partnered with the San Francisco area uh, food banks. And so all our new hires spend at least a half day volunteering. In my case, I was helping take 100 pound bags of rice and repackage them into single pound bags. Correct, correct. So, but yeah, the price they get on that is so much better than what you're going to get at a grocery store. They're paying pennies on the on the yep. pound um, versus like you you're paying 50 cents on a pound. So like, uh, yeah, they really do need money. Um, that's yeah. what they can use the most of. If you give food donations, they kind of have to figure out what the fuck to do with it. Um, Cause a lot of yeah. times um, they're the people that are coming there may not necessarily want that may not necessarily know what to do with that may not have the facilities to cook that um, because yeah. food pantries also serve homeless people where they don't have cooking facilities. They only have the ability yep. to eat like boxed and canned and, you know, um, ready to eat. Yep. So like as much as, it's nice to give them like, you know, a couple of cans of soup or whatever. They really do need money more than anything else. Yep. Uh, So true. So true. All right. Um, Thank you so much. Of course. Of course. Yep. And uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. If you've made it this far, kudos to you. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, a uh, big thanks to Dino. And next week, actually, next week is kind of cool. We're going to talk to um, Cindy, who we talked to last year, who was living in Germany at the time and is now moving back to the States. And we're going to hear about her experience moving as uh, a military spouse and all that that entails and some of the other things that 
you know, can happen. So that is next week. This week, though, I have a word for you. It's a good word. It's called new place in honor of Dino's new place. Uh, I need to check in because I think they should be either moved in or most of the way there at this point. And so I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check up on the status, right? But um, yeah, new place is our word this week. And if you want to find out what to do with that word, you go to productivityalchemy.com. There's a spot in there that says badge code. You enter the badge code and joy of joys, you get a badge. And it's pretty cool when you get a badge. So hey, go get the badge. While you're at productivityalchemy.com, check out the links there, the back episodes, all the other badges you can earn, they're, they're there. There's all kinds of stuff there for you to check out. The one thing you don't need to check out is that support link. I mean, you can, we're not going to turn down money, but we don't need it. We really don't. We're good. And if that changes, we will tell you, trust me. Um, but in the meantime, I'm not monetizing this podcast uh, for myself. Uh, we want you to give your money to people who need it far more than we do. And by that, I actually mean um, your local food bank, right? Uh, whether that's uh, no matter where you are, you should have a food bank. I know that uh, here in the States, you can go to Feeding America and they will help you find uh, your food bank. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes right there on productivityalchemy.com for you. And that's it for this week. I hope you have enjoyed our time with Dino. And with all that, you know what? We'll be back next week with a more normal episode that is also not five hours long. And so, uh, hey, we'll see you then. And in the meantime, do your best to uh, stay productive. <laughs>